I was just vacuuming and Dylan Roof just popped out. <laughs> yeah, the guy just came out of the vacuum. <laughs> I had to duck and cover. <laughs> Look out, there he is. Good Lord. You need to, you need to the, try that again, but with the gunshots on top of the vacuum. I don't know if I can stack all those. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's exactly how it happens. These horrible this attacks, actual audio from the event. These were spontaneous. <laughs> and that there's nothing that could have been done to prevent them. Here's the thing, though. Mass shooters don't emerge from vacuums. Abs in a six pack. Oh, maybe I could take the guns to school and we could squeeze off a few rounds between classes. You shouldn't take guns to school with you. They're dangerous. Guns are dangerous? What? Oh, brother. Bobby, go on and clean the guns. I'll be in there in a minute. What, uh, what's this about guns being dangerous? Well, that's right. They kill people. Guns don't kill people. The government does. All oh, handguns have been around for years. If they were dangerous, I just think someone would have said something. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa! It's January 16th, 2022. This is episode 130 of Abs in a Six-Pack with that Larry Show and Mo Facts. And this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. Tonight on social media, right-wing conspiracy theories going viral about David Hogg, a 17-year-old Parkland shooting survivor. The unsubstantiated claims say he's a crisis actor. Plums. <laughs> this is supposed to be a man of God, yet he's told the whole world 26 people died in his church when he knows he, nobody died. He's a liar. Let's go, Frank. Let's go polygraph right now. I've got a man in San Antonio. And I'm here to tell you, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. Doesn't matter how many lemmings you get out there on the street begging for them to have their guns taken. We will not relinquish them. Do you understand? Hey, I gotta ask you, so I wasn't actually able to get into this event. I'm a citizen journalist. It made me concerned that you weren't the real Alex Jones, that you were yourself a crisis actor. What the heck's going on around here? What the hell is this? So let me get this straight. Uh, the person standing in front of me is saying that you have never, never implied... people were crisis actors. You've never implied that the victims of any mass shooting were fakes, no, crisis it's actors. No, you guys have The been person standing in front of me is saying that. You guys have been saying I said that about Is Martin? it now it's Jones? Is that's, it now it's Jones? That's not the when you're saying things that might impact real people's lives, do you feel any sense of responsibility? Actually, that's the end of the question. Do you feel any sense of responsibility? Well, I don't feel a responsibility for you guys misrepresenting what I've said to then try to ban free speech. Uh, free speech gives me the right uh, to be able to... Save people. No. If you're the real Alex Jones, why haven't you offered to sell me any supplement? I know. I'm not like... I've been talking to... No, no, I'm like Jeff Bezos. You have not offered Jeff to sell Bezos. me one offer Jeff Bezos. supplement. Jeff Bezos. Not one. Jeff Bezos sits there, and he's the biggest I'm supplement sorry. seller in the world, but I'm not allowed to sell supplements. That's right. Jeff Bezos. So he can sell them. They can almost prove. Whole Foods can sell supplements, but I can't. That's right. Exactly. Good. Put it in there. That's a good point. You sound scripted, sir. Sir, you sound scripted. No, that response is real. Supplements are a fifty billion dollar industry. If it's real, how do I know it? There you go. If you're not scripted, how do I know the words you say? How do I know? We got brain force plus. Open up your ass. 
This false narrative that the students who are protesting for better gun regulation are not in fact students from Parkland, Florida, but that they are child actors. Plums are peaches and peaches are peaches. Plums and peaches are both types of peaches. The crowd goes, ah, ah. Wow. I just realized I forgot to mention that Cretchit is also here, so now we got to start the whole intro over again. Oh, Cretchit is also here from OBTM. Cretchit's here, and... This is a new live son of a bitch. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We're going to be talking mass shootings that are questionable throughout uh, the last decade or so, and uh, maybe even a little Boston bombing, too. And, of course, MoFax, the legendary MoFax is here. How you doing, sir? Doing great. Glad to have you back. I've always, um, and by the way, fantastic Justice for Juicy episode, the recent one. Uh, I won't spoil it for oh, people, yeah. but uh, everybody <laughs> needs to check that one out. I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I've always been curious because I know you know uh, something about this stuff, but I've never heard you go in depth about it. And uh, Larry, that Larry show yes, is also here. Nice to meet you, Mo. Oh, nice to meet you too. And uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> since this is a comedy podcast, nothing the hosts or guests say should be taken seriously uh, because, uh, yeah, um, just a legal disclaimer. That's a good idea. <laughs> Wait, I, was, I was writing this all down as, as actual legal advice. Is this yeah. not a good idea? Really? <laughs> and uh, yeah, Cratchit's here, like I mentioned, OBDM. Well, well, I, I, I do have a uh, law degree, law and order degree from SVU, so... <laughs> So you're safe. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so you're safe. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, um, there's been a lot of scheduling changes last minute for this episode. Noah, my co-host, was supposed to be here, but he uh, sp- practically or literally sp- uh, split his head open and definitely, Ooh. I'm sure, has a concussion. So he's doing fine Ooh. now. But uh, we want anyway, details. How'd that happen? Um, he's de- he developed epilepsy about two years ago. Oh, that's and tough. uh so he just had an yeah. had a uh an event and uh yeah it's it's rough. So anybody listening would love to have some health karma for him. That Definitely. would be great. And uh so yeah, best wishes to him. Love that dude. And uh yeah, so I don't know. How do we how do we want to start the show today? Okay, let me just start the show with this because we got a big broadcast as usual. How do I want to start the show today? I don't know. I got uh, several presentations. Uh, Some will be in the first half of the show while Mo and Larry are here. And I'm going to save some for the second half of the show when two mystery guests arrive. Uh, But I'm going to sparse them out. But I guess I want to start by asking the esteemed panel here, as Dr. McCullough said, would say, uh, what... What do you got? What's your guys' general take on these events? And obviously, a lot of them are different from one another. I guess starting with you, Mo. Like, um, what's your general take on the legitimacy of uh, mass shootings in general? Loaded question. You, you. <laughs> that's exactly it. Lumping them all together, and I think that's what throws people off when when they're all lumped together. In various amounts of sizes, uh, you can have, what is it, four people now, uh, to be considered a mass shooting. Uh, and then you can have up to a hundred people. 
and that's all lumped together. If it's domestic or um, maybe workplace, they just lump everything together. And when you criticize it in any kind of way, people want to think that you're saying all over my hoax or false flags or that kind of thing. So I think we should like try to parse it out a little bit when we talk about these events, because there's some that's clear hoaxes. And then there's some that's, uh, it was some foul play after the fact of a real event. So that's, that's how I like to open up. Hello. <laughs> Is it just us left here? Hello. I, I, Chris was so blown away by that, uh, that <laughs> statement that he just had to Get leave. Him some oxygen. Oh God. Like once a week, I'll just be talking with my mute button on. So that's great. <laughs> You stay away from your mute button. Yeah, uh, (laughs) the cough button. Sometimes you forget to uh, uncough. Okay, so I don't don't know if I started off by saying this. Uh, What I was just saying while nobody could hear me is uh, I want kind of this episode to be maybe like a generalized training wheel exercise, assuming people have never looked into any of these things. And um, and we're going to kind of cover them one by one. but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of do a series later on with rotating guests of going in deep on certain events, and uh, but this first one I kind of would just want to cover like the basics. Uh, but uh, anyways, what I was asking when I was muted, Larry, is uh, your take on. I know you said you haven't really well, looked into it too much. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm no expert or aficionado on this stuff. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, I think the um, the body counts are real. I think it's really hard to fake dead bodies and, uh, you know, grief-stricken families. But uh, to me, the uh, the question marks arise when you look at the perps. Um, right. You know, most most egregiously or or uh, you know, brightly is that uh, it was the Vegas guy, Paddock. I mean, wow. I mean, if that isn't the granddaddy of weirdness of all of this nonsense... I don't know what it is. So. Yeah, I have a big presentation I'm going to say for the end on Vegas because not yeah. only is that one one of the most wild, it's also the most, I think, culturally acceptable to question because everybody Probably, knows yeah. something was yeah. up there. Um, True. I am going to also be saving uh, the Connecticut shooting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, the, the one that's like sounds like a pirate. Uh, it, I'm going to be saving that one for yeah. a separate show because I have a whole – presentation on it but i that's that's one is so wonky and such a can of worms that i want to make sure i really get that one right so yeah well i'll I'll throw my two cents cents in on that because um i have a family in connecticut and who know several of the state troopers whose task was to uh take those tiny bodies out of that school and and those those guys are still in therapy from that that detail so there's there's no doubt in my mind that you know there were however many Killings there. I mean, that was as, as real as it gets. And I, you know, I think uh, disputing that is, you know, pretty crazy. But who knows about what triggered that that kid to do what he did? I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah, I um, I think for the most part, the crisis actor thing is definitely overplayed. Uh, I think yeah. it's more like a you know a CIA hit squad comes in, and I'll, I'll give you an example of. Like two days after the Vegas shooting, uh, I don't know if there's a non-disclosures. I probably signed in the work paperwork, so I can't say where I was working. But two days after the Vegas shooting, we sat down and had to watch a training video for work. And it was a very well-produced training video. 
two days after the shooting with our employees, with our employees' shirts on. And this dude just comes in and starts mowing people down with an AR and then pulls out a shotgun and just, like, gory. And they gave you, like, a disclaimer beforehand, like, this will be graphic. <laughs> and it was all about what to do, like, hide and then stay in place and whatever. Uh, don't run. Like, weird advice. And they had hmm. Wolf Blitzer in the video talking about the Vegas shooting. And I'm like, how did they have this ready to roll out two days after Vegas? Two days. Wow. Um, and that, this old guy I worked with there was like, you bet your ass if, if anybody comes in and shoots this place up, it's going to be four dudes in body armor. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Cretchid, I guess, uh, you're next up for what your generalized take is. Uh, I, I'm not discounting that, that these things absolutely happen. There are, there are people out there with a lot of mental issues. Um, who, who need help and they get triggered by some event and they off, off they go. What, what I find somewhat interesting, uh, if you look at them from a, a very high level is which of the events get picked up as media darlings and media events to be splashed over the headlines for months or years later and which get ignored almost immediately. Um, and, and like you said, with the, just the sheer scope of the one in Vegas, they're doing everything they can to ignore that one, but yes. uh, early on they were going to try to make it a uh, you know another one of these. Um, hey, we can use it for political uh, reasons to, to to push an agenda or whatever, and then they realized that this it's not going to fly on this one. And after a few weeks, they dropped it like a hot potato. So uh, I mean, we just had a standoff the other day in Texas that I think was um, uh, like two days ago or something, and that one no one's ever going to hear about again, um, just because of it. It doesn't fit a narrative. It's not the you know, the, in, in, in the modern era, it's not the crazy Trump supporter or something. And we can't leverage that. Was this the one so at the temple you're talking yes, about? Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and so I really didn't see the details on that. Can you tune this up on, you know, or- so my understanding is a guy went in and, um, uh, was demanding like terrorists be released and things. And he was holding people, uh, hostage at a synagogue and the police came in and shot up the place and, um, uh, of course killed the killed the uh the gunman um but mm-hmm. then and after you know and as they're digging through it, it's like well he turns out he's a he's a UK uh citizen he's Ooh. he's um he's got a muslim background so there's all these things it's like this is just very strange so uh i that one i guarantee is going to disappear within a day or two if if it not has. already no, so it has um <laughs> so th- that's that's my take not so much that these are these these don't happen i think and i maybe related to that is the that they do push a narrative of if you if you don't believe one of them, you thus don't believe all of them. And Mo, like you said, they lump everything together, whether there's two people involved or a hundred people involved, it's all exactly the same. And then depends on whether or not it fits a, fits a convenient, uh, uh, political lens to, to leverage for, for whatever they're coming up with. Um, that I, you know, as we get into it, I mean, there's all sorts of additional, uh, weird coincidences, like the number of people who are already known to authorities, especially already known to the FBI or have some sort of somebody in their family or a close friend who's FBI or, uh, people who are on medication at the time sort of thing. And it's, it, there's a lot of very kind of common, um, uh, aspects to these things. So it, it does make you kind of wonder what's actually going on and why, why do we have so many? And then why do we not have so many for years on end? And then all of a sudden there's a bunch back again. So kind of odd that way and and the, i like the uh, interject right there uh the commonality is the political response from both sides it it doesn't matter what <laughs> uh what the size of the um reasoning behind the event they have one go-to uh in the playbook on either side of the aisle right you know um it's either going to be uh 
ban guns <laughs> or I'm saying guns are perfect. And that's the two, that's the two reactions we have. And we never get into like the mental illness or even if it's being a psyop or, uh, and when I say psyop, I, I mean taking an event and distorting it in a way to push a certain narrative or to cover up a narrative. Uh, on one of my recent episodes, I talked about going postal and we've seen shootings recently. How many are, are they, are those due to maybe a mandate, uh, firing or whatever? It, sure. it, I, it's the ones that I think it was in Memphis. It, um, it was a shooting there at a, at a Kroger's and they covered that thing up like nobody's business. It never cracked the, you know, the surface. And I'm like, here, here's a great opportunity, you know, to push, you know, for gun control if that's your, your thing. And these people don't take advantage of it. So, I always look for the <laughs> what they don't say more than yes. what they do talk about. And it's like, okay, it's been several shootings, but no mention of any gun control recently. Well, um, yeah, one thing they w- will never mention, and if, if you look back into these things, there's definitely parallel lines on the graph with their increase, is uh, the psychotropic drugs. Mm-hmm. And almost all of these guys in the past 20, 25 years were on some mood level or coming off them or whatever. Um, and that, that I think has a very large effect on <laughs> the incidence of them. I have a clip about that. It's actually one of my favorites, mainly because the sound effects Fox news throws in after every shooter's uh, name and MO. This is, uh, oh. I mean, it's dark, but it's kind of hilarious at the same time. Is how it, is it a how Pfizer many... jingle? Oh, it should be. <laughs> it should be. No, it's it just be. gratuitous gunshots. You're going to have to speak clear. Oh, well, that's not it. This this is the one. It has happened all too often. A troubled teenager gets his hand on a weapon and lives are changed forever. But why? On the record investigates, and as Fox's Douglas Kennedy found out, the trail can often lead right to the medicine chest. Two years ago, 16-year-old Corey Badsgard took a rifle to his high school and helped 23 classmates hostage. Describe around that time how you were feeling. Um, in the morning, I just, I didn't feel like going to school. I felt, I felt sick, didn't feel like really, you know, like I could get up very well. And so I went back to bed and next thing I remember, I'm, I'm in juvie at, in the detention center where I used to live. Just one more apparently unexplainable violent outburst at school. Unexplainable to everyone but Corey's dad. So in your mind, there's no doubt what happened here. And no doubt that the medication did this. I mean, he was he had amnesia, you know, hallucinations earlier, abnormal dreams, which are all side effects of the medication. That morning, Corey was on a mix of antidepressants prescribed for what doctors called situational depression. His father says the pills turned Corey from a sensitive teenage boy to a volatile marauder, susceptible to blind rage. He was never a violent kid. I mean, he's always been a good kid, loved us, hugged us all. You know, he's never watched violent videos and and until medication, he started, you know, after that, then we realized that he was having aggression problems and, you know, was out of character. At Fox News, we found the bad scarred story with antidepressants compelling. So we investigated further. We found a disturbing number of recent school shooters were either on medication or were experiencing withdrawal. 
The list includes 15-year-old Kip Kinkle withdrawing from Prozac when he shot 22 classmates, killing two after murdering his mother and stepfather at his home in Springfield, Oregon. 14-year-old Elizabeth Bush on Prozac when she blasted away at fellow students in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, wounding one. 18-year-old Jason Hoffman on a... Sorry, what were you saying, Mo? Blasted away? Yeah. <laughs> Did he say? Did he really say? Blasted away. Yeah, I'll back it up. Charles Bronson. Play it back. Stepfather at his home in Springfield, Oregon. Fourteen-year-old Elizabeth Bush on Prozac when she blasted away at fellow students in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, wounding one. Eighteen-year-old Jason Hoffman on Effexor and Selexa when he opened fire at his California high school, wounding five. 15-year-old Sean Cooper on a mix of antidepressants when he shot students in Idaho. 15-year-old TJ Solomon also on a mix of antidepressants when he aimed his shotgun at classmates in Conyers, Georgia, wounding six. And 17-year-old Eric Harris on Luvox when he and partner Dylan Klebold killed 12 classmates and a teacher in the bloodiest school massacre yet, Columbine. One of the things that in the past, we have known about depression is that it very, very rarely leads to violence. It's only been since the advent of these new SSRI drugs that we have uh, murderers, sometimes even mass murderers, taking antidepressant drugs. I didn't know the Columbine guy was also on him, but man. Oh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> it's just so distasteful to a point of being hilarious. Um, <laughs> like, and I, of course, like, you know, it, I'm going to do the same thing because I feel, of course you are. I, <laughs> and Cretchit is too. I think Cretchit has more gun sound effects than me. Yeah. I don't, I, uh, but yeah, I feel, I end up CNN, MSNBC do it too, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's distasteful, but at the were, same were time. Were those accompanied by like bullet points on the slide they were talking about too? Cause I mean, yeah, probably I hadn't, yeah, I, I pulled the audio for that a long time ago. Squibs. Boom. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah. that's, that's the SSRI angle. And I think that is a huge one. There's also, oh. which something I like kind of want to not maybe get into much to today is like, it's weird that some of these shooters were seeing the same psychiatrist, the Aurora shooter. His dad was like a DARPA guy that worked on brain implants and stuff. It's like, there's always some mm-hmm. weird connection with the shooter. Yeah. That one's, that's a bit strange to be out there. Yeah. What do you do? I, imp- I implant things in people's minds. I mean, uh, I'm a baker. Get bored. <laughs> but that's still not the strangest dad, though, right? Who's the strangest? The, the uh, Orlando guy. Oh, and it, it, it's me funny nobody's nobody mentions mentions that event. No, and that's why I'm talking about su- suppression. It's like you never hear about Orlando anymore, and that no. was of uh, people in the uh, in the community. You would think that would be one they would lead with, but. Yeah. I was on, yeah, I was never paying attention on YouTube <laughs> when that happened and there was a lot of fishy stuff going on with that timeline. And then his dad was some kind of, uh, had some connection with, uh, like Middle Eastern terrorists or something. And he was brought over here, uh, and it was at the White House and stuff. It was, it was, like I said, it was nobody really talks about that one though, Orlando. This is the, the, the Pulse nightclub shooting, that one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was it yeah his dad, his, his, Go ahead. I was gonna say his his dad was a uh, FBI informant, just oddly yeah, enough. What, like correct, correct. Yeah, so very strange. And you're right. Yeah, he emigrated from uh, Afghanistan or something like that. So, yeah, a lot of weird things going on in the background. And you're right. They 
that's one that I, I think even Noah Jenna went through that one as far as like the playing the audio back and like who was doing the shooting and, and, and wasn't the, a lot of people died from the police actually shooting them up in the bathroom or something like that. Uh, or am I getting things mixed up? That sounds, that sounds right. I have, right. I never, yeah. I didn't do any research on Orlando. I didn't think to do it, but I was at Bonnaroo the day that happened. We had a couple more days of the festival. For anybody to know, it's a huge music festival, a bunch of hi- hippies in a field for four or five days, hundred thousand people. And, uh, it's so easy to sneak anything in there you want. And so you could just tell everybody was looking at each other the day after that Orlando shooting for the next, not necessarily the next two days, but the next day, everybody kind of had like a, no, nobody was saying anything, but anybody you ran into, everybody was kind of on edge because they're like, everybody knows in the back of their head. It's like, it'd be so easy to slip a gun in and just, cause you can get whatever you want in really. It'd be so easy to get, slip a gun in and just start mowing people down. And there's nothing sure. anybody could do about it. Uh, but yeah. Well, but I think fundamentally, I mean, to that point, I mean, we, we have these, 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 what, these gun free zones or whatever, but that isn't that the case of pretty much anywhere you go, um, that some guy or some person could come in with a weapon? I mean, what, what are we going to do? Like lock them down, start doing metal detectors everywhere to avoid that? You're right. Many people would like exactly that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, based I, on recent polls, I think about for... 40, 45% would have looked right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's about I'm, the number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not advocating for increased security at Bonnaroo, uh, far from it because there's a lot of good drugs there and that would put it into that. Um, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, what I'm, I, I guess kind of what I'm saying about it is like, uh, Vegas, that was 22,000 people. And this is, uh, you know, five times that all shoulder to shoulder so it's like you everybody's sitting ducks is kind of the vibe like you could see it in people's eyes like the next day it was kind of disturbing hmm. but nothing happened and that's good uh that I, good. I have when uh, you look at these things you look at these big big these big big uh incidents vegas being you know high hook and if you if you if you cume the numbers of the body count of that and vegas and uh virginia tech and sandy hook and in the past, you know, since the, what, maybe the 2015 or something like that, those, all those body counts combined, uh, are greater than all of the other mass shootings going back 30 years, you know, so there's really been a drastic uptick, take, tick in this stuff, um, in recent times. Yeah, I would say. And yet related to the, uh, to the, to the legislation side, and I think Mo brought it up that they've, they've redefined mass shooting now to i think as long as there's three people involved one of whom can be the actual perpetrator yes it's now now can be classified as a mass shooting which is you know when i was growing up i mean i remember you hear about shootings in in chicago or la or somewhere and there's five or six people killed like that's not a mass shooting that's that's tuesday right (laughs) yeah Yeah. um let's see i mean you here's one that i don't think we've brought up yet you guys remember this one remember lads Subscribe to PewDiePie. Oh, you're going to jail for that. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what that was. What did I just Christchurch, a guy live streamed. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Going in and, uh, this one I think is a hundred percent real. I, w- I think there's a lot of questions about him having other help. Um, it's, I mean, he, he <laughs> I mean, he said it, I mean, it was like, it was like, I watched the video last night, the full thing, and it's hard to watch, but I was like, mm. I have only seen it one time when it was, you know, right when it happened. And I watched it again last night just to refresh myself, and that was nightmare fuel. But there's a couple anomalies in there that are just so bizarre. Like, well, first of all, the, 
obvious one is they say he shot up two mosques, but his whole live stream only shows him being at one. And then uh, the other thing is he's in this mosque and he keeps finding clips of ammo to reload his gun. And it's like, did he go into this mosque ahead of time and leave them on the ground or in these like rooms and stuff? Or did somebody put him there ahead of time? Uh, it's, and then there's just like a pile on the bodies that, a pile of bodies that kind of come out of nowhere. Like they weren't there when he first went into the main room. Um, I'm sure I could have found more stuff if I watched it more than once, but that's not something I want to <laughs> keep watching over it, and over. It's funny you say that because what just stands out on my mind about this shooting was, how they said it was very video gameish. Yeah. Oh, and then those details that you just laid out, I mean, only adds to that. Like he was just finding like uh spawn ammunition yeah. in different <laughs> places. No, this, that, that, what you, what you, your description it, took me here in this train of thought. And then they're like a massive bodies appearing and, you know, but that, that was the thing I remember most. They're like, Oh, it was very video gameish. Uh, you know, first player kind of. It looked just like Call of Duty, and it disturbed me how much it did because I played so many first-person shooters back in the day. Right, and then now your details of finding random clips and stuff, I mean, like, that just sounds like a, a literal video game. And it was to sharing that video in New Zealand was punishable with up to 14 years prison time, and I yeah, have to no think shit. that... Yeah, just I for sharing to, that vid. Just really? for sharing it online, and I have to but, think... And they convicted some people of it, too. For a yeah, day. one guy got two years, one guy got four years... I don't know if anybody got the full 14, but I mean, why are they so against anybody seeing it unless they're scared about people noticing the anomalies in it? Um, hmm. and, and then him saying subscribe to PewDiePie right before he goes in the mosque is just absolutely insane. If I had to guess who was behind the Christchurch shooting, I'd say Teesprings because PewDiePie was, is still is, I guess the number one subscribed person to on YouTube and Teesprings was right behind him trying to beat him in subscriber accounts the whole time. <laughs> so it's just a guess, but I, I got a background. Okay. <laughs> I got a backgrounder on this. Oh yeah, you guys use Teesprings, don't you? Uh, actually, I believe it's called Creator Spring now. And oh. uh, free plug for anybody listening: it's terrible. Don't use it. <laughs> nice, thank you. Uh, here's a first back. I got a couple, uh, little couple quickies here on the uh, Christchurch thing. We want to get right to that breaking news: an anti-Muslim terror attack in New Zealand. The prime minister there is calling it one of the nation's darkest days. A gunman attacked two mosques while hundreds of Muslims were praying. The man who is claiming responsibility and charged with murder is an extreme right-wing white supremacist who live-streamed the attack, saying it was aimed at immigrants. Security stepping up here in the U.S. That's a live look at the Islamic Cultural Center right here in New York City. So here's what we know right now. At least 49 people were killed, 48 more wounded, multiple IEDs discovered attached to vehicles, and three people are now in custody. Our senior foreign correspondent Ian Panel starts us off with the very latest. Horrific scenes in a normally peaceful country playing out at two mosques in Christchurch. Yeah, so three people in custody. Also, there's a comment in there about a bunch of IEDs on on cars. Yeah, what happened yeah, to that? That, that never happened. Uh, I mean, granted, this is early, so they're just making stuff up and taking, taking whatever they get. You know, I heard such and such, and they take it on the news. But yeah. still, yeah. I mean, also, I'd, I'd also like their comment about... Um, you know, this guy went and shot up some churches while people were praying, and here's a live look at our church down the street. And I'm like, well, do you think he got there too? I mean, he flew all the way to the U.S. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Because yeah. that's that's part of the program to try to scare you. You know, yeah. someone's like, ah, psh, that's way down in New Zealand. It doesn't affect. Oh, there's the one down the street. Oh my god, it could happen here. Yeah, it's you're like, just well, as likely that's... to see a hobbit from New Zealand yes. as you are that guy. Um, <laughs> part two. Hence it? making my. Hence, oh, sorry, we my point. A... Sorry, sorry. Go oh. ahead. I was saying, hence making my point, how they re- as you just pointed out, they reach to attach this to America, but it's certain mm-hmm. shootings in America that they suppress. Um, I just find the ones they suppress way more fascinating because it's, it's oh, easy, yeah. it's easy political bait. You're right. To yeah. use it. So why don't they? But well, they, they capitalized on, on the, the only thing they suppressed was don't look at the video. Don't look at the video. <laughs> Even in America, it was like, you know, it was people, the internet companies were trying to get rid of it for a while. Uh, if I remember right. And social media flat out was just completely banning it. Even if it was, uh, the gore was censored, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's very disturbing. I mean, especially when, like, there's like a pile of bodies and they're all dead and he just still just unloads two clips into him. And then, like, there's a couple people moving and he just, it's pretty dark, but it's, I mean, he just, like, you know, there's a couple people struggling, moaning. And he just one by one pops them in the head. And it looks mm-hmm. like, it reminds me of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which I guess could have been some predictive programming. There's this level that they give you a warning. It's like you might want to disturb, like skip this oh, the, level. The famous, the famous no Russian level. Yeah, where you just go in. You're supposed to be a Russian. Um, where you, yeah, you're like undercover with a four Russians, but you're like an American guy. And to stay undercover, you have to help them mow down an airport airport full of Americans. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's anyway. Uh, It'd be interesting if they decided to run that, you know, like in television, what type of disclaimers they'd flip up on that billboard before, you know, before the the video rolled to warn people. Like <laughs> the Christchurch video? <laughs> exactly. You yeah, because usually they do that, like with Vegas and everything else. They, sh- <clears throat> they love showing the video when there's video. But this, I mean, I understand why this one, they, they did show certain clips. They kept showing that clip of him, like his face filming himself in the car. They filmed the clip of yeah. him opening his trunk with the guns and the gasoline. Tons of guns in there with weird stuff written all over him. And they show the clip of him saying, subscribe to PewDiePie, lads. <laughs> and that was pretty much all they showed. <laughs> yeah, uh, last night my kid was looking at Get Back, the Beatles thing on uh, Disney Plus, and the billboard came up before that rolled saying, you know, warning, there's depictions, there's a, a adult language and smoking. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know that's the scary shit. Yep. Okay, so sure, I, I'd forgotten in that one in, in New Zealand that he had stuff written on his guns, and wasn't the wasn't that the same thing? Yes. The guy in uh in the yeah. Navy Yard shooting um uh, just outside of Washington, where they uh, didn't they like his shotgun or something had stuff written on it? Wasn't something like yes. that? Yes, and that guy I heard was hearing voices to the point where he like changed like two or three hotels that night. It's that 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 case right there is a very fascinating case. The navy the navy yard, and the reason yeah. why I know because it was local. I, I was local to it. Uh, yeah, just, the story. So yeah. I saw a lot of the local coverage on it, and he did have something written on his uh on his own shotgun. I'll look it up. Another it interesting uh just data point is in Call of Duty and Battlefield and all these games, you can write custom things on your guns. Uh, oh, in the video games. I don't, can you, can you still do that? Or was that something that they removed after these, these events? I mean, I've, as far as I know, that's been in every Call of Duty game for the last five. 
I mean, they make another they, they make another Call of Duty game every ten minutes, so I'm way behind. <laughs> What's up to number three hundred by now or something? <laughs> I don't remember what this is, but I clipped it for some reason. Here's part two of that Christchurch report. Witnesses say a man dressed all in black entered the Masjid Al Noor Mosque, shooting an automatic weapon. People were running out. I saw some people uh, had blood on their uh, body, and some people were limping. This man, seen with blood on his shirt, was the last to escape. Hi. It's, the amount of blood on his shirt is like a half dollar. It's like a little, I mean, it's a little bigger than that, but it's like a faint red splotch on his shirt. It could be Kool-Aid for all I know, but uh, I don't know for sure. Maybe it's real. Well, they, ha- they have to mention it to amp it up, though, to make it make it seem more realistic. They want we those details. We found one guy with <laughs> spilled some grape juice on his shirt. Hey, get over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hiding under a bench. And, you know, he just came in, he was shooting, and I'm thinking that, you know, if I get out, I'll get shot, so I better, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed so I could be alive. But yeah, you know, I was the last guy to come out of the mosque after the shooting stop. And on the doors, there were a lot of bodies. The killer then drove three miles across town to the Limwood Mosque, where he opened fire again. No, no video evidence of this. In the live stream. Where he opened fire again. Armed police closed in on the scene, searching cars for suspects, guns drawn. Police ramming a suspect's car, and then you can see him being taken into custody beside the vehicle. Two men and a woman now in custody in connection to the attacks. Really? So now, Hmm. the New Zealand police commissioner, I think it's the next day, uh, Mike Bush, says they have four in custody. We have four people in custody. We don't, we are not aware of other people, but we cannot assume there are not others at large. And this is what's weird about this is, I know it's just a common mistake is the easiest explanation, but uh, Channel 9 News, the title of this video is Three Women and One Man Have Been Arrested. Police Commissioner Confirms. But then in the video, the police commissioner says it's three men and one woman. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just weird. Four yeah, there are mentions are as I'm digging through stuff. There are mentions that they did arrest four people here. So yeah, and whatever they turned to them loose. Well, it sounds like a lot of people they 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 grabbed up. One guy was complaining that they they arrested him when he was picking his kid up at school the next day uh, because somebody thought he looked suspicious, and so he wanted to sue for that. So they may have just been grabbing every person they could find who who got a complaint was in some way related or may or may not have been. They don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's the, um, this one is, uh, I think one of the, especially since there's video evidence, uh, is the easiest one to say, uh, instead of ones where there's a suspicious lack of video evidence, this one's easy to say this really happened. Um, I find it hard to believe, especially with the clips he keeps finding, unless he snuck in there and left them earlier, that, uh, that this was, he did this all on his own. But, uh, four are in custody. Three are men and one a woman. Uh, one is a woman, as I understand it. As I understand it, so he gives himself that out. But yeah. anyway, that's all I got on that one. I, it's a, it's watching the video was this enough guy, to make me not want to keep diving down this rabbit hole too much because I was like, oh god. Yeah, he also had a manifesto, which maybe that's another way these things should be segmented by seventy-two pages. You know, yeah, psychos and you know who write manifestos. That's that's kind of a it's a, in a class by itself, I would think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know how he get, he's from Australia. How did he get all those guns to New Zealand? 
Yeah, that's a good question. How do you do that? Yeah. Hmm. Because they both have super strict gun control laws. Yeah. Great question. I mean, so had, going back to the the DC yard, it was. I mean, we were saying about writing on the weapon. He wrote on there my ELF weapon. Elf. Making reference to his uh extreme low frequency weapon. That's, that's why I say he was he, say he was hearing voices oh, uh, wow. all the time as people were trying to control them through voice. It, it, that that's a fascinating case. But sorry um, for interjecting in that. But I just want to put that. Um, no, that's good. What Mo, exactly but, wrote on there? But maybe see, I was thinking like the guy, the the the, 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 the clips mysteriously popping up as this guy needed them. I mean, I was going to say maybe that was the clip elf was distributing those and maybe also distributes automatic <laughs> weapons. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. Uh, yeah. It's, and it's weird. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's so many weird things about the video, but in his manifesto, he says that he doesn't like Donald Trump, but then he says he was inspired by Candace Owens, which I found interesting. Uh, there's so much weird stuff in that manifesto. The, wait, wait a minute. The, the Christchurch guy. Yeah. Was she even like a public figure back then? When the hell did that, uh, uh, I don't know if she was as big, but she was definitely, um, what was that? 2019 that, that Christchurch happened? Oh yeah. 2019. And you just said he called out Trump and said he didn't like Trump. Yeah. It said he liked like the populism of Trump, but he hated Trump or something. I can't remember the exact quote. And then he said he was Mm -hmm. inspired by Candace Owens. Well, I was just pointing out, so I'm, as I'm digging through the the, the uh, Wikipedia on this, I was curious to see how many times they mentioned Trump. And one of the things is down in the notes. They said the New Zealand mosque, New Zealand mosque attack, uh, New Zealand mosque attacks suspect praised Trump in manifesto. But you just said he just didn't. So uh, um, everyone trying to get this news out there as fast as they can. I wonder if we can find just, an exact quote. But he, I think they could maybe get away with saying that because he said he liked the populism of Trump but hated everything else. And he's hmm. like, they'll say I did this for Trump, but I didn't. I did it for Candace Owens. I'm paraphrasing, but it's stuff like I, that. I did like at the beginning of the news report when they were talking about who this guy was, they had like a checklist clearly of all this. The only thing they couldn't say was he was wearing a MAGA hat. It's like they, yeah. they were, they couldn't quite get there, but everything else he for, was. Yeah. Maybe he did it for Ivanka Trump, you know. <laughs> uh, She's pretty hot. Could have been you know, yeah. driving him to that. So there's, there's some questions about that one. I don't know. Um, we have a couple ways we can go unless you guys have anything else on that one. Uh, I have a, we can talk Parkland. Um, we can talk, even though it's not a shooting, we can talk Boston bombing because I feel obligated to, and I want to do a sure. more thorough presentation on this later, but I feel obligated to because Bags did great artwork for this episode. Put in oh, Bobby. I'm so and, glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> so Everybody listening needs to, you know, get, get to on Twitter or whatever, just find that. That thumbnail, it's mind-blowingly I'll see great. if I can post it in the chat room here. Oh, but yeah, Bags did so a great cool. piece, and there's the famous, at the Boston bombing, the, the guy, Jake Gyllenhaal, has his shins blown off. And so he had this <laughs> great idea to put Patton, who did, who had his shins removed and lost in World War II, with Bobby with a cowboy hat pushing his wheelchair. And uh, <laughs> if anybody knows anything about the Boston bombing, there's this crazy... Which I this guy is so suspicious. There's a whole like two hour documentary on just the guy in the cowboy hat at the Boston bombing, uh, with his story oh, not really? adding up and all these different crises he happens to be at. Uh, he's an example of a crisis actor. I'm sure of it. Um, but so hang on a second. So the guy in the wheelchair with bones where his uh, where his leg should be. Who was he supposed to be again? Well, he was played by Jake Gyllenhaal in a movie about the Boston bombing. Okay. All right. Um, and the guy like, in his stats, and he he was he was at the Boston thing in some way. Yeah. Um, okay. 
I mean, it, I mean, there's so much weird stuff that I do want to do, like in a future episode, a further deep dive into Boston. The weirdest, yeah. one of the like, there's I, I could go on forever about it, but one thing is all the shrapnel was supposedly blown up everywhere, and everybody's jeans are just shredded to pieces, but none of their yeah. leg, their legs are unscathed. Hmm. Um, the guy that was supposedly missing his legs, and I have to confirm this, but it appears that he was a, a double amputee prior to the shooting. I mean, to the Boston oh. bombing. Uh, no, no, just I don't want to get off this uh, this magnificent thumbnail just yet. It's so, <laughs> it's so fat. I can't stop staring at it. Really, so I may have. To, I may just have to. I need. I might need a high res uh, <clears throat> version of this, Chris, so I can have it framed and you know hung over my bed. Yes, um, and if the Bang guy starts the guy making tr- T-shirts of him, I will push the hell yeah, out of oh, them I'll and let him, him keep all the money. Obviously. Yes. The, no, the yeah, that, that, that deal with Teespring just fell through, though. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the two-handed gunman with the shades and the what does the trucker hat say? Fuck. What's what's being? I don't know. You put, I don't know if I love it because he put fuck on like a prior uh, the they live Del Gribble with the they live alien face. He put fuck on that one too, if I remember right. Uh, <laughs> and then he's wearing like. Uh, you know, the, the gloves and I see on his left hand, he's got like this big ridiculous ring. Pink I think ring. it's, I think, I think it's a poker chip. Oh yeah, that's a, oh, it's a poker chip. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And then of course the Mandalay it's, Bay is in the back. Uh, yeah. And as you notice, so fantastic. as you notice, uh, just like shortly after the shooting, Paddock's window is not blown out in that picture. Uh, oh yeah. It's very accurate to real life. It really is. And then, of course, the great Vegas sign up there that says, Welcome Crisis Actors, was his idea, and I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> I like, that honestly, alone like, would be enough for a, for a, a album art, but yeah, this is, yeah. I, I, I love the, I also love the idea of like, uh, like crisis, crisis act, acting school, uh, like 10% off with discount code Rusty Shackleford or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put that on the back of the shirt. Yeah. But anyway, Fantastic. uh, Mo, what do you, what do you think about the, the Boston bombing? Have you looked into this one much? Only thing I remember from that one, well, not, I remembered several details, but the one that sticks in my head the most was the martial law kind of meme that cropped up when they were looking for the guys that did it. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was like, I mean, that's the, I, it's always a takeaway from every one of these <laughs> events. That it, it imprints something in our mind. Um, that's the goal of it, I believe. Uh, and the, definitely the martial law thing. It was like, oh, here we go. Uh, and, and the fact that it was in Boston, people played that up, you know, like, oh, you know, um, we've lost all our rights kind of thing. And they, they kind of pushed it that way. So mm-hmm. that's what really stuck out to me. But yeah, the, 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 the pictures and the fake, uh, quote unquote alleged fake, uh, victims, amputees those kind of things that was another thing that i remember that was just going around uh youtube and i'll just say the reaction to these these events is probably one of the main catalysts for youtube shutting it down like they did yeah because there were a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of information floating around and this was back when it was, was the gone. more the wild west because like stuff would stay up like that yeah. yeah, and and the level of production that was going into some of these uh, some of these videos that were being made uh, five hour freelance documentaries about the Boston bombing, multiple ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the, the breakdowns of this were incredible, and some of them you can't find anywhere anymore. Not on BitChute, not searching with DuckDuckGo. I mean, 
I don't have Tor browser, but I imagine that's some of the only way you can find these things anymore. Uh, I can't find tons of stuff about 9-11, all kinds of stuff that I know I saw years ago. Um, Now, another thing that I, the first thing that was really a red flag with Boston was the guys with, I believe if my memory serves, they all had tan hats, the same backpacks, and black military-issued boots. Mm. And they were standing, they were scattered around the entire Boston bombing scene. Black shirts and uh, khaki pants too. I think they were all, but yeah, they're all dressed uniformly. Yeah, mm. very strange. Um, but this is one. Well, I'll I'll play uh, <laughs> I'll play the just a quick backgrounder uh, in case because, like I said, I'm I'm assuming that a lot of people listening have never actually um, bothered to look into this stuff. So this first episode in this series will, like I said, be kind of a training wheels. And uh, here's just the backgrounder news report of the day. We were able to reconstruct it all moment by terrifying moment. The attack appears time for maximum impact. Just before 2.50 p.m., this is the viewpoint seen by many of the 26,000 marathon runners who are approaching the finish line. First of the two explosions rocks the sidewalk along the course. White smoke blasting into the air, blowing metal barricades into the street, and spewing shrapnel into crowds gathered at the finish. from multiple angles just as the race clock approaches the four hour and ten minute mark. The media just loves replaying like with all things it's like every two seconds they show you the explosion or the gunfire or whatever yeah or the people screaming it's like uh trauma 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 uh sure well let's not forget isn't this where uh dr lena Wynn showed up yeah she was like yes. a triage uh person or some shit yes for this. yeah that deserves a bell mm. i wasn't ready yes dr <laughs> lena Wynn, love her um mm. now she what why was she a lowly, and not to, I don't mean this to insult first responders and emergency people, but why was she just a random nobody first responder with this long interview at the, at the Boston bombing? And if this was completely fake, which of all of most of these things, I think there's a good chance nobody even was injured at this thing. But really, um, yeah, I mean, this one is so, and that's just my opinion, but I, and in a future episode, I'd like to prove that as best I can. Uh, but if if this was a false flag or fake or even if people you know did or didn't die or get hurt, why is Lena Wingo from doing this interview and with I think it was Jake Tapper about how like you know getting the story straight on the Boston bombing, and then like she goes from there to how does she get to be the head of Planned Parenthood after that? Well, I th- I think because keep in mind that the the Boston bombing was twenty thirteen, right? So yeah, she was um uh. I think she was doing a residency in in Mass uh, at, uh, at Boston, uh, the Boston Hospital, whatever the hospital, Massachusetts General, whatever the big hospital is there. Yeah. I think she was doing a residency there. As to why she ends up on air then for you know, and was probably at the the um the marathon. I believe she, I believe her husband was running in it or something. Anyway, there's some legit reason for her to be there. The larger question is why all of a sudden she get like ten years of airtime um, on CNN uh, yeah. on CNN with that. Yeah, it's just very strange. Now she's the COVID lady. I think. Um and this is well, she was you know, talking my, about COVID back then too. She was like, I'm, I'm going on administering the vax to everybody. And they're like, the what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, everybody I, at the marathon, marathon at, at the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <Back them up. laughs> my, yeah. uh, yeah. Doc Brown's in the background. My, my question is 
I mean, this is very, you know, tinfoil hat to put it in those terms of me. But my theory on this would be she participated in the Boston bombing and was rewarded with it to be part of the, you know, system. Hmm. Like you get like they move you up in ranks when you do stuff for them like this. Uh, and I, I know Adam and John think she's a spook and I don't disagree. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't, I know, I think there might be a kicker at the end of this clip. I'm not sure. Finish up with Marathon runner Bill Ifrit is knocked to the ground. 12 seconds later, as many flee the scene, a second explosion goes off about 130 yards from the first, less than a block away. Get out of the stands. It was very loud. The ground shook. You could just feel it going down through you. As the injured lay on the pavement, blood staining the ground, emergency medical technicians, Boston police, and some 400 National Guardsmen already on hand for the race immediately triaged the wounded. The event's medical tent was transformed into a trauma unit. We saw one guy with his legs gone at the knees, some ankles and feet missing, shrapnel wounds on people on the sides of the head. By 3 p.m., just as the president is being briefed on the attacks, reports trickle in of yet another explosion, this time at Boston's JFK Library. It's later deemed unrelated. Well, you zo- gotta ask you something there. Yeah. I'm not a runner, but, uh, I was seen, you know, on television and when I lived in New York and I live in LA, they have marathons here. I've never seen one fucking National Guardsman at a marathon. Why were there 400 at the Boston? Well, uh, maybe this can answer the question. Uh, there was a mock drill a year prior in 2012, almost to the exact week, if not the exact same week where bombs were detonated at the finish line of the Boston bombing. And they'd ran a whole drill about this a year to the week of it happening, if not very close to a year to the week of it happening. Holy um, shit. Which is, you know, it's funny how those things always happen. Uh, but I, <laughs> I have a, uh, I think I might have a clip uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, I dug up a news, news article and that says, um, uh, Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency says the 2012 training session involved a mock scenario in which a bombing occurred at the finish line beneath a spectator grandstand. Which is where it supposedly Weird. really happened the next year. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and then, let me see if I... There we go. Also, it turns out those guys who are all in uh, black and uh, khaki and had the giant backpacks... Yeah. Um, they are members of, yeah, so they're all one of these massive, massive backpacks, which is only, you would only carry around if you have a lot of gear of some sort in it, whether it's medical, military, hard to say. They are members of the Massachusetts Army National Guard First Civil Support Team, which was specifically created to, um, ad- address, uh, weapons of mass destruction, uh, um, responders. So it's advised civilian responders in the end of, event of a suspected weapon of mass destruction attacked. Federally funded National Guard units established under Presidential Directive 39. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So why were they there? It's weird yeah. that you would send that group down there, except that the year before, like you said, Chris, they just did a, a drill on blowing up stuff at the bombing or at the bombing at the marathon. And, um, now you send down your special National Guard unit, which you just created who, uh, to assist for, um, uh, big events where there's going to be weapons of mass destruction. Odd. How did they know pressure cookers would become WMDs? And why weren't they banned? <laughs> now, I, I have a clip about what you were, what we're talking about here. And what's interesting is Blue Shield 
I believe is the company that does this and they, the military uses the exact same stuff where they have, you know, fake blood. Actually, the dude that was missing his legs, if you look close in a lot of the pictures, you see what looks like a, a blood, a tube coming out spraying blood, but like at the edge of his pant legs. Um, but the Blue Shield, they had their whole thing is realistic battle scenarios and in this, uh, MEMA, uh, 2012 drill, they had like these guys making realistic explosions and realistic, uh, all this stuff, realistic blood. And they had 500 medical per- Boston medical personnel doing the training with them. I would be surprised if it wasn't the same ones that did this exercise a year later. So if they're all in on this, doing this fake stuff that looks real, why couldn't they just, wasn't that, what if that was the practice round to do it fake, but say it's real a year later? Uh, but yeah, here's the, here's the clip on that. This is interesting. Year before the attack. The Acre facility on the lot of Stu Siegel Productions uses the magic of Hollywood to transform sterile training environments into dynamic recreations of any real-world situation that can be imagined. TV and movie special effects artists create realistic battlefield effects. Smoke, sound, and smell add the highest level of realism safely. For those preparing for combat, it becomes stress inoculation. The goal of Urban Shield is to provide a multi-layered training exercise designed to enhance the skills and abilities of the region's first responders. We want to do an exercise in Boston that's never been done before. We want to involve over 500 first responders in a 24-hour scenario. I mean, all the explosions blood look real, but that news report a year prior shows they're all fake. It looks just, it looks like the same thing. So I'm of the mindset. Hollywood. Yeah, I'm of the mindset that this whole thing was just completely fake, and that explains Lena Wynn. That explains why these two guys. Uh, what's the name of the suspects of the Boston bomb? Sarnov. Sarnov or something wasn't that it? Sarnov. Their uncle is CIA, and their dad's connected to somebody. And then a uh, there were news reports that they were attempting to join the CIA. So this is a uh, you know if you're just if you have no prior CIA experience, just uh, words of warning, maybe don't attempt to join the CIA because you will be their patsy as soon as they hire you, is my guess, yeah, if that's what happened. Uh, but, and I'm sure you you would, Mo and Cretchen, remember this. They have this firefight trying to find the guy. Yeah. Before this happens, he's the the guy, like the supposed guy that set off the the pressure cookers. Goes. Do you remember in after the in the book depository after Oswald supposedly fired the shots? He's just lollygagging around and he buys a Coca Cola and just hangs out in the. Yeah, it's just sitting in the lunchroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. uh, it's the same yeah. thing. Like this dude after he supposedly detonates these bombs, you see him in a grocery store just buying a jug of milk and then he's going and yeah, he's tweeting. He's making like just benign tweets about his homework or something stupid. Yeah, uh, it makes no sense. And uh, no, they they have this firefight with him. And one suspect dies, and the the other guy, uh, well, something happened to him, so he couldn't, you know, they shut him up. One suspect the killed neck, the other, captured. Yeah. He was found in a backyard. This one, inside a boat in Watertown. Ma- kind of like when Oswald realizes he's the patsy and goes and hides in the movie theater. This is what this reminds yes. me of. This guy's like, oh, shit, something's really wrong, and he hides in a boat. This one, inside a boat in Watertown, the Massachusetts State Police releasing these pictures from above. You can see the suspect there lying in the boat underneath the cover. 
Tonight, we're learning more about that suspect, Jokar Sernayev, 7 News reporter Amanda Koss, live in front of the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, where the suspect is recovering tonight, live from Boston. Amanda? But stable condition here tonight at Beth Israel Hospital, reportedly under armed guard. And tonight, he's not talking because he's not able to due to a reported neck injury. Whoops. Getting in the way of investigators getting the answers they need about the attack, motive, and more from Darn it. 19-year-old Jokar Zarnaev. He's being treated at the same hospital as MBTA public transit officer Richard Donahue, wounded in the firefight in Watertown nearly 48 hours ago. How could you have done this? <laughs> so he was the actual Joker. Uh, oh, Jokar. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I mean, yeah. Ooh. Uh, you know, one of these days, I'm gonna have my rim shot ready for people. There you go. Get that rim shot going. Um, <laughs> Joker. And why so, did they decide so, to look inside the boat under the shrink wrap on that boat? It was like, why did Officer Tibbet decide? I think I'll look for the uh, Kennedy assassin in this fucking movie theater over here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's probably went to a movie. Let me go. He didn't pay for the forty-five cent ticket, so thirty-five <laughs> cops show up before that. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Mo? I was just going to say the some of the details are coming back to me now. And one thing I remember is that one guy was on the Rolling Stones, I believe. He was, yeah, he was on the cover of Rolling Stones. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they put him on the cover of Rolling Stones. And then the other thing was just going back to the martial law thing because that's the thing that I'm just looking at the headlines here. This is a socialist worker. It was martial law in Watertown going on down to critical thinking. Uh, Boston Marathon bombing, the uh, emergence declaration of a, a state, blah, blah, blah. It just goes on about martial law. It's headline at the headline about martial law. And the mm-hmm. final thing I remember about this was the amount of surveillance they had in Boston. This was like the really the first time we had one of those, uh, was it person of interest, that television show? It kind of reminds you of that. They had like every square meter, um, video uh videotape in boston and it was like one of the first times we've seen this where they has so many different angles and pictures of an event yeah of this magnitude well and, and mo you guys just talked about it with uh uh jesse smollier with the um uh the, the sheer amount of cameras that they had in chicago to track those guys mm-hmm. which is and which he, is just creepy now yeah. but he found the one blind spot which that was that was weird to me like of they don't actually have the attack on tape. How would he know where the one blind spot is out of like, you know, 30 something, I think it was 35 pod cameras and you had X amount of other surveillance cameras. Yeah. It was like, come well, on. I mean, but this is like the reverse. Harris told him. <laughs> They're buddies. Or was it Michelle Obama? <laughs> Oprah. Too. Oprah told <laughs> Both <him>. of them. <laughs> you have to check out the lost tapes to see what I'm talking <laughs> about there. I think that there's beef between Michelle Obama and Kamala Harris, but and she put him up to it as a hit on Kamala. Go. Ooh, Whoa. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes for <laughs> people to check yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> and leave the noose on your neck. <laughs> uh, Lord. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at, this, least, I, at least so there, there is a scary. Didn't, like, put it on when he saw it. You know, he's a little smarter and juicy. Um. But the, there is a scary aspect to the to the Boston thing is is the response within like the the the, the shelter in place order that I think they sent that out over the cell phones and the 
emergency, whatever it's called, emergency response, no emergency notification network, whatever the thing is called, you know, the, the, the TV and radio thing. But the fact that everyone did it and the police just rolling down the street in these big armored MRAPs pointing their weapons at people sitting on their porch. Yes. Uh, just, you know, that, and, and the fact that people just kind of rolled over on that. It's like, did. uh, if, if you let them start doing this stuff, anytime they say there's some random guy running through the, through your neighborhood, they'll just start doing it all the time. And, but you, you mean know, they could maybe actually was... start telling us it take 14 days to flatten the curve? Exactly, Mo. Exactly. And shelter in place. I mean, look at, if you look at the story, that's what those assholes in Boston said at the time. The authorities, they go, you know, shelter in place, shelter in place. Where have we heard that recently? It was verbatim. They said shelter in place. Verbatim. Yeah. 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 Well, and I still have relatives to this day who refer to the lockdown as if, and if you go back and read those things, because I still went to work, um, because I was identified as a a essential employee and had to be at work, but, there was never a legal, um, uh, you know, any, any actual, um, legislation passed that says you are not allowed to leave your house. But a lot of people didn't because that was kind of the way it was sort of portrayed. Sure. And so that's what they did. Yeah. And it's, it's like there was no lockdown. You were never required to stay at home, not allowed to go outside. That never, ever happened. But people right. are like, oh, but that's what the people on the TV thing said. So that's, that's what right. I did. <laughs> sure. It's like, come on. Yeah, and that, that lockdown, I mean, that, that, that's a prison term, man. That's where that began. Okay. <laughs> right. Lock, lock okay. down. That's where it came from. And suddenly, somehow, you know, when my, when my kid was, you know, very young in grammar school, um, there was a bank robbed about, it was like six, seven miles from the fucking school. And somebody calls it, you've heard the school's in lockdown. I said, what, what the fuck? What do you mean lockdown? The bank robbery was seven miles away. Do you think I, the guys are just, took down that bank they're gonna say let's let's duck in this school let's hide out here it was absurd and suddenly there were you know all kinds of guys in body armor ars and shit surrounding a fucking school for absolutely no reason other than they could yeah, and, yeah, I think and, a lot of that, it is that, a conditioning I, thing, sir. Go ahead. It is. And, and it absolutely you, you know, is. I was just about to say the same because it's conditioning the whole theme of this episode That's has right. been the 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 effects of these shootings, not the actual events. But what stuck with us, like for me, the mat, the martial law, that's what stuck in my head about this whole case, uh, and the surveillance. Uh, as you go back with the school shootings, it's getting kids, a, it's a lockdown. It's a bad man outside with a gun. It's, you know, you do that two or three times a year, mm-hmm. um, over a mat, you're saying over a matter of, you're know saying a kid's, uh, educational, uh, years. What does that affect? So now when you get to the point now, it's a lockdown stance out. Okay. There's no questions asked. It's like, None. and I, and I think we see this now with the boomers. Mm-hmm. No, if you, no, excuse, no, no offense, boomers, but the ones that was, <laughs> oh, Russia is going to nuke us, hide under your desk. Mm-hmm. And that's why the whole Russia thing was so easily for them to believe with Trump because yeah. like Russia's bad. I mean, we've been told all our life Russia was going to nuke us, get under your desk, get under your desk. And with a certain age group, you're saying that bought that Russia thing, hook, line, and sinker, and they're buying yeah. it right now. I mean, even to the point, look where we're at now yes. in uh, <laughs> geopolitics. So we can't under we can't underestimate the effects. So when you tell a child, uh, uh, you know, um, is a bad man outside, get in your desk. You're saying we all could die, we all could die. Uh, yeah. and see it now with the mask and the vax and the, you know COVID. What, what are these kids going to be, you know, saying what's, what's going to be their reflection 10, 15 years from now? You know, it's going to be, you know, 
I want to stay at home. I don't want to go outside. I believe. Sure. I was, I was just thinking about the, uh, the, the, the duck and cover stuff you mentioned there. When I was in elementary school, that was still a big thing. We still had occasional duck and cover drills and to the point where even I, I distinctly remember my elementary school ha- had a civil defense shelter in the basement and they would tell you as part of that drill that if you need to, you go in there. And this was in the early eighties. And so they were still doing it, you know, almost 30 plus years later. Sure. Which says to me they're still going to be doing this stuff in 20 or 30 years. Oh, um, yeah. and now granted at the time, uh, and to your point, Mo, I think that a lot of people really did buy into this, but by the time we got to the early eighties, you were like, yeah, what, whatever. Okay. Fine. We'll go sit under our desk for the national, you know, duck and cover drill. Blah, 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 blah. No one really cares, but I think there were people involved in, in organizing and setting up those drills that thought they were absolutely essential to teach all the kids to do this so they know what to do when Russia attacks because it's going to happen. And so I think you're exactly right. This is the same reason they do the lockdown, shelter in place, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if you guys have seen these things in schools recently, but the the run, hide, fight uh, posters, mm-hmm. if there's a gunman. So it's like not only are they telling you there's a gunman so often, but they're now teaching your kids – how to uh, how to fight back against the gunman when it inevitably happens? So it's it's crazy. Right. They're teaching run, fight, high in corporate workplaces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but before we get off is. conditioning, I, I've been doing. I did a lot of conditioning the last two or three nights, and my hair now has a fantastic shine and bounce. Oh, good. Yeah, you can't you set yourself up for the own joke. <laughs> but you didn't. What about volume? <laughs> Look, Do you have if volume you as well? It's <laughs> yeah, just to rinse and message. repeat. Always repeat. <laughs> yes, rinse and repeat. But it's it's safety culture. I mean, you, I think you you played the clip on uh, on on your last show, the Chris with the Krispy Kreme call. Um, Chris with oh, um, shit, I forgot you know, about Walens- that. Walensky, who has just been a font of of, uh, of of lies and bullshit. And, you know, when she's signing up, when, when she was responding, she said, well, we want to, um, you know, we're working 24-7, keeping our heads down, 12,000 strong, try to keep America safe. Well, no, 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 honey. If you're doing anything, maybe keeping America healthy, not safe. That's not your fucking job. Okay. But that's, that's what we've become. It's a, it's a country obsessed with safety on every level. Even the Krispy Kreme person was like, are they glowing in the dark yet from all those vaccines? Right, right. Even she had it yeah. going on. Yeah. We, we spent a while later in that episode on phone with a couple of pharmacists. It's, I mean, prank calls are fun. Uh, with vaccines, you can kind of work it into the topic. With mass shootings, I couldn't think of any good prank calls revolving this no. topic. So I'm going to stay away from that today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swatted like 10 minutes yeah, into the really. call. <laughs> Well, there's, I mean, you could call the places and ask if they have backpacks with the bulletproof thing. And that's, that, talk about scaring the crap out of kids. Yeah. Huh? Let's, let's, uh, let's really. get them all new backpacks that have the, uh, the, uh, the, the little spot in the back for the, um, the armor panel in it. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 you just, you just triggered a thought in my mind when I was going to school, we, that we were the generation that had the see-through backpacks. And that was like oh. a whole thing. It's like, you all see-through backpacks, see-through backpacks so we could see. If kid has gun in the gun in his book bag or not. Hmm. So, I mean, like I said, these things are, they work them in. And then we wonder why, you know, society is so docile now hmm. to listen to whatever the narrative is. It doesn't matter what the narrative is because it's always going to be a new one. Uh, and then they'll come back and give you the truth later. Uh, but look at the freedoms that we gave up with 9-11. Uh, even the DC shooter and nobody's mentioned that one. That, that, that one right there was another one that's just like, 
what the hell happened? I still don't have a good answer for what took place there. Is this so the guy who was like hiding in the trunk of his car? The sniper? That dude? Yes. He had all yeah. the schematics of the, uh, the layout of DC. Is that the guy? Yeah, but then it came, then they wrapped it up with a nice little bow and said, oh, he was just mad at his ex-wife. You know, and that's why he did it. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I mean, it was, yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, but they had everybody terrified of, uh, a white, white vans. Cause that's that's what they were saying. Oh, there's a white van. You know how many right. white vans are in Northern, but it, Northern Virginia and DC? I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. But it um, turned out so, he was doing it from the trunk of a Chevy, like a blue Impala, yes, if I remember. That's the story, which yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know what happened in that case as yeah. far as, but I'm just saying I lived under that terror, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. of when you were pumping your gas. Like, I mean, like you were like, Oh God, I got to get gas. I mean, that was the kind of thing like for, um, for that time. I don't know if people were in the area or not, but you dreaded getting gas. Yeah. Huh. And yeah, that, go ahead. that's, that's before my time. Another fun one that I just remembered is the, uh, the pipe bomb mailer. They mailed them to like Obama, Soros, Hillary, uh, all these people. And mailed, they turned out to be fake pipe bombs. And this was like huge news for a while. And they finally get this guy who his MO was super sketchy. I can't remember the details, but I do remember his van was covered head to toe in a cartoonish amount of Trump stickers. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) of course. Uh, uh. So I want to bring up one point before we move on. We saw a lot of this pick up from like 2000, like 9-11 up to, you know, the crescendo was maybe the end of Obama's uh, term. Do we think that has anything to do? They knew that with cell phones and increased uh, technology that they wouldn't have those blind spots to pull some of this stuff off. Like they, they can't do Boston Marathon now. It's too many camera phones. It's too many... You know, it's too much data. Do you think that they say, oh, we got to get them all in <laughs> before, you know what I'm saying, before this, uh, before oh, they go, uh, yeah. the shelf life goes on. Hmm, that's a good question. I think question. it depends on whether it's a homegrown, you know, verified psycho or some, uh, you know, Manchurian candidate programmed because the nut, the nut isn't going to give a shit how many cameras there are. He's going to, he's going to do what he's going to do. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the psyops, like the the and when oh, I, the I when I say Sorry. yeah, like do you think they just like because like they kind of just stop? I mean, we don't have a uh Vegas shooting in the last X amount of years. We don't have the pulse. It was like Pulse nightclub Vegas shooting. You know, it was they was all stacked on top of each other, and the, and the body count numbers were getting just astronomical. Vegas is still uh, to the, the record, point right? Yeah, it was like, I think he did, he got like 60, uh, people were killed, but the pulse had like close to 49 with a small, far, small, uh, far smaller crowd. So like I guess I'm not comparing, I'm just saying that I remember like in the media how they used to do like, oh, it was like a, kind of like a game, like to see how far the total will run up. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, up to 29, up 31, 33, 35. It was like kind of sick to the point they were over, sometimes over report and had to bring, come back down. It was, it was just, it was, yeah. it was a weird. Feeding into the copycat, I, uh, scenario. No, it was just a weird time then. I mean, just, I'm just reflecting back and it was just a weird time in the media. So more, um, are you suggesting that maybe there was some sort of program running that was, uh, activating these folks and kicking them loose, which is why I kind of kept 
amping up all during the same short period of time? If we look at the, the naval, the naval guy, uh, naval yard shooter, if we look at the, uh, what was it? The Baton Rouge, the one guy that shot the cops. I, I covered this on my show that he said he was being gang stalked. And like, I mean, is, I don't, I'm just saying it's just, it's always something. <laughs> You're it's right. There always, were a bunch of them there in like a two year period. There was just a lot of these things getting clipped Fort off Hood. there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fort Hood. We see, I mean, to the point we forget about, I mean, once we start looking back, it's like, wow, was that many in that yeah. short period of time? Let's see. Uh, in San Bernardino. Two, two, two cop shootings in mean, a matter yeah. of months. What was uh, the one in Dallas? Remember they killed him with a robot? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah. What was yeah. I don't that remember one? this. Oh, what was, uh, it was the, it was the Dallas police shooting and then Baton Rouge happened shortly after that. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they, the story is, and both these guys had military, ex-military, uh, experience. Um, that was the other thing. Yeah, those were um, 10 days apart. Dallas or Dallas was July 7th, 2016, Baton Rouge, July 17th. So 10 days. Yeah. And the guy in Baton Rouge said he has videos. I, I had, I covered the clips on the show that he was saying he was being gang stalked. And then we yeah. see the naval federal federal naval yard put EL, uh, ELF on his um on his gun and he changed hotel rooms multiple times that night before he went to the naval yard and, and just did what he did. And I'm not trying yeah, to absolve these people of what they did, but it's just weird. Um Dean and Dean Reiner and Booberry and I did an episode a while back all about gang stalking, but uh Mo, could you give for a lot of people probably aren't aware of what that is, could you give like a brief synopsis of what well, gang stalking is? Gang stalking is a is a very it's the appearance that you're being stalked by a net of people. Uh, you know, that they hand off from one place to another. They'll go in your house, move certain things around that you have to notice, but they won't leave anything else uh disturbed. Mm-hmm. Uh phone calls, uh, like I said, tra- following you in traffic, those kind of things. Now there is an element of people suffering from mental illness that think they're being gang stalked. But I just find it fascinating that I had it on one story that this woman put up cameras in her house and, you know, caught people going in and out of it. People thought she yeah. was crazy. <laughs> and they weren't had, stealing was, anything. Um, they were just moving stuff around, opening drawers just to make her go sure. crazy. Well, that yes. was a very common tactic used by the Stasi in East Germany to fuck up uh, political enemies of the state. They do exactly that while people were at work. They'd break into a home. They'd move shit around, hide stuff just to make them think they were losing their minds. That's, that's an old, that's from a very old playbook. And, and, Matt, and that goes to the conditioning thing. This, uh, I think we're experiencing this, the same thing, but on a mass scale, uh, when you know something's not right and you know it's not right, but it's kind of hard to prove. It's like when you come in, just imagine you put your cups on the left hand side and your plates on the right hand side cabinet and you come home and they're opposite. It It does. You'll start questioning your sanity. It's like, hold on. (laughs) Am I crazy? I mean, I know somebody didn't just come in here to just rearrange my dishes, but, um, that has to screw with your head. And I think that's what's happening now that, and that's the point I was making with Adam on the last, uh, last episode was, he was saying, why don't they just have bodies then? It's like, we're to the point now they don't even need bodies. They don't, I mean, they don't need any, I mean, it's just people eat the media up. That's my point with the Boston it bombing. It's like, why, why, why kill anybody besides your patsies? 
and you technically can't go to jail if you get caught. I <laughs> mean, so, right. cause you just say it's a drill. It's like, oh, it's a drill. My bad. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if it goes off without a hitch, oh, it was a real attack. And I'm not going to say, I'm not trying to negate that there aren't real shootings because Christopher Dorner was a real shooting that nobody talks about. And I wanted to talk oh. about it when you brought manifestos. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Cause I lived through that one in LA here. Yeah, and the way they just burn him up inside the house. I mean, he, he was no threat to the, them. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we've seen them do what? Three, four day standoffs. It was sure. like, oh, yeah, it's been there a few hours. Oh, light it up. That's right. one where they, they chased the guy up into a, up into a, like a cabin in the mountains and like threw smoke rays and just set the whole thing on fire and stood there and yes. watched it. Exactly. And burn him up. I mean, mm-hmm. sacrifice them for lack of a better word, like on live yeah. TV. But before they did that, um, I think he was, he was rolling around in like a late model white, I think it was a white, Ford F-150 truck. And, um, that was the description that went out. Oh, they were, gr- yeah, they were stumping with grabbing them out of trucks and stuff. I remember and, that. Oh, 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 they weren't just grabbing them out. They, a couple of LAPD pulled up behind, um, they, sh- they shot some poor lady, Mexican like a, women in a, yeah, blue, a cleaning lady in a Toyota. In a blue yeah. Nissan pickup yeah. truck. <laughs> and they that. shot the fucking, it looked like Bonnie and Clyde's car when they got through with it. Okay. That's, that's how insane they went to get that guy. Thought it was a Plymouth laser. Well, maybe, maybe that the, they thought he stopped. He was wearing a mask. He That's painted it. his truck and uh, made it smaller. There you go. Yeah. Oh, he's, and, this, and, it's a good disguise. That's why. What's why we got to shoot him. And they even and, had, somebody had audio of of like the 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 commander in charge when he when he went up in the mountains there saying, "Okay, light it up, you know, just mm-hmm. fucking burn this guy out." So that was no accident. <laughs> it was mesmerizing because I've never seen, especially never. with things, you know, uh, I mean, of course, you know, with cop killers, they're going to I mean, be extra aggressive with you sure. and kill you if they can. I mean, if they can justly do it, but he was no threat to them. It was kind of like we got the place around it. You know, we can wait him out. It was like, nope. It was like nope. raw daylight. <laughs> it was like they just lit the cabin up and just burned him alive. And yeah. the, the crazy thing about that case was, um, one, the manifesto, like nobody really talks about that, but, yeah. and then, but he, he's also a certain profile of people that say, okay, I'll go do this heinous thing, but it's gonna, this act is gonna bring attention to whatever the issue is. You know, saying they feel just about, uh, we saw, uh, the Unabomber. He was that type of profile. Uh, the guy that supposedly spread AIDS, the dentist, I forget his name down in Florida and back in the eighties. He was the same thing. He was giving all the patients AIDS so they would look deeper into the conspiracy of AIDS. Um, and this guy was the same kind of profile. So as I said, just to, where I, where I opened up at lumping all these things into mass shootings or whatever, it's kind of like, it's all, yeah, it's crazy guy. I mean, <laughs> some yeah. of these people are crazy driven crazy. Um, I agree not to give them any kind of cop out, but. You know, if you're being gang stalked or, you know, messed with, uh, in some kind of ways, pe- people can be driven crazy or made chemically crazy, like you were saying about, uh, with the, with the drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your which point. I want to say one more thing for, because I, I think about things as you were saying them. Yeah. What does this play into the shootings that they don't call mass shootings, like in Chicago and places like that? You know, they, they just call gang violence. Mm-hmm. No, it's kind of like it's you can have five, six, eight people shot in Chicago. It's like, oh, it's gang violence. It's never a mass shooting. And we saw this with uh down in Texas where the kid shot the other kid at school. 
It was like this great debate on whether it was a school shooting or not. It's like, no, that's not a school shooting. It's like, I think if it happens uh, at school, you could easily say it was, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it did, but that kid was like out on bail the next day. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's like, they gave were out on bail the next day and they were hard debating to say this was not a school shooting. This is not a school shooting. It's like, that's weird. Uh, for the same people that lock kids under their desk. Uh, for a guy seven miles away, now we're gonna not call this a school shooting that happened, a shooting that happened inside of a school. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just strange, very strange what they do with the media. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys remember this one. Uh, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before here in not my neck of the woods, early Christmas morning, like a whole block of Nashville blew up. Oh yeah. And there was, it, it weird- was definitely not because the giant AT&T switching center was there. Yeah. And there was a weird, there was reports of a firefight and people hearing gunshots. I don't know about any of that. I haven't seen any hard proof of that. But the one thing that every, that there's video of and people said they heard was like the whole block, you could hear this loudspeaker going, if you can hear this, this, you're too close. Yeah. Evacuate the area immediately. And that went on for, you know, a couple minutes and then boom, the whole thing blows up. And, you know, within an hour of that going on, uh, Christmas morning, I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And that video shows up. It's just, and then they later on, they said it was some guy who killed himself in the van and he was believed in lizard people. Uh, I remember that one being a big talking point. Oh, the guy believed in lizard people. But what's weird is if you look at all the street camera videos, the explosion doesn't emanate from his truck. It emanates like, you know, a, yeah, from a, a sewer grate next to him. Yeah. Like a good mm-hmm. chunk of the way away from the truck. Yeah. You go frame by frame. So yeah. I'd- so I was, I was, so it's interesting because I, I do remember when that happened. I remember, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, so we were visiting relatives and, you know, don't watch the news here because why would you? But, um, they just, you know, they're the sort of relatives who just sit down in front of the, the TV and just absorb whatever information they need to. And uh, it was CBS or NBC or one of them did like a one year retrospective on that. And I was like, Oh, let's see what they say here. And all they did was talk about some like crazy cat lady whose apartment was destroyed and how bad she felt because she can't live in this nice building that they were working so hard to, to renovate and blarty, blarty, blarty. And like, and they didn't mention anything about the explosion, anything about the, uh, you know, the, the guy, the perpetrator, any of the theories behind it, any of that. They're like, they just completely, uh, ignored every aspect of it, almost as if they, they made a huge effort to do that. Be like, all right, we have to do a one year to say we did, but we're going to focus completely on this lady um, and uh, ignore everything about the actual event itself. It was very weird. Also, in that case, everything blew up except the building that the truck was right beside. Yes. Like, what what kind of building was that? Nobody. <laughs> like, what what was that? What and no calls were missed. No 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 yeah. service was out. For it to be an AT and T building, you know, um, yeah, the Batman building is what the locals call it. No, I well, because yeah, he was like a block away. He was like he missed by a block or something. So there's mm-hmm. everything about that about... was was weird. Yeah, and the, the the eeriest part is the warning that everybody t- was told to evacuate before it. Yeah. Um, now that reminded me of something about the Boston bombing. I mean, there's so much about the Boston bombing, but one of the things that's crazy is. Like there's this this huge explosion and you see the video of it. You see the uh, like all like the you know frame by frame of people's taking pictures, which is weird that you can see all these people with other cameras taking pictures of victims just bleeding out alone on the ground. It's like why don't you put your camera down and <laughs> help this person? 
But uh, that's the new America. Well, yeah, <laughs> you get it on TikTok. The yeah. the uh, the tables. There's like red solo cups, beer bottles, um, you know, just stuff that is completely undisturbed before and after the explosion. And it's like the explosion is right there. And after the explosion, you tell me this red solo cup is still in the exact same spot on this table. While all these people are just, you know, their jeans are blown up, even though their legs are fine for the most part, their, their jeans are just shredded. Like it, it doesn't, and, and there's no chain of evidence with the videos of you seeing like, um, people, like there's no video of people losing limbs from start to finish. It's like, you know, you see the explosion and then there's different video of people without limbs. There's no chain of evidence there. And then another thing, and this will be my last thought on the Boston bombing. I'm sorry to backtrack. Do you guys remember the Family Guy episode that came out two or three weeks prior? If, if it wasn't like in 2002, no, I wasn't watching Family. Oh Guy. yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't want. I'm not a big fan of Seth MacFarlane. Uh, to be clear, but there was an episode of Family Guy, and people. It was going all around right after the Boston bombing on Facebook and YouTube, and it was two separate clips. And this is how like they were able to debunk it saying it was a hoax is because from the same episode, people took put two separate clips back to back and no one, I don't think anybody was claiming it was the same clip, but that, you know, then all the fact checkers can say, Oh, it's a hoax, but it is two clips from the same episode. One clip is Peter Griffin at a bar dialing phone numbers and then two bombs go off. That's one part of the episode. And at the other part of the episode, Peter Griffin is just driving his car through the, 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 Boston Marathon and was just a path of bloody carnage behind him. So I don't know if that's predict- predictive programming, coincidence, I don't know, but the two explosions thing is the biggest thing and the Boston bombing also being referenced in there. Could be a coincidence, but it's still one one last thing I would like to mention on the Boston Marathon was the rice cooker was a meme and Amazon came out and said, well, it was a news story about Amazon. It was like a guy ordered a rice cooker and washers and that sent off an alarm at Amazon that he could be a potential bomber. And I remember that I was like, wait, what? I think that was letting them know like Amazon is watching what you're putting in your cart. But that was an actual news story. Like the guy had bought like, like, you know, uh, added uh pressure cooker or a rice cooker and washers, you know, or some kind of metal components yeah. in his cart, like minutes apart. And that like set up a red flag somewhere. Mm. yeah i mean that stuff's a little weird if they start watching that stuff Uh, just as i'm looking for news here uh so apparently the boston marathon bomber uh jokar zarnayev uh collected fourteen hundred dollars in coronavirus relief funds so he's been ordered to pay those back (laughs) oh wait wait a minute he's i didn't even know he was still alive well, the, so the the one brother was kit, shot and killed during the manhunt, and the other one was sentenced to life in prison or something. Is he like able to talk yet? I don't know. I didn't follow up on it. Like I just followed like the current day stuff. Yeah, I remember he was like checking his hair in the uh, security camera in his cell, and then he like flipped off the camera when he realized it was a camera. Something like that. Maybe you get him on the show if he talks, Chris. Good. Be good. good <laughs> that'd be, oh, that'd be stellar. Be good, yeah. See if I can. I'll just start reaching out to. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, uh, the Q Shaman just did a show with Channel Seven from jail. Hmm. That was pretty good. Not that that guy is comparable because I don't think he hurt anybody, but uh, he was scary. He was yelling and standing around, yeah. doing stuff, being disruptive. So, 
so just real quick, I do want to throw this out there because it's it's my personal theory, but on the Boston bombing in particular, um, I 100% believe that was designed to be yet another in these line of, you know, six-week cycle, hey, we got the guy, you know, we're doing a great job sort of thing um, where the FBI is involved and they teach this guy how to do stuff. And, and he, it sounds like the Sarnayev brothers were smart enough that they looked at this and went, well, wait, this thing isn't going to work, but if I do this and this and this to the pressure cooker, now it will work. So let's go do that because they get these guys and they spin them up with ideology and, and create and convince them to, to do these terrible acts. But they always do it with, you know, the, the bombs that don't work or they just, you know, the fake bombs and they say, you know, dial this beeper number and, and that'll set it off. And as soon as they do it, they go arrest the guy or they, they help the guy get a gun sort of thing at the, at the local gun store sort of thing. Um, right. so I 100% believe that's what this was. They were setting this guy up. This is why all these, these, Various troops were around and all why the various, uh, federal agents and state agencies were there so they could swarm and arrest and say, see, look, we, we had, uh, advanced knowledge. We knew this was going on. We were following these guys. We got them just in the nick of time. Also, we need a bigger budget next year. Um, but this guy actually made it happen and they had to quickly pivot to the, Oh shit, this actually went off. And now we got to run around and get this guy at, you know, it, it, in no uncertain terms, uh, that guy does not reach, um, a, uh, a courtroom. So, you know, the, the older brother, who I'm pretty sure was the, the Patsy, the older brother was shot and killed. So, and the younger brother seems like he was a little more, for lack of a better term, kind of innocent in the thing. And I see innocent, not in that he didn't do it, but innocent, like he doesn't, didn't understand what he was involved in. And now is a true Patsy. And it's like, nope, because your brother was the, the bad guy doing all this stuff. You're in jail for life. So hmm. that's, so that's Joe my probably, theory on it. So he was not aware that it was a kind of an inside job. Yes, I think he was, he was just kind of helping out his, his, he looked up to his brother and, and he was several years younger sort of thing, looked up to his brother as, you know, any of us with brothers kind of do that. And, um, well, if he says to do it, I guess we'll go do this. All right. Yeah. I, I get him, you know, so, um, but my, my hundred percent that my theory is that the, um, the, the feds or whoever was setting this guy up and they were going to grab him at the last minute, um, to show that they were, uh, they were on top of it and actually it, yeah. he actually pulled it off. Yeah. Never, yeah. never a good look for the feds. It's definitely, I mean, I'm not claiming to know, have, have any, if not, I mean, all, if not any of the answers on any of these things. Um, but the Boston one, like I said, is the one that if any of them are fake and as in like totally fake, I think that, that would be the one stuff like, uh, like Vegas, Sandy Hook, um, Parkland. I think, you know, they have a bunch of guys. And just mow people down and then some, you know, idiot patsy takes the fall, whether it's a student or, uh, somebody else. Now, um, I know we did have crisis actors in the, uh, in the show art, so we kind of need to talk about them for a little bit. Okay. What do you or laughing at some parents. point we gotta get to Vegas, right? We're gonna do Vegas, aren't we? Chris? Yeah, after the donation break, um. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you, I, I think, I know you guys, uh, Mo and Larry have, hard out soon so i don't want to hold you hostage for vegas unless you really want to stay but uh because okay. it's we're gonna be going for a while longer i'm sure <laughs> you got two mystery guests coming for vegas cool. but uh i don't know what do you one of, uh, what, one of which is not joe cars uh, i have from jail it's it, it's hulk hogan i just gotta go pick him up at the red onion <laughs> uh but yeah uh I don't know, crisis actors. Like, I, I know, like, like I said, the guy in the cowboy head at the Boston bombing, I think is one. I think, uh, Lena Wynn could have been one at the Boston bombing. But as far as, you know, throughout tragedies, um, and then you see Craigslist ads for literal crisis actors. Those could be hoaxes in themselves. I don't know. But, uh, 
I don't know. What do you guys? What do you got? What's your guys' take in general on whether or not crisis actors are real? And of course, every scenario is different. But yeah. So I guess the most famous example would be, which he wouldn't be a crisis actor, but that's the one people point to, is the the father in Connecticut, right? right. That's like the go to when people try to point it out, where yeah. he went from laughing to crying instantaneously. I think that would be the. Yeah, it's, he's laughing and joking around with people, and then right as soon as the interview starts, he breathes heavy, which is an acting technique, and then starts fussing. Now, um, right, I think I just I just want to point out that would be the most famous yeah. uh, example I can think of in recent history. Yeah, and it, not to get I don't want to go open the the Connecticut can of worms on this episode, but just as a complete hypothesis, what if they? kill the kids at the school, kill the parents, disappear all of them, and then have actors come in with fake wow. fake stuff. I mean, that's just a, that's completely uh, off the walls, off the rails, but I, I wonder if that's that could be possible. Well, I guess when you have a bunch of people like that, you know, a bunch of victims... I guess they, I mean, just going to go on the, (laughs) you know, they're innocent, but still acting. What I mean by innocent is they, they are truly victims, but they see an opportunity in the situation. Yeah. Um, and there's, there, of course, I mean, when you have a large population of people, I'm saying victims like that, I'm sure you can scan through, let's just say everything was on up and up in any of these situations. You scan through like, who do we got? And it's kind of like, you know, you're going through and see who makes the best characters for this story. Uh, and it's like, oh, well. <laughs> or in that case, uh, who we, has an IMDb page, which a lot of them did. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. And you see this oftentimes in just local news, local shootings. You know, they'll put the eccentric cousin on there. You know, that you know, he's not even like a sibling or anything to the victim. But mm-hmm. like he or he's eccentric. So let's bring him to the forefront, you know, because it'll make for a better story. A completely um, innocent example of this is: Do you remember the uh, the lep- the local news report where they people saw a leprechaun in a tree? Could have been a crackhead. <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about. Where was that? Uh, it was like <laughs> Alabama, and all these people, uh, like in the suburbs, are talking about how they saw a leprechaun. This old lady goes like, "It could have been a crackhead up in the tree," and like, but everybody says it was a leprechaun, and it's like this. It's you have I'll have you have to see it. It's like an amazing local news report. that's like you know a couple minutes long, but I mean, the, on a on a scale of what you're just talking about, Mo, that's like I mean clearly intentionally like let's there's some people say they saw a leprechaun. Let's just get the most like wacky people we can and interview them, and mm-hmm. that's an innocent version of what you were just saying. Yeah, and let's just say that in, this might this take for instance this guy we talked about and. Uh, or, or say a person like him, it might be like, he might not have been that involved kind of dad or whatever, but it's like, oh, he's pretty interesting. So we're going to put him as the, you know, the face of the parents, you know, because, you know, um, maybe the rest of the people are boring. You got to remember the media is making a product at the end of the day. I think that's lost on us <laughs> all the times. It's like, uh, do we put the, you know, the actual grieving mother or do we bring forward, you know, the, you know, the aunt is kind of, you know, uh, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with the aunt. You know, cause she's going to give us more sense. She's going to go, you know, be sensational.
Did he put his mute button on again? <laughs> Guarantee he did every time. Yes. <laughs> Don't use that cough button. That's not what that's for. God damn it. Chris, come back, Chris. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, was, stay away from that mute button. I'm just talking to myself like a crazy person. Uh, whew. All right, let's reset here. <clears throat> I'm gonna go to break. That's I'm gonna it. come back. I'm gonna go to break. We're gonna come back. Yo, yo, yo! I got guns. I'll hurt y'all. Take you down. I'm a dangerous thug. Okay, so I don't know. As I was saying, went to myself and no one else. <laughs> well, I don't know, Mo and Larry, what time you guys have to get out of here. If you want, we can do Parkland before you go or whatever. Uh, I got, I got a couple more things on the docket, or anything else you want to talk about before we take a break? Or I have a few more minutes. Yeah, right. I'm I'm waiting on a on a text from my wife to summon me to for pickup duty. So uh, gotcha. <laughs> when I see that, that's but you know I don't know could be longer than expected. I don't know. All right, well uh, let's let's run through uh, a little bit of Parkland here. This one, you know, Broward County, uh, definitely mm-hmm. Spook Central down there. It's uh. It's like the Colorado of Florida as far as spooks go. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this one is uh, witness the day of a student. And the reason in this clip you're going to hear the audio change is because it's a video that shows the full footage. And then when you hear the audio sound a little bit more tinny, that's the TV showing the local news report, the part of the interview they actually aired. Uh Uh, As I was going down the stairs, I heard a couple shots fired. Everyone was freaking out, saying that it was a gun. And um, as we were walking, the whole class together, I actually was speaking to the suspect, Nicholas Cruz. And as I was speaking to him, he seemed very... I don't, I don't know what the word I want to say is, but um, he was trouble in middle school, so I kind of joked to him about it and said, I'm surprised you weren't the one who did it. And he just gave me a huh. So uh, that's really? really what happened. You were walking down the hall. He had already fired at that time. Yes, sir, with him. Weren't you scared? Um, in the moment, I wasn't because there was obviously definitely another shooter involved. You can see why they, they left this part of the interview out of the local news report here. <laughs> but. Oh, you think he was not the only one? No, definitely not. Why do you say that? Um, because when shots were fired, I saw him after the fact. So, and the shots were coming from the other part of the building. So there definitely had to be two shooters involved, I believe. Uh, I'll stop that one there. It's a little too long of a clip. Um, wow. But yeah, you get the idea. That one's uh, yeah. that one's uh, just you know it's one of those things, and uh, we don't. In this case, we don't have fifty six witnesses like we did on uh, November twenty second, uh, nineteen sixty three. But we had a couple. Now, of- was, was was this interview with this guy? Was this before or after the dude rode his bike back to campus? <laughs> that's coming up. Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, now that, yes. That's, uh, one of my favorite crisis sectors. Alleged. Alleged crisis sector. You uh, mean Harvard scholar? Yes. <laughs> mm. Uh, and, and pillow magnate. <laughs> this, let me know if you guys can <laughs> yeah, even hear this one. Cause this is like an NBC local news where this girl's being filmed, but it never made it actually onto the air. So it's like mm-hmm. another, it's, you know, being filmed with kind of bad quality, not well mics. But if you can hear this, let me know if you can't. Uh, this okay. is uh, another student witness. 
NBC local. All the kids to go outside so they can start shooting up. So they shot, they start shooting um, from the first floor up because there's only two exits in the freshman building. So everybody started running to the other exits. So that's when the shooter, the other shooter started coming up. Uh, they told the kid. I don't know what that means. That's where every clip I could find starts is her saying they told the kids to go outside so they could start shooting up. I'm assuming like, mm. uh, well, yeah. I'll, all the kids to go outside so they could start shooting up. So they shot, they started shooting um, from the first floor up. Because there's only two exits in the freshman building, so everybody started running to the other exits. So that's when the shooter, the other shooter started coming up. So everybody, and then I thank God to this teacher who opened up her door and like all of a sudden, she got shot in the arm trying to open the door. And then the other teacher, he got shot in the head trying to cut the other students. And um, it was like an hour, like it felt like years waiting for them. And after all that, we finally got out and like they started yelling at us to keep focused and pay attention ahead, the army people, because they didn't want us to see the bodies that they hit in the, the corner. The army people told us to look forward because they didn't want us to see the bodies that they hit. That could well, be, to be, to be fair, that's, that could be local police. I mean, if you've seen yeah. what they look like when they show up, they're that's wearing, true. you know, green for some reason. So, right. Yeah. That is, yeah, very possible and, and the most likely explanation. Uh, and then here's her saying there was definitely three shooters. We finally got out and like they started yelling at us to keep focused and pay attention ahead, the army people, because they didn't want us to see the corner. They were putting mats over them so we wouldn't see them, but there was dust all over the floor. From, um, so you think there was more than? Do you think there was more than one shooter? Yeah. Hmm. Just you know, just wanted just and uh, you know, eyewitness accounts. Uh, the devil's advocate are often very unreliable. Mm-hmm. But that's but, that's two girls on the same day. Just local news, right? Yeah. The one who passed the guy on the stairs and said it must have been somebody else, and then this girl who says there was at least three. Yep, and the girl that passed him said there was at least two. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, this is the same student. Uh, I don't remember. He came through and he started shooting the cabinet, and that's when he shot the teacher. And then they started, and then he ran back outside to shoot the other teacher who was closing the other door for the kids. But he didn't get to close the door, and he was just there. And so we were all just sushing, sushing each other, like, shut up, just suck it up if you're crying. Because we're not trying. Now, this, she is mic'd, and this is just, you know, footage that from another camera that never got used but this is riveting stuff if you're nbc local news why would you not include this testimony because somebody told you to yeah exactly trying to get shot because he was in the hallway yelling hey hey trying to taunt us and get us to say things trying to get us outside and that's when some other kid like he ran out because he thought it was free but he got shot and then we heard the groaning outside and we couldn't do anything what was so the shooter? Tell me. Besides, hey, hey, what was he saying? During he wasn't all this? doing anything. He was legit. He just ran up the stairs, started shooting, and you could see a bunch of kids just going down that way, but stopping. But they, because the other shooter was coming, so everybody was training. Everybody was trampling each other because they were like, "Hey, do you hear that loud, loud banging sound?" And we all thought it was like some kid joking on the stairwell because they're hollow, so you could just hit a stick and it sounds like it. But then we all were like, "Oh, sh- this is real!" So we all just started running. It was really. Now, some one student told me that the shooter was wearing a bulletproof vest and a helmet. Did you see that? I saw some other kid. He when the other kid who came into the classroom, he was wearing some type of thing, and like, I don't know. And uh, yeah. Hmm. So Matt, like the the reporter even says, which never got aired. Another student told me he had a helmet and a bulletproof vest. Which hmm. all the security footage we see of Cruz, he definitely doesn't have that. Interesting. 
And then that student somewhat corroborates the story. Um, now, another big question, and I won't play the clip because it'd be faster to just bring it up. Why did it take the SWAT team 90 minutes to get in and rescue these kids? If this had been because a bank robbery, trained. if this was they, a bank they, robbery, they'd be there in two to five minutes. They were trained by the, the Columbine police. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's an insane amount of time. Yeah. It almost makes you wonder, was there a, you know, a mixed communication or a stand down order or something like that? Well, there were drills going on that day. Like not, but I mean, even, even after they were like, uh, Hey, we need to get to this place. And they're like, Oh, no, no, don't, no, we don't need, let's take care of it. Oh, it's not, you know, whatever it is, you know, cause they yeah. remember they famously had the, uh, the guy who I think eventually did he get fired or go to jail? The, uh, school resource officer, officer who ran away. Well, wait a minute. That, that's yeah. another mystery because that, uh, tell me this. How did Scott Peterson, who murdered his wife in the Bay Area and was in prison, get paroled and then get to Florida to become a cop to not respond to that situation? <laughs> there can't be two of those. Yeah, it's like when they move Catholic priest pedophiles from. Well, he had, he had blonde hair, remember? <laughs> um, no. Now this clip. Yeah, Scott Peterson, he was the hero of the, of the moment there. Uh, th- this clip made it onto ABC, but it disappeared real fast. I know Twitter started removing it uh, right when it went up, but this this one is pretty uh, enlightening. Creative writing teacher Stacy Lapel's class was playing music, writing love letters, when the fire alarm went off. As students filed into the hallway, she heard gunfire. The killing had begun. I was about two feet away from my door. All of a sudden, I heard gunshots in the stairwell, which is about 20 feet away from my room. And then kids were screaming and then running back towards me and towards the end of the hallway. So I just went in this very strange autopilot mode where I pivoted on my feet. I unlocked my door, and the kids just started pouring in my room. I don't know how many kids were in there, but I was pulling them and getting them in and shouting at them to get in the room. And then I suddenly saw the shooter about 20 feet from me, standing at the end of the hallway, actively shooting down the hallway, just a barrage of bullets. And I'm staring at him thinking, why is the police here? This is strange, because he's in full metal garb, helmet, face mask, uh, bulletproof armor, shooting this rifle that I've never seen before. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so what the hell was that? What was that? Wasn't Cruz, that's for sure. <laughs> oh man, I don't, maybe somebody already did this at the time, but did we reintroduce the Zodiac Killer when Nicholas Cruz, you know, Ted Cruz, Nicholas Cruz? Yeah, I'm sure somebody thought of that Barry already. Actor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's been done before. Oh, Mo, Mo, Larry, Curly, I mean, Crushed, you guys want to talk about uh, David Hogg real quick? <laughs> what can you say? I think I think uh Kretsch said it all with a pillow magnate, right? It's uh it's, right. So was he really a student or not a student? I mean, cuz I was I'm gonna be honest with you with these cases like this, I don't really go down the rabbit hole cuz it never ends. Yes. This one's tough. And this one I looked for a long time <laughs> trying to confirm this and it's impossible to do this original. I was like, where? And especially because Snapchat disappears. I was like, I want to find the original video of this to see if someone dubbed this over. Because it's a Snapchat video of David Hogg with somebody talking. And then they zoom into his face and David Hogg says, shocking. And they're in the school. And I can't confirm if this is real or not, but listen to this. 
Right. Really, Vinny? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Like, he's not even supposed to be in our school. He's like 25 and he's from California, even though he's my debate partner. What the hell? Shocking. Dude, all goes shocking. So that's weird. What the? And I can't confirm. Or, that's everywhere. I can't confirm its authenticity, though. So wait, wait who, are they, who are they talking about there? What was, what right, was the official story there? of his position or... or? Because I, I heard that he graduated the year before. I heard he was much older than that. Some... some I guess I didn't go down this rabbit hole. So well, the, the context of the clip you is his fresh classmate. Ears and eyes here. Yeah, the, the context of this clip is his classmate is filming him on like Snapchat or something. It zooms in on his face and he's like, "This guy's 25 from California and he's my debate partner for some reason. What's he even doing here?" And David Hogg looks at the camera and goes, "Shocking." David Hogg really said, "Shocking." I don't know if the other part was dubbed over as some kind of hoax. I can't say one way or the other, wow. but it definitely was weird. Um, now, well, what am I thinking? I never even played the David Hogg intro. May remember this one from back in the day. It's called David Hogg has no adult pubes. You guys are too much. David Hogg. David Hogg has no adult pubes. Sing with me, everybody. David Hogg. David Hogg. David motherfucking Hogg. Not even one. Cause the ship in the soil. Uh, yeah, alright. So, little <laughs> Where big is that from? That is Owen is Benjamin. Owen Benjamin. He actually got banned from oh. Twitter for talking about David Hogg's pubes. Did he really? I believe this was after that, and he made a song about it. Hmm. Yeah, now he lives in the woods and talks about Jews, so he's gone a little off the rails, but, uh, hmm. he's funny. He used to, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's not get into, uh, Big Bear there, Papa Big Bear. Owen, um, okay, so, <clears throat> what? Somebody had a question before I did the intro, now I lost it. Mike, what was the, I just wanted to know what was the official story of this hog character, cause I saw him, it was him, and, uh, was the, the girl with the shaved head, Latinx. I about to say it was Latinx. Uh, I don't want to gender her because I don't know what gender she subscribes to, or you know that they them. Uh, and you talking about the one with the shaved head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a it was a black girl. It was like three of them that popped up, mm-hmm. and it was like it was kind of like who who got who? It's same thing. Who do we have at the school that's really good? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and Hogg was like a celebrity. I mean, Vice News did like an hour doc on him where he's cussing like up a storm, like cussing way more than anybody I've ever heard cuss. F the conspiracy theorist, F Alex Jones. He believes in gay frogs. F, F, F David Hogg was like, well, he's off. also the only one other than the shooter who has like his own Wikipedia page. So weird. Yeah. Something and his dad's FBI, which, you know, that could be a coincidence, but something weird is up with him. Uh, as far as to your question, Mo, I'm not sure. I believe the official story is he was a student who was there at the time of the shooting. And, but his, his own timeline is completely wonky. It makes no sense. Like here's, um, David Hogg is filming himself in the closet at the time of the shooting. Well, supposedly at the time of the shooting, but he gets the timeline wrong, even in this clip. But the weirder part of this clip is well, one, he's whispering while everybody else around him seems to be talking in normal speaking volume. Uh, and he says, at first we thought it was, a uh, a drill, but then it was a real shooting. So I'll play that just. So right now we're in a school. An active shooter. It's not a drill. This is not a school. Yeah. Hello. It's 
Why is he the only one whispering? <laughs> Good. I don't it's, know. It, it, this, this, this was a weird one. It, yeah. This, was, this definitely was a weird one. The, the fact that they tried to make him like the, like a left leaning David, uh, Ben Shapiro type. Yeah. That's what, that's kind of like how they, they tried to shape him mm. that way. Like he was going to be the voice of the, of the generation for, you know, the left. Yeah. And he, he was like, he um, was detonated. He was detonated by the, uh, he was, by, he was a Greta. Know. They made him into like a Greta type character. Oh yeah. Yes. And they both came up almost at the same time. Yeah. Greta and David. But where yeah. is he? What happened to him? Uh, he's, I, th- I think he, I think he, he was off message, kind of like Greta was, and they threw him, they kicked him to the curb. I can't remember, but he was, he was attacking Biden for something at one point, stuff like that. Oh. But, uh, okay. <laughs> this, this, um, Joey. This, this is a super cut, but it, this one was probably one of the most viral moments at the time. And it's uh, David Hogg not being able to remember his lines. Uh, but he also, in this video, talks about how they first thought it was a drill when they heard the gunshots and the fire alarm. Because we had had a fire alarm earlier that day, and that was a drill. So we thought this was a drill, too. Just another. And I guess I should have set this up better. He he is not distressed. Like, the reason he keeps cutting himself off and saying sorry, he's completely... He's not, you know, teary-eyed. He's not upset. He's It's like he's trying to get his line right like you would see in a behind-the-scenes acting video. Uh, and this jumps around a little bit because it is like a super cut of it. Because we had had a fire alarm earlier that day, and that was a drill, so we thought this was a drill too, just another one. Because uh, we have a lot of fire alarms, uh, a lot of fire drills at the school. Um, after we heard the first gunshot, we initially thought it was a drill. Actually, that was a bad choice. It's okay, you're fine. Actually, that was a bad choice because... The janitor, sorry. It's okay. You're fine, David. You're fine. Honestly, when I was going out, I was kind of in, I was in, hold on. When I was going out, I was in shock. It's like he's trying to get the, uh, the best take, you know? Make sure the take is right. The guy with the slate in front of the camera. The slate stick. Very strange. And it goes on. I can keep going for another, you know, the second voice in there said, we'll just, and it just kind of cut off right there. Like he was going to say, we'll just edit that out. Oh, let me like back he up. He knows it's going to be spliced together. How long ago was that? Uh, uh, maybe about t- 10 seconds prior right. to you, you stopping it. Let's back it up. Okay. You're fine, David. You're fine. Honestly, when I was going out, I was kind of in, I was in, hold on. When I was going out, I was in shock. Yeah, saying, I, don't, I don't know how to put this in perspective. You were saying, I don't know how to put this in perspective. So he's reminding no, me. No, you had to back up about. a little bit for, but he, he said okay. we'll just, and then it kind of just, it cut off. I don't know what he's gonna say, but it sounded like he was I mean, like yeah, assuring we'll just, him, like it's okay, it's okay. We'll just we'll just edit off. this out. I'm sure. Is what else could he be saying when he says that? You know, right. That, that's the most logical thing. Did is the other way? voice there also say you were saying? I don't know the perspective, or you should say. I think he said you were saying. Let's back it up again. This is. Uh, I'll put so this almost, in the show like notes he's, too. He's, give, he's getting like stage directions. Or I something. can't yeah. find the full video of this. I can just find the super cut of it. I don't know if this got leaked by somebody or what. I was going out. I was in shock. You were saying I don't know how to put this in perspective. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I've been listening to it one more time. Zoom enhance. 
most of my friends oh, say, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like you were saying to me. I don't know what you Almost mean. like he's being told to say you don't know how to put the trick. Yeah, I don't know, but it's either way. So most of my friends that made it out, one of them went into a bathroom in the same I believe in the same hallway as the shooter. Well, hold on. One of them went into the same bathroom, I believe, as the hallway shooter. He was in there at the same time, and he was in the bathroom, and he didn't know if he was going to live. I don't know. That's because that's the bathroom word choice. Why does he? Why does he uh, sort of uh, identify the guy as the hallway shooters? If like there was maybe a staircase shooter and a rooftop, isn't that an odd choice? The hallway Good catch. shooter. Good catch. I didn't even notice that. That's why there's more than one of us. Um. Well, okay, yeah, and then this is just when he was on, I think it was CBS, where he just completely destroys the timeline that he was setting up the day of. On the day of the shooting, I got my camera and got on my bike and rode as fast as I could three miles from my house to the school to get as much video and get on as many interviews as I could because I knew that it, this could not be another mass shooting. Oh, so oh, wait, you knew wait, it was a on, shooting. Wait, 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 because I'm confused now. <laughs> and maybe the listeners are too. He rode his bike to the school to hide in the closet <laughs> because he thought it was a drill. I mean, am I missing? Yeah. It? What the hell's going on? So yeah, he rode his bike. He's like, oh, as soon as I heard there's a shooting, I rode the three miles as fast as I could on my bike to the school. And then when I got to the school, I thought it was a drill. What? Yeah, I hid in the closet because we thought it was a drill at first, <laughs> but I came here because I thought it was a shooting. I mean, am I am I nitpicking here or, or am no, I? Am, you can't explain that away. I'm confusion. You can't explain that away. It's like it's like shell, sh- like it's can not you, like his brains were scattered from shell shock bad enough to completely destroy his own narrative that he had built before that. It makes no sense. Can you run that again, Chris? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, Okay. On the day of the shooting, I got my camera and got on my bike and rode as fast as I could three miles from my house to the school to get as much video and get on as many interviews as I could because I knew that it, this could not be another mass shooting. Because it was Drew. Like you thought. It's just, it's, it's just weird. Until you thought it was a real shooting. Like I, I've just never, like... It just makes no like the I, I just can't imagine a scenario other than he's lying where his stories would be that far connected from each other or disconnected, right? It, it, it doesn't even make any. I'm I'm because I'm trying to figure out what happened here. How did he so get I remember into school? That and, I think. Go ahead, mom. Sorry. No, I, I think we're having the same problem. But it's just I from the from the first clip you played when he was in the closet. Uh, at the school, not the other closet. Um, um, that I thought he was like in school as a student, heard the alarm, thinking it was a drill, hid, and then it, I'm just telling you what I heard, and he found out it wasn't a drill. Now it seems like he's outside the school. Somehow he heard about the shooting. He gets on his bike, like, you know, Pee Wee Herman, and rides over to the school. <laughs> to do some investigative, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
<laughs> That's a good mental image. It is. How, how does these two things fit together? I don't understand how they fit together, and that's why I'm I'm done yeah. with this rabbit hole. I'm done, I want out. <laughs> well, I, rem- I remember when this thing played and trying to make sense of it myself, and the, and what I took with you know from it, but it was very tenuous. Was this guy okay? He was there when the when the uh, uh, for the actual incident himself. He's in the closet whispering into his own cell phone, right? And then then later on, when everybody gets out of there. That's when he hops on his bike to go home and get his Nikon SLR or something or, you know, some, some higher end video equipment so he can cover this properly. Is that, is that what he's saying? That, mm. Yeah, that's one interpretation. And I would agree yeah. that it's almost like if he's flustered, if he's not speaking, you know, correctly, if he's having trouble processing, that's what he meant was after the, after the effect, they kicked us out of school that day early. I, as soon as I got home, I grabbed my good camera and I raced back to school to, to talk there. with people mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. But it's like it, it just doesn't come across that way genuinely, though. Hmm. Just weird. And, and that's the key point right there why they had the eighty six this kid. Well, wait, because he wasn't genuine yeah. at all to the point where he seemed very opportunistic. Oh, and mm-hmm. you know, and and to okay, you've just lost a bunch of classmates to a, a to a shooting, and your first thing is let me go grab my camera and be you know, yeah. And I don't either, think from what either, he says either here. something's wrong with him. And I, like I said, there's something's wrong with him. He can compartmentalize traumatic violence like that. Uh, well, the guy was not telegenic. I mean, he came across as very unlikable, always yes. angry, unlikable. And that doesn't make for good television. Yeah. Um, and, but okay. So what you guys were saying just a minute ago is maybe he was. The shooting started when he thought, and at first he thought it was a drill, and then he went home to go get his camera and then came back. But I don't think that's how it comes across at all here. I'm going to play this again just listen, maybe imagine in my head that this is what he meant. Oh, what? Huh. That's the song. Here we go. <laughs> on the day of the shooting, I got my camera and got on my bike and rode as fast as I could three miles from my house to the school. Yeah, so it seems like he would include the fact that he left the school and then came back. Like, he doesn't yeah. start the story off that way. Right. And I, another thing to question that would be is I, you would you would think, you would think that uh, when when the kids who were, who were in that school lived to get out of there with their lives, you would think that the, you know, the authorities over there would sort of grab them and say, hey, uh, we want to talk to you a little bit, before, you know, get you get a clear picture of what you just experienced for, you know, for the record. Did they just do that? Say, OK, go home. I mean, that, that seems a little odd, doesn't it? Well, or yeah. even if they are released to go home, hey, get out of here, go home, you know, go, go, you know, it's in the middle of the day or something like that, because I think it was earlier than normal yeah. school release. And he he OK, let's let's let's. Play along. He believes, okay, I, you know, I'm, I write for the school paper or whatever it is. I'm going to get my good camera. I'm going to go back. And I'm going to talk to people. Well, who's still going to be there? Right. So it's just, good it's point. yeah, it's a yeah. whole bunch of things are just kind of weird on that whole scenario. Yeah. Florida. Well, he was he was definitely <laughs> very unlikable. Very. You made a, a yeah. I, that was the thing about with me. It was just like he he. And I say this, you're saying, uh, I said the same thing about Rittenhouse. They just very look very punchable. And not that <laughs> I want to punch them, but people just, like, like you said, it just gets a visceral reaction from people. And he's one of those, he's one of those type of characters that, 
people had a visceral reaction to him, just like I hate him, and that drove that drove the the you know need to want to expose him. Yeah, this is the uh, so the lockdown was initiated at two twenty one p.m. Um, students were released shortly thereafter. So yeah, it sounds like just rather than trying to, because I mean, you know how school districts operate the the same buses that pick up the the um the the high school kids or the ones that pick up the the junior high kids which pick up the elementary kids. So they've got these these structured schedules. So it's difficult to just say, hey, quick, come in an hour early and get all these kids off of campus. So they probably just released them all and said, just, you know, get them off campus, clear the buildings. Um, and, you know, and, and however he got home, but, but it's weird because that is never discussed. It's not as soon as I got off the bus getting home or as soon as my friends dropped me off at home. He doesn't say that. He just says on the day of the shooting, I grabbed my camera, which is just, it's just weird. And my bike. Yeah. And then I got on my bike and off I went. So, you know, didn't have access to a car. So just gonna hop on my bike. It just like it just plays into the story. Like I just hopped on my bike with my little press hat, my hat with my little press stuck in the, <laughs> the little tag the in it says press. It. <laughs> the Matt Drudge hat. Right? <laughs> Went and got a, my dad's trilby out of the closet. Put a little press tag in there. Got my camera with the big screw in uh, flash bulb. Ran down there. What a scoop! I was like, Come on, dude. Just extra, extra. Read all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I think that's all I got on on uh, on David Hogg. So now, now I'll do the outro music. One more time, you're killing it. Yeah, get home safe. Yeah, get home safe, everybody. Well, uh, I think I've kept you all hostage long enough, unless you want to stick around, Larry and Mo. Uh, you want to tell the people what you got coming up? I know, Mo, you kind of keep it under wraps for what your next show is, but uh, obviously Wednesday. I'll give you a sneak peek here. Ooh, exclusive. 74 is next. 74. <laughs> Mm, that's a ooh, that's, that's okay. A show, that's the show. It's just show an number. episode number. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm wondering. Well, yeah, but I, okay. But there might be some numerology in there, or you just you just it could it could be it okay. could be. You're going to talk about Nixon resigning. Yeah, <laughs> it's about the 74th president. 74 uh, is when Nixon resigned. Well, yeah, that drops. Uh, is it? Wait, is it lot? It's uh, yeah, it is a show coming up. Not a lost tape. Yes, Wednesday. Yes. We just did uh, lost tapes last Wednesday, and the new episode drops this Wednesday. 8 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. If the weather permits, because we're getting a gang of snow here right now. Mo, you always crush it, and uh, thanks for coming out to hang again. It's always awesome to talk to you. You're the man. I appreciate it, and nice to meet you too, gentlemen, as well. Uh, Good to meet you, Mo. with you maybe in the future. Be fun. I like that. All right, y'all have a great night or a great day, and um, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Mo. See you, Mo. All right. Thanks, Mo. All right, I'm going to exit stage left myself. Oh, well, and you got any uh, sneak peeks on what's coming up? I know you just did a great episode about the guy that's gotten, what, 11 jabs? 
Yeah, that's the, you know, that's the one you gotta check out. The, it's called 11 Jabs and Counting, Me Jab Man. Is, like, is this the guy like who like, him. he, hi, he hires himself out or something like that? Well, I, th- that's not uh, been confirmed. You know, um, the stories that I read is that he just felt that this was like, uh, he just really likes the jab. Elixir. He likes the fucking jab. It put the, you know, wood in his pencil or whatever. And uh, he feels better. His, his back pain disappeared. So it is, is arthritis. Are we sure and, this guy uh, doesn't have a huge he's... amount of stock in like, Moderna or something? Yeah, this guy's named possible. David Hogg. <laughs> <laughs> his name is actually, um, his last name is, his name is like Brahmadeo Mandal. And, uh, this vaccine helped me grow pubes. Exactly. He's a very interesting guy. But at the same time, we kind of morph from that in the episode into a question that, that nobody seems to be asking, but I do, you know, I'm sure at my own peril. And that is, you've got this, uh, this, this, this these enormous, uh, people and uh, machines of big pharma, uh, politicians, namely Joey, um, Fauci, who have made all these erroneous claims uh, about the safety and efficacy of these uh, these vaccines, especially the efficacy. I mean, if you recall, the start was always 100% safe and effective. So a lot of people, based on that info, no doubt, to no fault of their own, because they believe their leaders ran out, got themselves vaxxed, then jumped into the mosh pit or on a crowded bus or train, probably got, you know, sick, maybe severely sick, maybe died. You know, and in a nation of 335 million people, there's probably a lot of them followed that path. Yeah. Is, is Joey, is Joey and Tony, are they, are they at all culpable in some way for those deaths? So that's a question we're, we're looking at. To be fair, I don't think Joey is culpable for anything he says. <laughs> first of all, he's just reading it off a teleprompter. And secondly, he gets that wrong. So that's true. He does. Yeah. He's got the guy in his ear going, no, just say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, also on the art, Larry, you had uh, 11 syringes poking out of the guy on the episode art yes. and one poke it coming out of his butt. I thought that was yes. a good, nice touch. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Glad you picked up on that, Chris. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, uh, any, anything coming up? Obviously that LarryShow.com and wherever you, wherever you can find podcasts. Yeah. You know, just cruise on over there. There's, uh, 344 episodes for your listening and dining pleasure. So <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh, and don't forget, if you like it, uh, check out the new Lufta Larry merch. That's yeah, for leave us the fuck alone. That's become the show's rally cry. <laughs> people are really, really good. I mean, I can't make these things fast enough. People are ordering so, so quickly. Lutfa. I gotta get one. Be a Lufta baby. Leave oh, us yeah. the fuck alone. Yeah. So there it is. <laughs> Larry, it's always a pleasure. You're a legend. Thank you so much. I love you. Great to be with you. Great to hang with you, Cretched. And uh, love your show, by the way. And uh, well, thank you. you do it again sometime. Anytime you want. I always, always dig hanging with you. Cool beans. Yeah. All right. See you, Larry. Hey, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. And then, Cretchit, uh you're still sticking around, right? Yeah. Well, what do you got? You got uh, Magical, Magical Guest showing up here, here sh- shortly yeah. or what? Yeah, we got two uh, mystery guests. Should be here anytime. I've uh, given them the go-ahead. I want to do a uh, brief donation segment, though. Um, that's probably, probably good. Formally thank bags. Uh, and, uh, while I'm getting that ready, you want to tell the people, obviously you're on OBDM twice a week co-hosting. Unless you don't want to tell the people about it. That's fine too. Oh, yeah, well, hold on. Let me check. Look like this. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we do, well, I'm, cl- I'm clicking through other clips and I don't want them all firing through the system here, but, uh, anyway, um, yeah, so we do, uh, we do 17 OBDM shows a week. 
Uh, we pick the best two and release those. Uh, so yeah, uh, join us, um, OBDM pod. That's short for our big dumb mouth. It's a term that Mike came up with. What shoot? I think we're trying to guess is we're, we're guessing it was 20, 2007, 2006, some time, some, sometime in there. So almost 15 years or thereabouts. Um, coming up on show 1000, uh, this, this, uh, I think we're looking at April or May for 1000. So a lot of huge. shows up there. Um, huge. but yeah, you know, kind of a, a mix of conspiracy, uh, paranormal, um, you know, aliens. Uh, we talked about Hollow Earth uh, this last episode. Uh, we 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 do some politics in there, some some yelling at people, and uh, also some uh, some general goofball news. And we try to stay up with a uh, most recently. We've been doing a lot of fast food news. You got any jalapeno? Um, works? I was eating jalapenos during the break. No jalapenos. Um, <laughs> no and we didn't discuss works. it much on the show, but um, I did. Uh, uh, I did take one for the team, and I did go have that uh, that that uh arby's diablo sandwich sort of thing i mentioned Ooh. that briefly but uh yeah it's uh anyway so uh yeah obdm you can join us at obdm pod we go uh live we do our shows live so they're live uh wednesdays at 7 p.m eastern you do the math uh because i'm not an eastern and i have to do it all the time or uh saturdays noon eastern again you do the math um obdm pod we stream live on twitch d live odyssey for and on saturdays places. Uh, saturdays you're live on the no agenda stream Saturdays, we are live on the No Agenda stream, and often you get bonus extra audio of Mike's empty room if he forgets to stop the stream on the No Agenda stream, which has happened <laughs> Don't a couple tell of people times. about that. We yeah. fixed that before anybody knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you want to hear six minutes of an empty room, there it is. So, yeah, it, it happens. Uh, um, yeah. Well, it, uh, yeah. That doesn't sound too good. All right. <laughs> I agree, uh, Alex. It's not great. I got a pirate radio set at the swap meet, so I will bring to this neighborhood a non-stop talk alternative. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Too bad there's only 24 hours in a day. Or is there? Oh, uh, yes. Let's thank some producers. Well, is this folks, Mike earlier I made anyway. some comments that were deemed insensitive by one of my key sponsors, Dale's Deadbug. Who pulled all his ads, coward. And I can't drum up any news sales since I'm stuck behind this microphone 24 hours a day. So, I have been forced to sell the station to Mexican interests. Viva la revolución, Octavio. Buenos días, amigos. Presentamos el rey de la polca, Flaco Jiménez, con el bolón pimpón. So as previously discussed, uh, Bags, big shout out to Bags for the show art. He keeps doing, he keeps outdoing himself. It's crazy. Um, and he's at Bags Draws on Instagram. He's, I believe he's taking commissions. He's, uh, I mean, he's the best. He's my, he's the best, uh, of the best, I think. Legend and love. I've been on a dribble kick art, dribble art kick, I guess would be the better phrasing for that. So yeah, um, and then, of course, Booberry, who should be here any moment, also producing because he's recording a backup, which is always very helpful. Yes. We have who two... the hell is Booberry? Booberry yeah, wants some action. Guy? We have uh, two financial donors of the uh, of the podcast today. Starting with, if I can pull it up because I'm an idiot. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Shit. Oh, fuck. Shit. Okay, here we go. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Coming in from Trundlebed. 
And he leaves a note, comes in with $13.37. He says, good show, old chap. Thanks for shitting my ass. <laughs> Trundle bed on OBDM Disco. Piss. So he's a piss army guy, too. Uh, so thank you, Trundle bed. Be uh, an associate executive producer. And I need to come up with maybe a shrine on the website for this next donation or something to that effect because blowing the previous record out of, well, not blowing out of the water, but beating Darren O'Neill's previous record of a hundred dollar donation on our hundredth show, which is the show when we finally set up a donation page, beating that record is Sir Mittens of a world distant. Oh, Earl Mittens. I'm sorry. Earl Mittens of a world distant. Uh, me and him been texting back and forth recently. He's a good guy. Good dude. He said uh, no note this time, but he donated one, two, three, four, five, one hundred twenty-three dollars and forty-five cents. So thank you. That's uh, that's huge. I'm a. I need to. I need to get the biggest donor of all time shrine set up as its own page on the website. I think I'm gonna have to do that. Put all their links there. Anyway, but yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, that's the producer segment. And big thanks. And uh, we're on the No Agenda stream broadcasting right now but typically we're at podtard.com all times all places all over the place uh one or two shows a week always at random times based on the guest but i try to go live at 4 p.m eastern every wednesday and uh is it just me here am i talking to myself no i got you oh i i like money yeah i like money though are you ready That's to rock the, uh... <laughs> how you doing boobs I'm good. I'm good. Uh, hell of an intro starting out there. That was, uh, probably oh, thank you. one of your best. I mean, all aboard the hype train. Choo choo. I put, uh, I put a couple plums and peaches in there. <laughs> plums are peaches and peaches are plums. <laughs> I like Mike saying that better than I like some momo Hell yeah. Well, good show so far. Really enjoying it. Uh, lots of stuff to sit here and digest, chew on. Yes. Yes. Uh, thanks for joining. And I believe our other guest might be here soon. I don't know. I don't even know what's happening anymore. I don't even know what's going on, uh, man. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, anyway, Boops, uh, did you have anything you wanted to talk about as far as this stuff goes? I know uh, I think you've been listening most of the time, so you probably have some thoughts. Um, well, I, uh, it just makes me remember the trip to Columbine that we took right after the, um, after that Columbine shooting happened, we were going to school maybe half an hour away at the time. Uh, of course I was in elementary school and not in high school, but, uh, my dad actually printed up the memorial banners for the Columbine massacre. So he went to go, uh, check out where they had hung them and, and, and whatnot. And yeah, it was, it's a, it's a tragic event. I was actually talking to him about it it's, uh, when I was visiting a couple of weeks ago. He was telling me stories of like, you know, they, they would have the, the most popular girl in school there. They, her vehicle, which was still parked the day that, uh, it was still parked in the same spot from the day that it happened. I think we maybe went like two weeks after the fact. And, you know, there's all of these memorials and heartfelt messages and pictures posted up around the, the popular girl's car. And meanwhile, all the other, Nobody's that uh, had ended up getting shot. There was nothing for him. People had just forgotten him. But uh, what I remember the most is I learned what those little the the steel wire grids that you see in windows. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the anti uh, break in security measure. 
You see all those uh, crisscrossed wires embedded in like inside in glass. the glass. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I just remember being uh, naturally it was in high, uh, elementary school, like I said, and just freaking the fuck out because the shooting took place. You know, not even fifteen twenty miles out. And uh, the teacher was trying to calm down the classroom, and, and that's when she explained that, oh yeah, you know, there's all this steel wire in the windows. There's no, there's no way anybody could ever get through this. You're, you're safe. It's a, it's safe and effective. <laughs> safe and effective. Yeah. yeah. And, and that kind of reminds me of the, uh, like the masks, the meme of the mask being compared, the mask blocking COVID. The meme was like, uh. Like a mis- it blocks it as well as a mosquito going through chicken wire. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's kind of what I guess it's not. It's a little st- sturdier than chicken wire what they use in the glass. But about a year and a half ago, I was visiting uh, some some relatives in the Northwest, and they had you know most of the Northwest was on fire as they do every year because in order to save the planet, they don't do any sort of forest mitigation anymore. And then all it takes is you know one lightning strike or whatever, and the entire place gets set on fire. But this was during COVID and people were wearing masks and, and they made some comment on the news about how um, going outside with just your mask on because of all the smoke is not safe. The smoke particulates will get in. You can get that in your lungs and all that stuff. Uh, and I, and I pointed out to him, I said, yeah. And do you think what's, what do you think is larger, a smoke particulate or a virus? So why are we wearing these masks again? And they were like, but, but the man on the TV says, yep. Stop thinking. Damn you. We don't like. It's like if you're ever wearing a mask and you and you walk past somebody who's smoking a cigarette and you can smell it through the mask. It's like, okay, think about it. I make it a I make it a mm. point of a, a a point that I'm always always trying to hit where I I take my cigarette smoke and I blow it directly in someone's face that's wearing a mask. I thought you were gonna say that you smoke behind the mask and people can just see the smoke coming out anyway. So <laughs> that's what the people were doing with the vapes. I like those videos. Mm-hmm. Plums. How you yes. doing, Cretchen? Yes. Doing all right. Nice. Um, what? Chris, I was going to ask you on the on the on the intro uh, that you ran the intro mix. Um, was that is that one of your creations or, or where'd that come from? I used some CC BY royalty free music and just put a bunch of jammed a bunch of stuff. Layered all the clips in there. Okay, yeah. The the. This, I'm just glad I was muted because I'm muted during that as you were running that. Um, I'm glad I was because when you ran the sumo mo 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 part, but it was just Mike trying to translate it. Um, it cracked me up to no end. So you, it's if I was the sumo mo 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 mo, is Mike? Yeah, I, if I was live, you could have grabbed you could have grabbed the uh, the the ISO audio of that for another great big belly laugh. Which, by the way, still amuses me. You have that one in there too. So I have. Okay, well while I'm here, while we're talking about this, I probably should do. Both versions. I have two versions here. Plums are peaches, and peaches are peaches, and plums and peaches are both types of peaches. Then here's yeah, the was, second I, I, Wait, 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 wait. Let me translate yes. that into Japanese. Perfect Japanese. Okay. Sumomomomomomomomomomomo. <laughs> this is correct. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he takes another crack at it, even though I think he kind of nailed it the first time. But this time he, he starts off, and then he starts over again here. Plums... Plums are peaches and peaches are peaches. Plums and peaches are both types of peaches. Nailed it. Well, I'll give it up. He's supposed to be coming on any time now. So our another our other mystery I guest did, is midnight. I one. didn't know they were mystery guests because I spoiled him in the OBDM chat like three hours ago. So no, oh, I, I don't know. I was mainly doing that because <laughs> they aren't on the artwork for the episode, and I was like, well, shoot. 
Now Baggis has to fit two more names in there. I don't know how he's going to do it. Really fine print. Get a magnifying glass on your favorite podcast was, was, app. I, I, I did check when I, saw the, when I saw the second one. I was like, did he just make my name smaller? Is that all he did? <laughs> but, no. uh, you just put it on the back side of the art. <laughs> written in in pencil. Yeah. Yeah, close enough. And also... Well, while uh, we're waiting on Mike to see the bat signal, um, I mean, really, all I have left is Vegas, but it's a lot. It's like everything we've already covered combined as far as clips. And, and you said you do want to stay away from uh, um, what's Connecticut, uh, whatever yeah. it's called. Yes. Uh, well, okay. I mean, we could. I don't want. I just don't. I I have stuff on that, but I want to really get that one right. So I'm going to do that later on, uh, probably with Dean Reiner, I think, and maybe somebody else. Is that one? That's one of those ones that's so verboten that uh, I really want to make sure I do that one. Justice. No, I think I think that's fair. Uh, it's also you have to be because that one is so um, uh, I don't know what uh, prickly to start looking into for yeah. all the conspiratorial reasons as well as the political reasons um, that you want to make sure that you're you're giving it appropriate uh, appropriate attention, I guess. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, for. For pretty much all the interviews uh, with that I watched, and all the news clips and everything about the shootings, like the top comment is always "Welcome to the, welcome to the CIA, FBI watch list, lads." Or like, I've watched this too many times. I'm on a watch list now. I was like, oh, well, luckily I was already on a watch list. So I was going to say, if you put the if you put those two words "Sandy Hook" in the episode title when you do that one, you, yeah, you're on a list <laughs> for sure. Sandy Hook yes. fake. Yeah, just put those three words on there. You're done. <laughs> you know what? I've had it'll enough of this digital life. I think I'm going to take my It'll come up exit. when you're like applying for a job in three years. They'll be like, oh, yeah, so. So you don't understand. I'm a comedic crisis actor. So could you explain uh, what podtar.com is to us, please? <laughs> uh, it's uh it's the live you, extension of shitmyass.com. Yeah, I, say, I, I know you, your email address is uh, is a uh, Big old dildo at shitmyass.com. Did you want to maybe update that to uh, something a little more <laughs> more friendly? But yeah. fuck, fuck, fuck dot com was like thirty or uh, yeah three thousand dollars, and fuck dot com was like tens of thousands of dollars for the domain. Hmm. I got shit my ass for seven dollars. <laughs> That's cheaper than normal. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm guilty of that myself of, of buying a bunch of random ass domains and redirecting them back to things um, as things come up because it's like, eh, it's 10 bucks, whatever. Screw it. I'll do it. But does yeah. uh, Bigfoot took my virginity still go to OBDM? Bigfoot, Bigfoot took. I, I don't know. I think we, I think we, we, we I think we let uh, given me a knobber dot net. Let that one go. Dot <laughs> net. Uh com was just uh, already taken, I guess. <laughs> That's always also get, the amusing I, thing. You, you go look you up get, some of these domains as a joke domain, and someone's already got it. You're like, what the hell? You, uh, you could do uh, give it to me a knobber dot biz <laughs> <laughs> dot edu. What's it take to get a dot edu? Uh, that is actually a very that's a very difficult one because I, as a, as part of a joke thing, I looked into that a while ago. Um, it's run by an organization that, like, through the Department of Education, like, co-runs it with a group called, oh, what the hell are they called? Education. It's, there's some, like, non-profit that's a big, like, think tank that kind of, 
uh, Department of Commerce, I think maybe is part of that. I don't know. So it's, it would it would be hard for like a racist site like Stormfront to get the domain. The Christchurch shooter was awesome. Edu probably not too easy. Getting .edu and like in the in the UK, getting like ac.uk and a bunch of other ones. It's it's like getting .gov. It's like you can't just just drop in on that one. I would love a .gov. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Give me a knobber .gov. <laughs> Give, giving me a knobber .you and me. <laughs> wow. <this> is... <laughs> look how thick bring, that is. Bring up my yeah. Look how, look we'll how thick start, it is .gov. We'll just start doing OBDM until Mike shows up. I wonder. We're going to do your hmm. show until you show up. Could you get look how thick that is .gov. <laughs> Now, four could inches I, thick .edu could make sense. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Look oh. at the size of that education. Who wishes to kneel before me? Um, all right. Well, I think we should start in on Vegas, If uh, unless anybody else has any other plans. We could talk about websites all day. <laughs> uh, all, in, all in favor? I'm game. All opposed? No, the motion passes. All right. Uh, this I, this one is uh, Teen Vogue the day after the shooting. Just as I got a couple. Wait, wait. Back, Teen rather. Vogue is where you're getting your news from. <laughs> this is good. This is, how, how this was report, the coverage on Tiger Beat? <laughs> this report is right for all the wrong reasons here. Early this morning, a mass shooting took place in Las Vegas. Oh, totally, right right you guys! Right off the bat, uh, does t- between ten and eleven p.m. qualify? As early this morning, when you're reporting on it the next day? Look, you guys, this was totally a bad thing. We can't have this. I I don't understand why she says early this morning when it was between 10 and 11. And it's not like uh, even it's on the, you know, it's in West Coast time. So it's not like it could be a time difference thing either. Oh, she's not good at she she, she, public school and she's young and she never understood the AM PM thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> Early this morning, a mass shooting took place in Las Vegas with at least 50 people confirmed dead and hundreds more injured. Hey there. I'm Brittany McNamara. Hey and there. this is your oh. take. Hey shots there. were fired at a country Hello. music festival taking place Hi. in Las Vegas. Reportedly, <laughs> the shooter fired from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino while victims were across the street on festival grounds. Las Vegas Sheriff Joseph Lombardo initially called the shooter a lone wolf type actor. The same was said about Omar Mateen, the ISIS Before he was handed a card. the Pulse nightclub shooting last year. Dylan Roof, who murdered nine people in Charleston, was also called a lone wolf. So was the shooter in Aurora and Sandy Hook and Planned Parenthood. Using the term lone wolf is problematic for a number of no. reasons. First off, it looks Sorry, better for police and officials. It's harder to catch a lone wolf that springs out of nowhere than it is to stop a shooter with roots in ISIS or a white supremacist group. Second, it makes the public feel better. Rather than think that there are secret groups out there plotting these horrible attacks, it's easier to believe that these were spontaneous and that there's nothing that could have been done to prevent them. Here's the thing, though. Mass shooters don't emerge from vacuums. The Las Vegas sheriff stated that it was too early to call the attack like physically? on the terrorism. <laughs> I got, I got like my Kirby shop back. <laughs> And and uh, I was just vacuuming, and Dylan Roof just popped out. Yeah, the guy just came out of the vacuum. I had to duck and cover. Look out, there he is. 
Good lord. You need, to, you need to try that again, but with the gunshots on top of the vacuum. I don't know if I can stack all those. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's exactly how it happens. These horrible attacks, actual audio from the event. These were spontaneous. <laughs> and that there's nothing that could have been done to prevent them. Here's the thing, though. Mass shooters don't emerge from vacuums. The Las Vegas sheriff stated that it was too early to call the attack on the strip terrorism. It was late. Because they don't know the shooter's belief system. So many times we conflate terrorism with religion, but there are many other sources of radicalization. That's why it's important that we look at the potential roots of why people do this. Whether that be white nationalism, white supremacy, misogyny, homophobia, or transphobia. She left out one big one that you guys cover a lot on OBDM. Fast food inspired terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that guy in Australia that went on a rampage with his car after they told him the ice cream machine was broke or something? Right. Yep. He went tore out. Yep. It did donuts. It did donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Transphobia, especially given the high statistics about gun violence in this country. Wait, wait, are they? Is, is she implying that if you are transphobic, you're a terrorist? Like, is she equating those two things? It's usually, how she's it kind is. of implying it, but she's saying that like uh, shooters are, come from like transphobia could be a root cause of shooters. I don't think she's saying all shooters are transphobic. No, 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 but, but it sounds like she says if you're transphobic, you are now a terrorist on the same level as any of these guys. Oh, let That's me back. And the only other thing she equated to was ISIS and white supremacist groups. So she's put those homophobic, homopho- and I think sexism. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the all the phobias now are exactly the same as ISIS. So too early to call the attack on the strip terrorism because they don't know the shooter's belief system. So many times we conflate terrorism with religion, but there are many other sources of radicalization. That's why it's important that we look at the potential roots of why people do this. Whether that be white nationalism, white supremacy, misogyny, homophobia, or transphobia, mm-hmm. especially given the high statistics about gun violence in this country, yeah, you're right. the sooner we do, the sooner we'll realize that these lone wolves aren't actually alone. It's weird how she says it's a problematic term, but then she keeps on saying it. It's like, follow your well, own rules, lady. Yeah. Who's it problematic to? The wolves that don't like it? <laughs> it's wolfist. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. wolfist. <laughs> yeah, like I said, sorry, Spencer. Can't can't say wolf anymore. No, it's not a good one. Spencer on it. He could do it. He can do it IRL. Uh, all right, I'll just go. That Teen Vogue one didn't give you much... <laughs> Nice. Just go through the CNN. Uh, I believe this is the day after. Oh, that was a good one. I'm trying to find a stereotypical one, but go ahead. Uh, this is CNN the day after. Just as a backgrounder for you know what the timeline and story was on Vegas. At least fifty-eight people now dead. More than five hundred people wounded in a horrific shooting on the Las Vegas Strip. It's the deadliest mass shooting in modern United States history. Police say a 64-year-old Nevada man, you see his picture there, named Stephen Paddock, opened fire last night on a country music festival. He opened fire from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel across the street from the concert hall. Police say he was armed with at least 10 rifles from that vantage point. Country music star Jason Aldean was playing for thousands of fans, 22,000 fans, just after 10 p.m., Last night, Sunday night, when the gunman began unloading hundreds of rounds into the crowd. Ooh, unloading. A concert goer captured the video of that moment. We need to warn you, of course. It's extremely upsetting, both to watch and to hear. 
That wasn't me stopping the music because of potential copyright strikes. Or was it? Some at the concert right. thought it was fire. I was just going to say real quick, uh, right before the music cuts out, the tone changes and there's some overlapping, so either it's a perfect echo or it's a second shooter. Yeah, there is... It sounds like three or four shooters, but you could argue that it's echoing because, like, it's similar bursts a lot most of the time. There are anomalies where it's like, mm-hmm. and then and then the echo will sound like, but a lot of it's like the same amount of bursts at once. And well, then the, the, cha- far away. The, the change in pitch and the fact that it's overlapping means either e- a it's an echo or b is a second second shoot. So yeah, it sound it definitely sounds like uh, multiple shooters. Some of it can for sure be explained away by echoes, but I don't think. I don't think all of it can. Well, that's not the weirdest part, but yeah, continue with the uh, CNN truthness. Some at the concert thought it was firecrackers. Some thought it was something wrong with the audio. They say it took them just a few moments to realize what was happening. And there was a sound like it was pyro, like it was pyro misfiring. It's like, why was it? Why, why is there pyrotechnics going off now? It was like, T-t-t-t-t-t. And then a few minutes later, a few seconds later, and when it didn't stop, we all realized what was happening. And, and the sound, um, not only was it the sound, but it was also the shells that were actually coming down, bullets coming down on the deck of the stage. The eyewitnesses say the gunshots continued for 10, perhaps 15 minutes. Fans describe utter chaos in those moments. Panicked people desperately running for their lives, trying to find some place to hide. But the gunmen just kept shooting from the broken window. You can see in the picture there, that's floor 32 of the Mandalay Bay. Law enforcement finally able to break into that hotel room using explosives on the door. Police found the shooter dead, presumably of a self-inflicted wound. Presumably. Police say they believe he was working alone. The FBI just moments ago saying no connection has been found between the gunmen and any international terrorist group. President Trump spoke a short time ago calling this an act, quote, of pure evil and saying so many families now just shattered. Hundreds of our fellow citizens are now mourning the sudden loss of a loved one, a parent, a child, a brother or sister. We cannot fathom their pain. We cannot imagine their loss. To the families of the victims, we are praying for you and we are here for you. The president also said he will visit Las Vegas on Wednesday. These people are crazy. Yes, I agree. Uh, so that's just, you know, typical background or two, nothing, nothing too much out of the ordinary there. I will say what's interesting to me is they did not, I don't know who was reading that one on CNN. It was not one of the normal people. Uh, it was, it was also not hyped up or overproduced. I mean, that guy was just straight up like, here's what we know. I was like, well, so that was actually somewhat impressive of them to like actually just do, do the news. Yeah, uh, NBC kind of did shocking. Wow, yeah, the news doing the news. That's what. That's why I think it's remarkable because CNN is like they. That's not what they do now. They do these punditry shows and these discussions, and we have on seven people to yak about whatever. But this guy was just like, I'm just here's wow. I, I, I've just been handed a sheet, and I'm going to read this. It's like, all right, we are the first. It's not about the credit. It's about I'm spitting this information out at you fast because there's a lot of it, and it's life saving. Yes, it's uh, NBC. 
At 11.20, an hour and 12 minutes after the shooting began, the SWAT team busted into the gunman's hotel room. Busted. All units on the 32nd floor, SWAT has explosive breach. Everyone in the hallway needs to move back. All units move back. I hope I hope in Paddock's room, like, he was listening to You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys when they came in. The Just listen to the, to the Music Man soundtrack. <laughs> oh, my God, the Music Man. The, the original or the one with Matthew Broderick? No, the one with Rex Harrison. Is that Rex Harrison? Who's in Music Man? I don't know. Okay. That's like a that's like a Christopher Plummer. G- Crap! Now I got to look it up. Thanks a lot. Is, isn't the Music Man like the original, like in the like Mary Poppins era? Yeah, yeah, it was in the early '60s. But was it? I want to say Rex Harrison or uh, it wasn't Rex was it? Tillerson, I guess. Robert Preston. Here, I had to look it up. Damn it! Thanks a lot. Anyway, sorry. Steve- what has exposed? <laughs> sorry. I was going to say, Stephen Paddock would know, but... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> he was allegedly found dead. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to keep thinking on what it would have been funny for him to be listening to during this. Um, Yeah, nothing's coming to mind. Four, squad has explosive breach. Everyone in the hallway needs to move back. All units move back. Breach, breach, breach. <laughs> Inside, they found 64-year-old Stephen Paddock dead. The sheriff says he killed himself. Authorities initially sought Paddock's girlfriend, Mary Lou Danley, but quickly learned she was out of the country, saying she was not a suspect. Right now, we believe he is the sole aggressor at this point, and the scene is static. Law enforcement officials believe Paddock fired out of two adjoining rooms using a device similar to a hammer to smash the windows. What would that like a hammer? <laughs> Like a ball peen hammer? We're talking claw hammer? <laughs> it's, a, it's a dead blow hammer. He didn't want to do any damage to the window. <laughs> he went to the big old he, he rubber mallet. The, uh, <laughs> he stopped by the uh, the Marriott ca- uh, Casino Aquarium and picked up a hammerhead shark and brought it up there. Rooms using a device similar to a hammer to smash the windows. Actually, you know what I think about it? What they could be meaning is the one you use for uh, breaking the window in your car, which is a, I don't know what it's called, like an escape hammer or something, but it has that, that piece of... Um, Shit, what's the stuff at the end of it? Because it it breaks the glass. You know what I'm like talking the, about. So it's like those like the ha- the emergency hammers where like uh, this isn't what the sign says, but it's a hammer behind glass and it's basically break glass in case of needing to break glass. In case you of, get to case this hammer of and break other break glass. glass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's where the breaking glass hammer is behind the glass you need to break. And uh, I, I think to answer <laughs> Cretchen's question at what's at the end of the, this dude's hammer, I think it's called the suspension of disbelief. Uh, you know what's that material? It's it's because you can use the broken porcelain from a um from a spark plug and it'll shatter car windows just by flicking it at it. But you can hit a you can hit a car window all day long with a with an actual hammer and not break it because of the way the safety glass is put together. But the um the the emergency hammers have that little. Gosh, I'll, I'll have to look it up. There's a little thing at the end. There's a type of type of material there that uh that is good for breaking glass. So that might be what they mean. Why they don't just call it a hammer? I don't know. It's the refined obsidian stone from Minecraft. Maybe he was using a hammer in tandem with it, so he like put the put the device there with the hammer and then knocked it into it. Well, one of the one of the things about this, I'm sure we'll get into, but one of the things about this whole case is that the windows in high rises are built in such a way that they don't just shatter. Um, and even if he opened up with uh, a semi-automatic rifle from behind, he's going to put holes in the window, but it's not going to blow out and completely shatter like that because that's how they're designed. Uh, um, you know, in high rises, so they don't, because generally they're floor to ceiling and they don't want people to like bump against it and just go out the window. 
or throw so something that's one like of the a weird TV things. or a, a furniture out well, the yeah, window. Well, yeah, in either. Vegas, it's somebody getting really drunk and throw a TV, yeah. furniture, their spouse, the one of the prostitutes they hired, you know, whatever it is, they don't want the going out the window. If if windows were breakable, especially in a place like Vegas, you would hear about windows breaking all the time with stuff getting tossed out of them. But it doesn't happen because they're 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 built in such a way to not provide for that. So that is an odd aspect of this entire scenario is that window was like perfectly blown out around all all the way around all four sides so you had to sit there and really uh, knock at it well announce the shooting carve it out carve the window out like piece by piece manually just go watch that go watch that scene in die hard famously where bruce willis tosses the body through and he smashes at the window a laminated piece of safety glass he smashes at that with a chair and it does nothing he's like slowly cuts a, a hole in it sort of thing so yeah it's it's just odd and the when the BBC showed the picture reporting of it, the glass wasn't broken. And then later, when they were reporting it, only one window was broken. And then the next day, there were two windows broken. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, where did we leave off? Oh, the the hammer. They smashed the window. Sorry, sorry the, the thing that was kind of like a hammer. A hammer to smash the windows. Sorry. <laughs> uh, did, you ha- did you have a... It wasn't me. I didn't say nothing. Okay. Maybe it was, uh, and now I'm just hearing things. <laughs> the windows. Authorities say they found more than a dozen weapons inside those rooms. As the chaos unfolded, our team was actually staying in the Mandalay Bay Tower under lockdown. But they were already positioned? What? Yeah, our team was just hanging out in the building. Well, I mean, it's a huge hotel, so it's not. Yeah, I get it. But, uh, but you know, it is a little convenient. I did find photos, and there, yeah, it's it's two windows are blown out. Very strange. Yeah, but at first it was just one in the pictures I saw. BBC and BBC had none. I mean, it, you could say that they just had stock images of the building, and that's why well, they showed. Was it was, was it the no... BBC or was it CNN who ran footage of uh, of the towers um, or footage where they were saying the towers had already fallen when the towers were. Or, I'm sorry, the towers have fallen before they fell sort of things. Like, like 12 oh. minutes before they fell, they're like, yeah. Tower 7 has just fallen. Tower Seven's right behind them. It's like, yeah. uh, also, in the, the end of that NBC report, why did it take, going back to the Parkland thing, why did it take so long? It took him 72 minutes to get into his room. Now, it's a big hotel, so it's not as egregious as Parkland was, but it's still pretty egregious, especially when a security guard was shot before the shooting even started, and it took him 17 minutes, or seven, sorry, 72 minutes after the guard reported shots fired to get up to where the guard was. This well, morning, new information. Vegas it's hotels are, are, are no, no worries. It's just because there's a delay on your, when you're running through clean feed. Um, Vegas hotels are notorious for having all these cameras, so they would know exactly where the guy was, which is another one of the questions about this thing. So Yeah, and they'd have it hall to hall so they could follow you through the entire building. Mm-hmm. This morning, new information about the minutes leading up to the Las Vegas shooting. The sheriff now says six minutes before Stephen Paddock unleashed his fury of gunfire onto concert goers, he fired more than 200 rounds at a hotel security guard through his closed hotel room door. At 9.59 p.m., the unsuspecting guard responded to an alarm set off by an open door on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay, a room unrelated to Paddock Suite. The guard, Jesus Campos, is shot in the leg but survives, alerting others of the gunman's location. 
We immediately, upon being injured, uh, notified uh, security of his situation. At 10.05 p.m., Paddock begins to spray the crowd below with ammunition as police rush to stop him. So according to the sheriff's timeline here, they, he reported before Paddock even started shooting down at the crowd, he, the security guard was like shots fired up on the 32nd floor. Well, and so why did they did, not get did he say, up there for... Did he say 200 rounds through the door? Was that near the end did of the it, clip? No, it was in the, early in the clip when he said they responded to an alarm oh, unrelated yes. to Paddock's room. He shot so, over 200 rounds through the door at the security guard is the narrative. So if that's the case, let's just let's just use those numbers as 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 the truth. Two hundred rounds. Assuming he's using an AR platform, he's got a thirty round magazine. Let's just go with the most common options. So he went through seven magazines at this guy, um, and then the guy calls it in as, "Hey, there's a guy shooting. He's only hitting the leg once. Two hundred rounds of of five five six through a door is going to do a lot of damage. So just it's just not adding up. And then to your point, it, I would assume if anyone shot. Two rounds, let alone two hundred rounds, the cops would be there right away. I mean, if, if let's try it. You go to Vegas. You have a drunken <laughs> bender. You fire off a pistol in a, in one of the hotel rooms. How long do you think they're before they're they're kicking down your door and taking you to jail? Minutes, you know. Let Dude, alone two hundred rounds through a, the door into the hallway at a security guard. Come on now. I was at like a shitty, like the equivalent of a dive bar casino, Cherokee, with my buddy, and the security there was insane. We were both just recently twenty one. And so we're like, let's go out there. And, or maybe we were 22 and <clears throat> we got our IDs checked constantly. And then we would win. Uh, we must have had our IG, IDs checked 25 times. And especially when my buddy started winning on the slot machines and won a round of blackjack, then we were just getting ID'd constantly, even though they were giving us drinks and stuff. Um, th- th- and that's like a shitty little casino. This mm-hmm. idea that you can fire off 200 rounds and it'll take, uh, Vegas security and let alone the police. 72 minutes to get up to your room is insane. Can I run or ask a question of y'all? So Paddock is jumping across between two two rooms and he's got 10 rifles or so. Do you but think the rooms are connected to each other without him having to go in the hallway? Right. There's the, there's the door, the interconnect yeah. door, shared door or whatever. Would you be able to fire off hundreds of rounds from each rifle without burning something? Especially if you had multiple rifles, because they, you know, you, while one's overheated, you could mo- mo- switch to another other one and another one and another one. I don't think it would burn thing. I would smolder the carpet and probably melt the bedspread with hot hot brass, but it's not going to start fires. No, I, I, the, I, I uh, guess uh, I guess I didn't mean a fire. The pictures we saw there's a disturbing. But you, Sorry, but the, it would it would absolutely fill the entire place with um uh, with carbide smoke. So yeah, and with spent shells. I didn't see any spent shells in any of the photos. He was really disciplined at policing his brass. Just say. <laughs> he was Actually, gonna, he was going to refill them. <laughs> he, he could. He could honestly. I'm. I'm not going to go out on a limb here because it cost me about twenty bucks. He could have a brass catcher attached to his. Uh, um. Uh. To his. To his rifle to avoid exactly that. I mean, I do that when I go to the range just so I don't have shit banging all over the place. Uh. Put a little brass catcher on there. It picks it up nicely. It costs about twenty dollars. I'm just saying that is an option, but not if he's using 27 rifles simultaneously or whatever they said. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, over over 10 and then over a dozen, I think. Um, well, and I did one of the reports was, was like, 22? like 23 like... or something. <laughs> yes, 23. This is 24 hour gribble talk, serving the entire trial house area.
Uh, okay, so CBS is reporting on New York Times' new timeline because the timeline was constantly changing. Yeah. The FBI was like, oh, it's up to the sheriff. The sheriff's timeline changes like four or five just, times. Just, just like the science with COVID, right? Yeah, and then the New York Times analyzes all these videos, and then they come up with their own timeline that contradicts the other three timelines that are constantly in flow. We're getting Look. new insight into another mass shooting, the new attack science. in Las Vegas that killed 50. <laughs> the science is changing. <laughs> We're getting new insight into another mass shooting, the attack in Las Vegas that killed 58. The New York Times has developed a new timeline by piecing together evidence from videos taken at the scene. Here's Jamie Yukis. The New York Times investigation says the shooting started at 10.05, matching the investigator's timeline. And after some initial single shots, automatic gunfire can be heard with Jason Aldean on stage. So if he was just going to start mowing people down, why would he start with a couple single shots unless that was somebody getting taken out unrelated? Or related, uh, you know. one, one of the options would be if he's using a bump stock, it, it can take a minute to kind of get the, the, the pattern right to get that going. Okay. That's that could be what it is. He could I didn't have also realize had... bump stocks were actually that effective in turning in work in. Uh, I guess uh, or maybe is it you have to have the skill to know how to use a bump. It's stock not so much skill. It's about it's about holding the rifle the right way so that you're you're leaning into the uh, the recoil to have it push back and and react. It 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 takes a little bit of experience. So it may have been that sort of thing. It took him a minute to kind of get things okay uh, to yeah, get that things makes going. Sense. You can use your uh, belt Automat- loop too for one of those for a bump stock. Belt loop, a uh, string, a uh, shoelace, any any number of I- evil, dis- dis- disgusting devices out there. I, I will say real <laughs> quick that uh, one of my uh, uh, one of the guys that I've worked with in the past, he's he's very much into the gun legislation, just following what's been going on and whatnot. And uh, I remember a conversation that we had where he uh, he thought that Trump had done the most uh, the most to banned firearm accessories since uh bill clinton i think with the assault rifle ban right because you could you could make that argument because it was a non-legislative uh across the board ban of bump stocks based yep. on 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 here on uh one basically on, on one potential event um but it was written so broadly that it could be functionally people brought that up it could be banning shoelaces technically <laughs> no belt loop for you yeah <laughs> get used to velcro it, shoes and belts you bastard <laughs> Automatic gunfire can be heard with Jason Aldean on stage. But at 10.06 p.m., one minute into the attack, the Times says Stephen Paddock wounds Mandalay Bay security guard Jesus Campos in the hallway. This contradicts investigators' latest timeline, which said Paddock first shot Campos and then began to shoot into the crowd uninterrupted. The, and this, the, the problem with this is, yes, it's inconsistent, the timeline, so whether it was, you know, one minute before the shooting, Paddock gets shot with, you know, 200 rounds, or Paddock shoots 200 rounds through the door, wounding Campos. Whether it's one minute before the shooting, or one minute into the shooting, or six minutes into the shooting, whatever they kept going back and forth with. The fact is, whenever that happened at the beginning or before the shooting, Campos radioed in there was an active shooter on the 32nd floor. So it still doesn't explain why they never went up there until 72 minutes later. Yeah, a lot of lot of weird timing issues on this one. Yeah, it's like the the timing of when Campos allegedly got shot is almost irrelevant when you factor that in. Uh, but here's part two of the New York the CBS New York Times new timeline. 
What's unclear is why officers wouldn't arrive on the 31st floor for another two minutes and not until 1022 to the 32nd floor. Now, do you see what they did there? Wait, two, so of, two, two minutes and 1022, they, they, they give two different ways to track the time. When was so the what, call made? Uh, as soon as it's within seconds of him getting shot. But instead of saying, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how they phrase it. Cause instead of saying it took 72 minutes for them to get into Paddock's room, they say, why it, what's weird is why did it take another two minutes? And then another until 10, what was, what's this, unclear is I'm going to have to listen to this maybe a couple times because they, they phrase it in a way that makes you think that is weird. Why did it take two minutes when it was way longer than that? Yeah. What's unclear is why officers wouldn't arrive on the 31st floor for another two minutes and not until 1022 to the 32nd floor. I don't buy that they even were on the 32nd floor at 1022, but okay. I will say if if the timeline of about 1015 he started shooting, which I think was the number they gave, something like that. 1005. 1005. If they were from 1005 to 1022 to get a a SWAT team stacked up and and ready to breach is about right. You know, that's, that's what, 17 minutes, which is about what you'd expect. If someone said active shooter who's put 200 rounds in a door, you'd expect within about 15 minutes, there's a SWAT team there ready to go. Um, but it, it took like a year for them to present any body cam footage showing them. And we don't even know. There's, I don't even know if they're on the, in that footage that was released. I don't even know if that really is the 32nd floor. Yeah. Well, Why are they all that. standing around nonchalantly outside of Paddock's room and just like kind of chilling? Like nobody seems panicked in a lot of that footage. I don't know. It's weird. Do you think they're the Mandalay helicopter to get MBS off the roof? Ah, uh, there we go. Getting a little, you're getting a little ahead, but yes. Yeah. I think that's exactly uh, a, a very good idea of what was actually going on. What's unclear is why officers wouldn't arrive on the 31st floor for another two minutes and not until 1022 to the 32nd floor. Where are the cops at? A full seven minutes after the shooting started, taxi driver Corey Langdon questions why there are no officers or panic outside Mandalay Bay. Everybody's just standing around. More than three weeks after the shooting, there are still many unanswered questions. Like, what was Paddock's motivation? Why did he allegedly shoot himself? And why are there still so many questions about the timeline? Anthony, we reached out to the sheriff's office, who's the lead investigator in this case. They told us there's no investigative update at this time. Jamie Yukis with that still confusing Las Vegas timeline. <laughs> Understatement of the century. That's pretty confusing. Do you think That's the Mandalay weird. Bay is missing its 13th floor? Uh, most likely, actually, yeah, and that's a that's a valid point. That's still a suspicion in in high rises. They don't often don't have thirteen floors. 13, so he was really on the thirty first floor, or the thirty third. They don't know where the hell he was. It would it would be the thirty third floor, officially. Uh, wait, what? Wouldn't it be since they? Oh, because there is a thirteenth floor, but they skip the number, or they just don't. Which they just don't call it that. Yeah, there is a thirteenth floor. They just don't call it that. They, they call, call it. it 14th but do they floor. call it? They, they call it fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Usually that's what they do. They go twelve to fourteen. Yeah. And so then, so a, that means fourteen. Or is, do they? <laughs> that means fourteen. That means fourteen is really thirteen, which would mean the thirty-second floor is really the thirty-first. Uh, correct. Okay. No, I thought it was the other way around. It would, it would be it would be numbered the thirty-first, but it would still be the thirty-second, and then it gets weirder depending on, especially in casino things. Is like, is the casino like the ground level lobby? Le- you know, it gets real messy real quick. So, yeah. 
Well, let me backtrack here for a minute. Uh, the boys were on the case second Thursday of the week. This was the first Sunday, second show, first Sunday on no agenda after the Vegas shooting. Uh, but just backtracking to, uh, this is the week of. Uh, let me start with my premise. I don't think this guy shot a gun, let alone killed all those people. Well, that wasn't your premise on Thursday. It changed. Okay. okay. And I'll tell you why it changed. It, that things change. It changed because of the way this thing is unfolding. They can't find anything on this guy, but they will refuse. No, they refuse to say to, that maybe he didn't do it at all. No, they refuse to give us anything on this guy. I, I just like one CCTV tape. Come on, this is Vegas. This total bullcrap. There's no okay, there's cops that's where I'm everywhere. Gonna, that's where I'm, this where I'm, I'm bringing this up. Uh-huh. There's no tapes uh-huh. of who went in and out of that room. Oh. I'm very suspicious of the hero of the day. The, uh, the security guard? The security guard yeah. who has yet to appear on camera. Yep. Yeah, so he did appear on camera a while on later. Fucking after, Ellen. Uh, yeah. After leaving the country, he comes back and only does Ellen. And uh, I have clips of that before I do. I have a setup clip uh, for it. Uh, what was the guy's uh, name? Jose Shilarama, something like that? Jesus Campos. Never. Spelled Jesus. And he's also there with this guy, Steven Stuck, which is an engineer who looks like his handler, because during the whole Ellen show, he's patting him on the back and looking at him. I don't know. The whole thing is bizarre. But, uh, where were we? Okay. Uh, uh, maybe this, maybe this is it. How long is this bitch gonna? Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is them, uh, Tim Dillon telling Rogan about the Ellen interview. I figured this was a good way to lead into it. How long is this bitch gonna be? Dancing. I can dance with Hillary Clinton. What? I could do the Charleston with Henry Kissinger or whatever the fuck she does out there. The Charleston is out there. She, she, she goes out there to the Charleston. She's got war criminals. <laughs> Her and Bush are jumping around. I That's mean. That's right. She was buddies with Bush. That yeah, was like she's one of the a first CIA things. agent. <gasps> Stephen Paddock. And do not ask me for sources. But Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Paddock. Who's that? He was the guy that shot up the Vegas concert. That was a very tra- oh. tragic thing. Listen to this. The only guy that saw Stephen Paddock alive, his name is Jesus Campos. He was a guard at Mandalay Bay. He got interviewed nowhere else. You know where he got interviewed in the beginning? Ellen. Ellen. Really? Weird. And then they went on. If you could find that clip, they went on with a weird, like, diagram of how it happened. And Ellen's, like, showing the people how it happened. Not, like, an emotional, like, how are you feeling? How are you holding up? It was a weird diagram of, like, and then he went to the left and to the right. It was very strange to, look, what the hell's going on? And now Ellen is doing a doc- thing of, of how the shooting happened. Look how she's got, like, an antenna from someone's yeah. Buick that she's popped <laughs> up and she's using it as a pointer. But <laughs> why the hell is this happening on, like, a daytime show where <laughs> she did? This is weird. Where'd she get that pointer? I, I don't know. know. She Why stole don't... it off. She stole it off an intern's car. Why wouldn't you just use your finger? Yeah. All yeah. Yeah. This is also a giant uh, screen behind her, so they could have just put it on that screen. So, but oh, she's using screen. this thing. I find it very strange. I don't know why. Wait a minute. Those aren't real palm trees. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, not to get off on a tangent here, but the palm trees on Ellen's set, and then the blue and white stripes combined looks exactly. Like Jeffrey Epstein's oh, the Epstein Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? I will say that the Q crazies love that. They went crazy over that. Rogan's joke about the car antennas, the same thing a professor said to me in college when I was doing a presentation. And the presentation yeah. was literally a bunch of stuff written on the whiteboard. And I had one of those little pens that could extend into a pointer that I thought yeah. was so cool. And as I start that, he goes, did you snap a car antenna off of somebody's car in the parking lot? And it's like, just derailed my entire presentation. Uh 
I, those are cool. I've always loved those. But they, they, actually, he's right. To, That's what it looks like. So <laughs> to his point, or I guess it was Tim Dillon that said it. He stole it off an intern's car. Yeah. Uh, when my my antenna snapped off one of my old cars, I don't remember what caused it. Um, just weather damage or something. And I saw it laying in the driveway. Or it might have been hail when I lived in Ohio. Something stupid. It was all bent, and I ended up snapping it off and keeping it for exactly that purpose. So like, I had a, I had a car years ago. Not to go off on too much of a tangent on your tangent. I had a car years ago that had one of those um, powered antennas. You turn the radio on, it goes, it goes up and down. And as it, like a G, I was always very careful to like make sure that was down before I pull in the garage. I was paranoid that that thing was going to get hit on something because it was it was mechanical and went up and down, right? Uh, motorized. Um, and I'm like a genius. I went through the car wash with it once and just, I watched in slow motion as that thing, the, like the beater bar goes back towards the back of the yeah. car. And I was like, <laughs> I was thinking, Oh, I'll turn off the radio. And my brain says, dude, there's no way that you, you hit that radio button in the next 13 milliseconds that that antenna gets anywhere low, low enough for that. And then I just like, yeah, screw it. And just watch it go bang and just bent the crap and snap that thing right off in the car wash. Uh-huh. Damn it. <laughs> Cost like 120 bucks from Nissan to get that fixed. I mean, just the part. Damn. I replaced it myself, but just the part, because it's a motorized thing. You have, like, the whole assembly, all this crap. Oh, it's in the ass. So, anyway, tangent on tangent. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, I'm going to skip a couple of these clips, because it's it's just a backgrounder of, like, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe this is important. Let me see. I don't remember. By the way, I'm digging, Campos, digging for man. stuff on Jesus Campos right now, and apparently he was, like, do you have stuff on, like, him being given, like, a suite at the hotel and all that stuff? Yeah, and they gave him, like, a $25,000 check to charity. Uh, which is, I don't know, that, like but... on Ellen, like a, one of those big checks. Oh no, uh, I'm, he... I'm just talking about like what happened to him after the fact because he came out on Ellen, came out on Ellen, he came out on the Ellen Show. Damn it, I'm not use that phrase right. He showed up on the Ellen Show, uh, and then like disappeared into nowhere land. And so I'm trying to find out where what's up, what's been up with him since then. Probably died of COVID or something. What was this dude's name? Jesus Campos, spelled Jesus. Jesus Campos. Uh, while you're looking at that, I'm going to, I'm going to see if this clip is important. I can't remember. Jesus Campos, the Mandalay Bay security officer who was Las Vegas shooter Stephen Paddock's first victim, describing that deadly night for the first time on the Ellen DeGeneres show airing today. Campos telling the talk show host that he was sent to investigate a door alarm on the 32nd floor, finding the interior doors to the stairwell drilled shut. So now that he was, now he's back to being the first victim. Now that they kind of fixed the timeline a little bit on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Uh, but yeah, this is where Tim Dillon and Rogan were Wait, talking about where. I never heard about the doors to the stairs being shut. Yeah, they're like, like drilled in. Interesting. Now this is weird. This, uh, I just pulled two clips from the Ellen interview, but it's eight minutes long, roughly. The whole segment with, uh, Steven Stuck and Jesus Campos, the guard. And they spend like six minutes of the whole interview going over the timeline. And like, with like, Ellen's got, you know, this weird button up, like, military jacket on. And she's using the pointer. And it's like, so you went through here. And it was what time? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, the whole, let's, let's, the whole, yeah. Let's make sure we get this clear for, for the record. So, yeah. yeah. And then came back through the hallway. Um, uh, and then I approached the room, got into the door. Uh, there was a metal bracket holding the door in place. Right. So what we're talking about here, just the hotel room where, where the shooter was, this is the stairway, where, and this door here was blocked, and you didn't know that till you came up in the, in, through the elevator and went through this door and saw that there was something blocking that door. And, and when you saw that, did you think, that's weird, why would somebody put brackets on a door? Yeah, that, that's just uh, out of the ordinary. That was the normal. beginning? Yeah. Okay. And then you walk out of this, and this just 
slammed? Um, well, when I was in between that area, I was calling uh, security dispatch to get transferred to engineering. Uh, they didn't know anything about it, so uh, they dispatched an engineer to uh, go uh, verify what that was. Um, That's when you got called? Yes. Okay. And that was Stephen Stuck saying yes. And at that time, I heard uh, what I assumed it was drilling sounds. And I I believe that they were in the area working somehow. So you thought the drilling, they were gunshots, but you thought it was just drilling sounds. What? That's not two things you could easily confuse, right? Or am I wrong? Well, if it's a if it's a masonry hammer drill, maybe. Um, also, if this guy's an idiot, then maybe. So. Really, <laughs> they were gunshots, but you thought it was just drilling sounds. At first, uh, I think it was just drilling sounds. Right. So then, at what point did you get shot? What happens here? Um, as that door's closing and it's so heavy, uh, it'll it'll slam. I'm walking down this way, and I believe that's what. Um, caught uh, the shooter's attention. Um, as I was walking down, um, I heard rapid fire. And at first, I, I took cover. I felt a burning sensation. I went to go lift my pant leg up, and I saw the blood. That's when I called it in on my radio that shots have been fired. And I was going to say that I was hit. But I uh, got all over my cell phone just to clear that radio traffic for they can coordinate uh, the the rest of the call. So so it so he shot. You didn't even know he shot through this door, right? Yeah, from behind the door. Apparently, two hundred times. Yeah, uh, and then the burning. I don't know. When you get shot, does it feel like a burning sensation on your leg? I guess it could. I, I sounds my my impression like is he was not actually shot. He got the ricochet, but. Or like chunks of the door hit him or something. Yeah, I, yeah, so, yeah, I got hit with some secondary. Yeah, my guess. Uh, so I here's the second clip I pulled from that, and uh, you know, they, she's like, "Well, you're heroes," and then the crowd applauds. And... Oh, I don't know. If, I might have mentioned it already, but Stephen Stuck is like looking right at. I don't know. He maybe he's just an odd personality type, but I found it odd how he kept patting. I don't know. He, it felt like a handler relationship the way he was continuously patting uh, Jesus's back the whole time. Mm. Very strange. But anyway, yeah, last clip I have from Ellen. I know, first of all, you know, thank you so much for being here. And, and I know that you've had so many people asking for you to tell the story and to talk about this. And I understand your reluctance because you just want this to be over. So you're talking about it now and then you're not going to talk about it again. Right. Right? You're not going to talk about it again, right? Little bitch. That's so weird. <laughs> we have this picture of your daughter. See? See this picture? I'm just going to put this down over here so you don't forget. Shut we the know your fuck home address. This is where your photo of your grand, your, your uh, abuela's bed. You know where she sleeps. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And since Ellen's CIA and he, you know how he was out of the country for a while? Like, what if he fled because he knew too much, and then, like, he just gets an email with, like, an aerial satellite zoom-in of his house? <laughs> Come on, Ellen. <laughs> uh. Talk about this, and I understand your reluctance because you just want this to be over. So you're talking about it now, and then you're not going to talk about it again. And I don't blame you because why relive this over and over again? But it's uh -huh. helpful for people to understand what a hero you are because you being shot in the leg saved so many people's lives. And it they didn't spend, they, they spent 
six-eighths of the interview on the timeline and, like, a blueprint of the stairs he went up and the rooms he was around. If he was on there for people to know what a hero he is, why didn't they talk about that for most of the time? Yeah, the whole thing just kind of smells funny. Yeah. Especially Instead Ellen, of, of all things. It'd be one thing if you come back from your, your hiding out in Mexico and the CIA calls you down there on the, on the, uh, the, uh, on the house phone and just says, uh, here's a photo of, of your house or whatever it is, you know. I can see him doing like, all right, he's going to show up once on 60 minutes or once on, you know, whatever the wolf blitzer or something for one, one time or something. But Ellen, of all things, she's got to be a damage control agent. And she's, it's, it fits her MO because she's buddies with the, the Bushes, especially. Or maybe she's the only host of one of these shows that would play along with like whatever, um, uh, uh, limitations, whether it was the MGM group was going to put on it or, or whoever it was oh, who said, guess, we'll guess do this, but it, with the, the following. Who, MGM? Yeah. You know that really? Let's find out. Yeah. So that's another thing. It's like we, MGM owns the hotel and Ellen, <laughs> the show. I didn't know. Really? That's what I've heard. That's what I read. It's the name of her show. The Ellen Jenner show. show. Oh, yeah. wow, that took for her. Um, <laughs> very creative name. Owned by NBC Television Studios, Hearst Television, and Tegna. Who the hell is Tegna? Mm, look, MGM. That's what I read. It could be outdated information or I got got. Um, uh. Maybe I got got by the fake news. Well, it's not to say that one of them doesn't have some sort of affiliation that they called their, you know, their sister company or something like that. Yeah. I will have to uh, this further. I couldn't. Yeah. yeah, I probably read some. I don't. Fake. I don't discount that. That there's not some relationship there, and that's why. Because it does seem weird <clears throat> that of all things, it would be Ellen. Of all, you know. I mean, that's the sort of show you expect. Somebody comes out of like. Oh yeah, we had to rescue kids from a mine, and here's the story. We're gonna meet with the the two engineers who did it. You know, six months later. But this guy, his first ever interview, and his only, and the fact that she brings it up like that specifically, you're not gonna talk about it again, right? You know, it's like, Jim, gee, weird. Uh, okay, sorry, I'm uh talking to Mike, and I'm looking at this Ellen thing. See, Mandalay Bay is owned by MGM, right? Yeah. Sold to MGM Mirage in 20, 2005. Uh, sold by MGM. So it was MGM at the time. Does MGM have anything to do with NBC? NBC was GE for the longest time, but then it was Comcast bought NBC, I think, right? Looking for... Uh... There may be some tie there. It's hard to say. Oh, I didn't know this. General Electric used to own NBC. Oh, yeah, famously, yeah. Well, the more you learn. Uh, There was an Uh, MGM television group that was sold to Sony. No, that's different than the MGM Hotel. Ellen's production company, a very good production, is helmed by Jeff Kleeman. Prior to serving as the president of a very good production, Kleeman served as the executive vice president of production for MGM. Really? For MGM TV? Uh, Interesting. So there there is something of a tie there. All right. I, I, I don't also responsible that. for MGM's acquisition of leaving Las Vegas. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Uh, it goes, it's. Lehman still owns plenty of stock in MGM Holdings. I don't know. So it seems like the guy that's the head of one of Ellen's. 
Yeah, and that, and that could Ventures be it. Like, hey, also- we need to, we need to call this guy who we know, who we've worked with in the past, or a sister company. He'll he'll play along, and we can get these guys on the out on the air to say say what we want, sort of thing. Yeah. This article goes on and names more connections between Ellen and MGM, but uh, okay. Uh, anyways, I don't know. I it doesn't sound as concrete as what I had originally read. So. Well, no, I, I don't think it's as simple as that. That uh, the MGM hotel group, which or resorts group or whatever, which I think is separate from MGM TV. Um, I don't think it's simple that they straight up own the Ellen show, but if there is some sort of tie through a, a parent company or through somebody they worked with in the past, it would make sense that that's, that's where they went. Um, cause you know, darn well, if this guy's an MGM resorts employee, um, that they're going to want to keep everything in house as much as possible, as opposed right. to like, let's just put them on Wolf Blitzer for an hour and let them ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, here he is he, on he Info kept, Wars. <laughs> yeah. He, he had like, four or five scheduled like CNN, MSNBC type interviews. And he last minute canceled on all of them before he left the country. Yeah. Oh, before he left the country. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Cause then it was, cause it was like, you know, how long was he out of, anyway, I should have, I should know how long he was out of the country, but I know like like a week week or 10 days, something like that. It wasn't a long time, but it's enough that he disappeared for things to kind of quiet down a little bit. Yeah, I don't blame him. You saved Stephen's life. You saved that woman's life and who knows how many other people. And uh, so we just wanted to celebrate you. That's why you're here today, thank because you. we want to thank you for what you've done. Another thing that I forgot to mention in that first clip is when Campos says, I radioed in shots fired, but I wanted to clear the lines. So I didn't say that I was hit. I didn't say yeah, uh, weird. it's like, why would it really clear up the lines to go? I'm hit. Like he also uses strange language. Like he couldn't accurately describe what's going on. He keeps, keeps referring to things like drillings and brackets and things, which doesn't, I can understand hammering, you know, Lawrence O'Donnell stopped the hammering. Um, why you would say the, the door had been drilled. It sounds like more of the door had been screwed shut or something, but then he clearly uses the phrase as I take cover. I'm like, who says that? So just weird. He seemed very nervous, which, you know, you could read into why. He well, I 100 percent, I 100 percent would would buy that this guy had a uh, a meeting or seven with like, um, uh, uh, you know, like a, a media. What do you call it? Uh, somebody who kind of preps you to be on a show and how to respond to questions and things. So, yeah. Um, and, what's his name? Charlie Robinson used to be one of those guys, but I forget the forget the proper title of what that is. Yeah, it was where they talk, talk, you know, how a show works, how, you know, how you should respond, where you should look, um, how to answer like, questions. You know, prep questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when you meet with your attorneys before going, you know, they want to make sure that you're saying the right thing the right way. You're not hemming and hawing, like say David Hogg, which we just talked <laughs> yeah. about. He like wants to start himself over several times during an interview. And clearly this guy, <laughs> hold on. Like you said, uh, he was, can we get another take. Uh, hold on. <laughs> let me, let me take that back, please. <laughs> this is what you were saying. Remember, um, he, uh, um, was clearly nervous as you point out, which would make sense if this guy's not, he's not a, he's not media trained or anything like that, but he clearly had like, all right, this is how you're going to respond to those questions. And, and also guarantee, you know, all the questions were prearranged with Ellen. Here's the, the questions you can ask and here's what you can't ask. So, and then right after that Ellen DeGeneres episode, the media spin for the next several days was. That account seems to clarify weeks of confusion about the shooting's timeline. Oh, good. Wrap it up and put a little bow on it. Thanks, Ellen. What if instead (laughs) of photos of his house that that were shown to him, it was instead photos of his hard drive? (laughs) We can just implant anything. Didn't that happen to Paddock's brother? Or one of his family Uh, members? uh, His his hard drive went missing, yes. 
or something like that. Yeah. Oh, Paddock, Paddock's hard drive was missing from his room. Paddock's brother, not the one that had, did the 35 minute interview on CBS, like a couple, three days later, but the other Paddock's other brother, Patrick Paddock or something got busted on child porn. Mm-hmm, sure not too long after that. Yeah. Not to, not to send uh, us into that tangent. I was just, just wondering. Well, what do you, it's, it seemed like almost immediately after the shooting that the general conclusion by everyone who wasn't mainstream was Paddock was an arms dealer. Would you guys agree with that assessment? That he was or wasn't? I, I, was an arms dealer. There was definitely something weird going on, though it does raise questions. If you're going to do that sort of arms deal, why would you haul all that weaponry up to the 32nd floor? So. Um. Well, I mean, it worked. It would have he would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for the meddling bullets. He supposedly sprayed out the window. Yeah, <laughs> um, damn bullets. And, and unless that gets into the the MBS thing, and he was on the thirty second floor because I think it's the thirty third or thirty fourth floor is the start of the Four Seasons Hotel in the Mandalay Bay, and that's where MBS was staying. So I don't know, maybe going back to that same episode, uh, the Sunday right after the shooting on No Agenda. The guy is a gun runner. There's yeah. no question about it. Uh, arms dealer, that's what I said. Yes. I, a, better, a, a, a gun runner is different from arms dealer. Gun runner dealer. is different. Gun runner would be overseas running guns. No, yeah. he's an arms dealer. Arms dealer, yeah. I don't even know why I pulled that clip. I already just said all that. Okay, so uh Eric Paddock, one of his brothers, and I might be reading into this too much. You let me know. Uh he, This is a – I watched the whole 33, 35 minutes. This guy is bizarre for so many different reasons. Um, but this is, well, yeah, let's go. They're filming him like in front of his house by his car in his driveway, all these cameras. The brother of the Las Vegas shooter, Stephen Paddock, spoke to reporters just moments ago in Orlando. A word of caution, we understand there is some adult language being used here. Let's listen in. Taxes. Income. Deferment. Um, I, someone texted me first. He says, thank you. Whoever texted me is my truck. So. Uh. <laughs> So he's, he's all distraught and everything. Um, but then like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this guy, especially when you see the video as opposed to just the audio, but How's your mom supposedly steep. I'm sorry. How's your mom doing? She's okay. I mean, by the way, where's mom? <laughs> okay. By the way, where's Mike? That's a better question. By the way, where's Mike? The brown, oh, brown, brown can't make it. Mike says. He can't make it. Ooh. Well, if Mike can't make it, should we tag Lavish in real quick if he's available? If he's Depends around. how long you want to go with the show. You're on like hour four already. Yeah, I think we got maybe 20, 30 minutes left at most. <laughs> Not even that. I may, ha- I may have an out here coming up on the hour, depending. I'm waiting to hear back. Okay, no worries. Uh, well, then I'll power through. We don't, I mean, we don't, no need to add another person in the mix just for 20, 30 minutes anyway. Okay, I mean... I mean, do you want that kind of background uh, real quick about my mom? I mean, my mom was born in the Depression. She's had a tough life. Her husband was an asshole, a total asshole. All right, so skipping ahead here, keeping in mind that everybody seemed to think that Paddock was an arms dealer, uh, Steve's brother, listen to what he says here, and he if you see the video of it, as soon as he slips, he gets this completely panicked look on his face. And uh, kind of freezes up. You use the phrase "people genius." Do you think that he I'm, was? Once, I'm sorry. I mean, that's the thing I shouldn't have said. But that's what people are. I mean, that he's this, you know, 
but he's a highly intelligent. What I mean, there's absolutely no. And this is the other part that I want to stress with this: that it. I mean, it doesn't matter that they won't chase people, but people are saying, "Oh, he must have had help." Steve had no help. Steve didn't take help. It did not take a village for Steve. Steve was an arm. I'm sorry. Panic look. Please don't. I'm using a colloquial. T- I was about to use a colloquial. I'll play that again because also he says, "Oh, I'm sorry." Big eyes, and then he says, please don't. Like, he's going to say, please don't air that. Take help. It did not take a village for Steve. Steve was an arm. I'm sorry. I know what he's going to say. Please I'll, I'll tell don't. you a minute here. I'm using a colloquial. T- I was about to use a colloquial term that would besmudge one of the armed forces. Army of one? Steve was Army a of one, yep. standalone yep. guy. Okay. Steve, if... If you wanted to hang out with Steve, you hung out with Steve, but you had to understand Steve was a little quirky. Yeah, Army of One. That, I first heard that, and I was like, ooh, arms dealer. And then later on, I was like, mm, Army of One? Mm. But I think, why why react that? Why why act like a, a you know, scared possum when you say Army of One, when you're about to say Well, I, I think what he was, his point was, and not that he was going to besmudge, which is not a term, but besmirch was what he meant. Um, the, the, the U S army, what he meant was more of if he uses that colloquialism, which is true, um, and refers to this guy as being very independent. It doesn't take a village. You know, it's not what that means either, but, uh, he doesn't, he, he does, he's very, you know, does his own thing. Uh, he's completely capable of doing whatever he wants without help. He's an army of one. It immediately turns it to clearly he is a military trained, uh, um, uh, you know, person who has all these skills and things. And so they would immediately go off on that tangent, which is probably what he meant there. So it also make him transphobic. Yeah. The lone wolf. You're right. He'd be a lone <laughs> wolf. He'd be, he'd be misogynistic and transphobic and, and uh, sexist and, and sexist. Uh, Come and on, he'd brother. be a member of ISIS. <laughs> Where's all this information now, I, at, man? <laughs> now, what I don't understand uh, is, well, there's a couple of problems with his story, but why is he saying constantly, like, I just can't believe Steve would, have done, would ever do this. This is not the Steve I know. Steve, The Steve I know would never do this. The Steve I know loved people. And then he goes back and forth throughout this whole half hour going, people think Steve didn't do this alone. Of course Steve did this alone. How do those two things line up? Where I, The Steve I know would never do this. Of course Steve would do this alone. And this was his he brother said, talking about it? Yeah, this is... Eric Paddock saying this. Jimmy. Jimmy he's talking Joe about Paddock. Stephen Paddock at the time. And he's saying, he says, he must say each of them 10 times, some variation of this, at least 10 times each in the half hour where he's, he goes, he says, to Steve I know would never do this. The Steve I know was a caring man. He was a little quirky. And then he turns around and says, of course Steve did this alone. People find it so hard to believe that Steve did this alone. Steve did it alone. It's like, how do you, how do you reconcile those two thoughts? Am I missing something? I don't know. No, I mean, just, he, he could know, be just very strange. He could be incredibly uh, grief stricken. Well, that's definitely the case. You can uh, also he. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why he talked to the media. It seemed like a horrible decision. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, that media um, cons- consulting thing, you know, ideas like this guy should have. Someone should like, dude, no, no, no. Well, a, a family attorney can go out and say something, but no, this guy. And going back to what I was talking about when we were in that, you know, Podunk Casino, me and. Uh, Caleb and we kept getting our IDs checked constantly as soon as we started winning any kind of money. They were looking for any excuse to kick us out of there and take the money back. And we only won a couple hundred dollars. Um, 
and, and like I said, we get our D's checked 20, 25 times minimum. Uh, that means we were on camera, you know, they were watching us. They, this, well, I'll play the clip of Eric talking about Steve. I was right about, I guess, that he's, you know, hopefully more being proved that, of course, Steve did this all by him. This is 100% Steve did this by himself. People can't seem to cope with that either. But Steve is a, was, was a highly intelligent, highly successful person. He could have done anything he wanted to do. And he did. He made himself wealthy. He made us wealthy. He goes on about how much how he was able to tire, retire early because of Steve's money and about how he said, like, I should have pulled the clip, but he says Steve would go and he had high roller status in all the casinos. If the casinos uh, say they don't know Steve, they're lying, and they would pay for free drinks. I would go with Steve. We would get free drinks, free meals, that hundreds of thousands of dollars in free gambling money. And I'm thinking, from what I know about casinos and the house always wins, that seems like a total cover story for him being an arms dealer because if you're always beating the house, the house is not going to keep giving you things. They want you to spend money and lose money at the casino. If well, you're just if, they, sp- if, if, if they start comping, it's to keep, to encourage you to stay there, though. Is that what I you guess, mean? But he was doing this for you know years and years, uh, and all the casinos yeah. would pay for his stuff, even though he always beat them and was and he he said it was Steve's only job was gambling. That's that was his job. That's how he made all his money. It's like. I don't see the casinos loving to have a guy that was always winning at beating the casino as like wanting him there all the time, especially if this was over the course of years and years, like uh, Eric Paddock is suggesting. It just doesn't. Is he, well, is your point that he's suggesting that that's how Steve made all his money was through gambling? Yes. That's, as opposed I, to other more nefarious. He, he says Steve was a professional gambler. Like you go to, he says like you go to uh, the office, Steve would gamble. That's how he made all his money. And it's like, why would the casinos? And he said this, the casinos wanted him around all the time. It's like if Steve is only making all his money, that means he's definitely in the green and not losing money at these casinos. Why would the casinos want him there all the time over the course of several years when he's always winning? Every casino I've been to, if you start winning, they want you out of there. Yeah, so I'm looking here. It says uh, Paddock was an avid gambler, and although the extent to which he profited from it is not clear, his reported gambling winnings might have been substantial, whatever the hell that means. He was sometimes seen in high-limit rooms, but was... Not well known, known among high states gamblers in Las Vegas was not considered a whale by the casinos. His game of choice was video poker, which he had played for over 25 years. He usually gambled after dark and slept during the day and disliked being out in the sun. So he's just one of those guys who sits there just pumping, you know, coins into a video poker uh, machine, I guess. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't, that's not the lifestyle of a, of a, a high stakes gambler who's getting comped by all the casinos. It doesn't make sense. Unless he was that I, much of a regular. Like if well, he, I, I guess I'm, that's true. Is he, is he getting comp drinks? Because they'll do that for everybody. Or is he getting comp rooms? He's getting comp, according to, and I, like, this was a half-hour interview, so I didn't pull it. But according to Eric Paddock, Stephen Paddock was getting comped free gambling credits, free drinks, free food, free rooms. They would even, he, I, he said something about them flying out, flying him out to Japan to gamble. Like, why did these casinos love Steve so much? I think, well, let me give you my theory, which is way more, makes way more sense to me, is Steve was a arms dealer. He would mm-hmm. sell arms in Vegas where the stuff like that happens. And then he would, the, the casinos loved him because he would gamble all that arms money and blow it at the casinos a lot of it. That's possible. Also, the flying internationally would make more sense for being involved in arms and shady shit than 
Also, Japan is not known for its big gambling. You'll fly to Macau, maybe, but... Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing is very strange, but uh, that's enough with... Well, I would agree. Anybody who shows up in a in, in a in a in a in a location in general with twenty three guns and in thousands of rounds of ammunition is either there for the weekend and is going to you know blow all his ammo, putting holes in things, or is there to make a deal. And there was that early um, uh, theory that he's completely patsy, and that's why he was found dead. There was that the uh, some people you know he, he was meeting with opened up. They're the ones who were shooting, not him. Uh, and they just sprayed out in the crowd to kind of distract people for a while, um, and then sh- shot Paddock as the uh, as the witness to that. And then they just escaped on the helicopter with MBS. Ah, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's get into the more strange things, and we're we're getting close to wrapping here. I got five clips left or something. Uh, what, oh, NBC local news was interviewing a witness. Uh, this one was pretty odd. This one got a lot of play early on. So there was a lady who pushed her way forward into the concert venue into the first row, and she started messing with another lady and told us that we are all going to die tonight. Do you know why she was saying that? I mean, was this after uh, the shots were fired? or It was about 45 minutes before the shots were actually fired, but then she was escorted out by security. Uh, a, lot, a lot more than just that one witness, too, described this lady saying that everybody was going to die. I seem to recall hearing or seeing video of this. I believe so, yeah. And Could also uh, someone really drunk too. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get off Paddock, because like I said, I don't think he did it. I think he was obviously the Patsy. But this this was an interesting bit of information that came out afterwards. We still don't know why Paddock stopped firing, but for the first time, we hear what may be the shots that ended his life. We received another video that films that twelfth burst of fire. But also what appear to be two single rounds of fire about a minute afterwards. And they asked us to like You know, was he taking one last shot at the door or outside, uh, aiming at somebody and then saying, Now it's my turn. Bullshit. Shot himself twice in the head. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, two to the head. Pew pew. That's what I mean, it's like one and then the person walks over to him, pow, right in the head where he's laying and you see that bullet. Uh, going straight through Paddock's skull. That mm. sounds like an assassination if I've ever. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so here's where. Here's an, and sorry, it's Paul Joseph Watson talking about it. I'm not a big fan of him or his voice, but uh, this is bizarre, and yet really have to see the video to even understand uh, what how bizarre it is. Then there's this footage of victims running in terror while one group of people just nonchalantly stands there. One of them is even vaping as the gunshots go off. The group. So what you, what you, the audio you're hearing is someone inside a building filming through the window while the Vegas uh, the concert venue, the ground floors are completely lit up with lights, so you can see everything, the floodlights. And everybody is running, trampling each other, get, trying to get out of the way of the gunfire. And right in the center of the video, there's like five or six dudes just standing around like king of the hill, <laughs> like they're in front of the fence. And one of them's vaping. And they barely react when a bullet skims by them. I don't know how or why to explain. Oh, well, Paul has a good theory here. Just nonchalantly stands there. One of them is even vaping as the gunshots go off. Terrence, Terrence, 
And the group only seems perturbed when a bullet literally almost hits them, and perhaps they were just completely wasted. That's <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs> that's my guess. Uh, yeah, completely wasted makes a lot of sense. Where there's you're just like shit faced, and you have like what's going on? So, Chris, I just sent you a photo, which has also caught my eye. This was from the uh, I don't know which, which article this was. Anyway, so night of the shooting. So, what amuses me about this one is you've got people hunkering down behind a police car. Um, as if there's an active shooter, and then you got two jamokes standing off to the side texting, just like for what? for a long, long time. All the cops were behind a bunker, and they wouldn't get out. Uh, and a lot, there, a lot of them seemed to think there were shooters on the on the ground. Um, well, there was talk about shooters over at uh, there were some some nearby aviation tanks at um uh, at the at the airport, which is right across the street there. Um, yeah, they, there was talk, talk about multiple helicopters flying around. There's all sorts of other stuff going on. So. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up. So the, it makes sense if you had like Saudi princes or whatever evacuating and this was some kind of like civil war firefight, which, uh, some of the Saudi princes and Kings have rooms in the Mandalay Bay and the hotels around that. So uh, it's in the four seasons above if that. If you're yeah. trying to stop somebody from leaving, why would you shoot the fuel tanks? So they couldn't fuel up. That makes nothing but sense. In that in that scenario, um, now I didn't pull clips of it, but I I will put it in the show notes. There's a multiple great breakdowns of the fr- uh, the flight radar from that day, flight radar tracker from that day, and three helicopters right moments before the shooting fly in right over the concert venue and then turn their transponders off and disappear off the radar. There's and, also stories of of helicopters landing on taxiways at the airport. Near the yep, general and, aviation terminal, which would be if you have a private jet to leave, that's where you're landing. And uh, there's even talk that unsubstantiated, of course, they even talked that they had to redirect some some landing flights at McCarran at the time because there was these helicopters with their lights off landing at, and then taking off again uh, on various taxiways. And I guess and that's confirmed they, that they turned the tracking shows they turned their transponders off right before the shooting. Then they turn them on and like as just barely a ways away from there, and then just fly off. Mm-hmm. Why I, I, is it legal to turn off your transponder? Transponder? I don't think it is. Um, I don't think so it's illegal, strange. but it is. It is illegal to fly over um, controlled airspace, like an airport, or I guarantee they control all of Vegas very tightly because there are those um, those helicopter like tourist flights, those sightseeing flights, and uh, they got to watch all that stuff carefully. And you don't want people flying between buildings or being jackasses like that. So, um, yeah. oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to. I got to backtrack for one second because this is also weird. You know, all the, the people vaping, just completely ignoring the body. The, there's literally dead bodies around them and people ducking for cover and screaming. And these, like, five or six guys are just sitting there, like, happy as a clams vaping. One of them's vaping. So the light, the floodlights during all the shooting are bright where you can see everybody there at the concert venue. After the shooting stopped, you know, like, half an hour after the shooting stopped, they have the floodlights off so the EMTs can't help anybody. No EMTs. They've turned the lights off. Where are the EMTs? Why are the lights off? We turned the lights off to secure the area. Shooting's already stopped. The shooting was was going on during the shooting. Now we need lights to assess victims and assign EMTs. Okay, everybody right now that's here on ground is deceased. No, they're not. I got EMTs working on the guy here. I got EMTs working on the guy here. I got an EMT and a nurse working on the guy over here. I need lights on. If you know how to do that, get these lights back on. Okay, who are you? Who are you? That was weird. 
Well, but you could you could <laughs> you could chalk that up to complete incompetence. Like you could yep. say that was complete incompetence. Yep. But why yep. would they wait till after the shooting has stopped to turn the lights off? Well, first of all, this is not a permanent um, concert venue. They set up a bunch of these portable light systems out in a in what's effectively an empty lot, what's effectively a parking lot, um, and they built a stage out there. And, and they got you know, generators Boober, you, running. You, yeah, I was gonna say, Boober, you've done this a lot. You work with a lot of. Um, uh, event things like this where they're using temporary facilities. Mm-hmm. And so by the time they found the one guy, they went and found Dave who knows how to shut that stuff off. Well, Dave's now doing something else. Uh, then nobody, they don't know how to turn it back on. So that, I think that's part of it. It's a miscommunication because it's just, it's all yeah. dudes on radios and black shirts and pants. Occam's razor. Yeah. It was just incompetence and miscommunication. I mean, now, somebody, somebody made the decision to flip the switch off to turn the lights off. Unless they just <laughs> let the generator run out of gas, which I don't really foresee happening. No, they probably went over to, uh, probably went over to back a house, which is where you're going to have your, your electrician standing there. And they're going to say, kill the lights because the guy can see, uh, targets. So they get the guy to, to, you know, they get Dave there to turn the lights off. And then someone comes back half an hour later and is like, turn the lights back on. And they're like, oh, well, I Dave's got to go start up every generator independently or something. I, I guess my impression was that, uh, the shooting was still happening. Then the shooting stopped, and then the lights were turned off. Uh, and then that may be true. It may have may taken that long to find the guy who knows how to turn off the lights. So, mm. yeah, it probably was chaos. So, so I get. And then there's another. This is Snopes, so uh, it's extra fun. So, but so you know, there, it's was, fake. there was dozens <laughs> and dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of witnesses that said multiple shooters for sure. Multiple shooters at Planet Hollywood. Multiple shooters here. Multiple shooters there. There were shooters on the ground. Uh, one of these witnesses who swore that there was multiple shooters died a week later of unknown causes. I won't shot, mention her shot name. Shot twice in the back of the head. Yeah, it was a woman. I won't mention her name out of privacy reasons because I don't. I feel like people that didn't seek media attention shouldn't be brought up. But that's a, there's a Snopes article about that that I find pretty interesting. Is is it Snopes? I haven't looked it up. Is it Snopes effectively debunking the multiple shooter theory? Is that it? They don't even bring up that she said there was multiple shooters. Shooters. They say. Uh, what, what's their, maybe they do. I, I think they don't though. If I remember reading this right. Uh, Shum, uh oh, I almost read name. Who was not injured during the shooting died early October 9th at her home. I'm just editorializing certain words. According to her grandmother, uh, uh, well, why is her whole, I found that article. Why is her whole article about this lady? Man? I don't understand the, there's, Somewhere in here, they talk about how there was conspiracy theories made about it, but I don't remember them mentioning that she said there was multiple shooters. They just said, like, uh... anyway. It just says, although conspiracy theories about a second gunman began circulating shortly after the shooting, no credible information has turned up in the investigation so far, suggesting that more than one person fired upon the concert. Well, I don't understand they, who, they don't mention who, who is this person and why was... do I give a shit? I mean, I don't, I don't understand why is there a whole Snopes article about this. That's what's weird is they are doing damage control, debunking the fact that she swore up and down there was multiple shooters while not once mentioning in here that she said there was multiple shooters. Yeah, it's weird. That, that just it's almost snopes. like, yeah, it's almost, I, I mean, it's the weirdest kind of date. Well, Snopes is known for this kind of damage control where they will, they will not they, even mention they, the accusation. Like they'll, yeah, well, they'll, snopes, snopes will take, they'll take one little element, debunk that, and that's the entire thing is debunked. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. their MO. Very strange. But, Do you have anything uh, on, on the Saudi connection or MBS or helicopters? That's the better stuff. Uh, good. Tell, let me know what you know about it because I have uh, I have some end of show clips about multiple shooters and the Saudi connection, but I didn't clip anything. Well, there, for there's footage the of a guy getting hustled out by by armed private security, you know, from the casino, and he looks like a traditional or t- traditional typical 
when you see, you know, rich Saudis or rich, uh, uh, you know, people from the Middle East on vacation, they are not wearing the, the traditional outfits. They're in, they're wearing like flip flops and, and Bermuda shorts and a big old t-shirt sort of thing. Cause they're on vacation. Um, and this guy's getting hustled out like right as the shooting started. And, um, and then they also talk of helicopters. And so the, and, and the fact that the, the, the MBS has some sort of connection to, um, uh, the, the four seasons, which operates the top four floors of the Mandalay Bay. There's a lot of kind of little things going on there. And you pointed out that the, there's some, some political infighting amongst the, the 2700 Saudi princes or whatever who are sort of in, you know, in, involved in the, uh, um, uh, the operation and the, the you know, the, the, the way that Saudi Arabia itself runs. There's these dozens and dozens and dozens of cousins and princes that have to be kind of maintain their power base and, and so there was thought that this could have been a, a a good cover for a hit or something like that or some sort of deal gone wrong and that's they just started shooting to distract from or something like that. There's a, a lot of weird elements, yeah. but that's I, I like that idea because the the there's witnesses that say there were definitely gunfires and gunfire and muzzle flashes coming from the helicopters in the sky that had their lights off. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the those could and, be and anti collision lights too, though. By the way, yeah, but they didn't have any rhythm to them. No. You know how, like the like a rhythmic flash yeah. it wasn't like that. Um, but I, you know, and this is hearsay. But it, it is weird that you know the three helicopters with their transponders off are also in that location at the time. And you hear in multiple videos the the chopper blade, uh, like the helicopter sound. Uh, now, uh, where's I going with that? Yeah, like that exactly. Um, but I, oh yeah, I like the idea of the. Uh, I'm running out of steam here. What did you just say, Crush it? I was leading into something. <laughs> I don't know, the Saudi prince infighting? I don't know which Being part of the story. Sort of so stuff. Or a deal oh, gone Oh, the distraction. Bad. That's what it was. I'm yeah, sorry. Co- yeah. yeah. So if let's say the, the Saudis are having an aerial fight with helicopters and there's some like Saudi prince trying to escape. This is all going on. Um, you want to... You don't want to take, you don't want the Saudis to take the fall for this. And if you're America's ally, the CIA or the DOJ or whatever, I mean, yeah, if you're Saudi Arabia's ally, rather, you don't want Saudi Arabia to get in trouble for this either. So to create a complete diversion, you just have, you, uh, have some arms dealer meet up there, uh, shoot a bunch of people from multiple angles at this concert. You have your Lee Harvey Oswald style patsy, except you kill him right away instead of the next day up in the room. Mm-hmm. And then you have, no, the the scent and the trail is completely off of anything to do with Saudi Arabia and their helicopters shooting and shooting each other and all that stuff. Well, the theory that you know, if if there's some sort of hit on this guy, this guy's on vacation. He's going to have some security with him, but if he's on vacation, he's probably there with two or three guys of private security. You're going to send a squad in. They're not going to bring weapons in because they're just going to fly in on an international flight to the airport, which is a quarter mile away. Then they go meet this guy in a hotel room who's going to provide them with the weapons under whatever um, uh, story they gave him. Um, they set up, you know, one of the guys stays there and just starts blasting away to distract from, which, you know, uh, also is a good way to uh, just like, send, you know, send your dogs into the um, uh, into the bush to scare up the game. You 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 get this guy to flee, which now puts him, makes him exposed. You have helicopters ready, you know, and it was, a, it was an attempted assassination. It just didn't go off. Well, it was, and then, like you said, at the end yeah. of the, those last two shots, finish it off, and those guys all bundle off, and hell, they could go down the street and get in an Uber and just so, slowly yeah, so cruise the Saudi away. Prince, so the Saudi prince or princes that they were trying to assassinate end up escaping. Mm-hmm. There's a big firefight that the assassination attempt fails, but the the diversion of firing into the concert crowd succeeds. 
Uh-huh. And that's, that's that's where all your attention is, absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. It'd be the same thing if, if you know, the other thing they could have done, the same sort of thing would be, you know, set off a set off a car bomb, you know, two blocks away. Everyone looks over there now. They don't pay attention to the two gunshots in a hotel room at the same time. So. Bingo. The, the weirder story is the things like this. The security guard who was involved, the fact that somebody tried to apparently bracket the doors shut, the fire doors. It's like, why, why would you go through that? Because... In a big enough, in a hotel that size, even if you did that thinking, all right, this will slow down the SWAT team, they just go to another stairwell. They go down a floor over and back up the other stairwell. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all I got on Vegas other than stuff to put in the show notes. Uh, but, um, man, I'm hungry. I got a, I got a quick parting shot about that with, uh, Probably the one thing that stands out to me the most about the Las Vegas shooting is the fact that it took place during the Harvest Festival in front of a giant black pyramid. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. Luxor right there is also uh, just general interesting Im- imagery, absolutely. So I yeah, don't think good, you could have uh, timed it out any better. And it's an October surprise right at the very start of October. Yep. Also, yeah, but this was during election years, and this was not. This wasn't even a midterm election year. It was a weird one. And uh, I want to say this is the first time that I was turned on to the uh, missing boot meme. Is that anything that you talked about today? Uh, no, but it was brought up that there was like a couple of single boots scattered around in random areas during the Christchurch Christchurch shooting live stream. Yeah, I think uh, I think there was some found for. Um, for Vegas here too, you know, a lot of uh, photos of um the, the the shoes, you know, just the shoe in place without the person. Uh, and that's I a want, Masonic thing, right? Yeah, that's what they say. yeah, that's uh, yeah, exactly. That's um, there's some ritual involving uh, going sans one shoe. But um, I, I guess it also Tom Hanks does that shit with the shoes and gloves on Instagram. <laughs> isn't that also the way you uh, you the the Dutch uh, get Sinterklaas to come by and leave them presents? They leave what shoe out on the on the steps or something? Oh, this I'm not sure about. <laughs> the Misadventures of Flapjack, the kids' cartoon. There's the Low Tidings Day, and they're up on this big dock. And when the tide gets really low, they all lower their boots with a fishing line overnight. And then uh, the the mermen, the six to eight mermen, who there are only six to eight of, which they say a lot when the mermen arrive, fill uh they 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 fill your boot at low tide with uh, some kind of goodie. Fun fact. That was weird. I think we should. I think we should end on that. Um. I yeah. I gotta. I gotta. It's it's been fun. But it's been long and it's been hard. I was wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's sorry. The the children in the Netherlands leave their shoes outside filled with Harrods K and sugar for Sinterklaas's horse, not for Sinterklaas. And then they in the morning they replace the horse treats with uh, candy and gifts. So there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh. Well. Cretchit boobs, thanks for hanging. Um, thanks for Cretchit, you're a, you're a champ. You made it through the whole thing. Yeah, how 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 long? We're like got to be at like three and a half hours, four hours here. Three hours uh, and fifty four minutes and thirty seconds. Oh yeah. So there you go. Right, yeah, that's, that's a, that, that's a this is a long, uh, wide ranging show on a number of topics. Went all over the place. I think we I think we covered some good ground, and for the next installment, I think I'm going to focus more on crisis actors, and that'll be with Dean Reiner and maybe Kenny Campbell. And uh, so, yeah, oh, and this, I think I'm going to do a series of rotating rotating guests on because I, I like these topics, and it's something that 
even the people that are real into this stuff kind of forget about like uh, people it's, you know, the, after time so long, especially stuff like Boston and stuff like that, people are like, Oh yeah, I remember. All that. I'd love to so, get hope- down and dirty with you about Columbine. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Oh. Sounds yeah, especially good. if oh, you have a oops. personal connection, that'd be a, that's, that's a, brings a nice uh, touch to that story. Well, yeah. Yes. And I got, a, I got one about, uh, about the Dallas cop shooting too. At some point we'll have to, well, I guess even see that I brought that up earlier today. That's one where they killed the guy with a robot and Chris is like, what? That never happened. I'm like, Damn right, they sent Robocop. I think I said yeah. I don't remember that. They uh they attached a little I, uh, IED. <laughs> it's fake news. And he like scrawled a message in on the wall. Snope, in blood. Snope says Robocop was not involved in the Dallas shooting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, and then Boober, you and I uh at some point this month, Boobs, you and I are doing a battle royale bracket matchup of the worst people. There that exists. Uh, not really <laughs> like evil of people. all time. Not re- Genghis uh, Khan, like, top part, of the list. <laughs> we're kind of we're kind of going for yeah. Well, because like you could do like Bill Gates, Fauci, Hitler, stuff like yeah, that. If that's, you really wanted that's to. Chump change, that's not though. as fun. That's not as fun. We're going for like worst as in like the most intolerable, annoying people. Like Ethan Klein is definitely like be on there. Whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. You don't have to think about it, dude. You don't have to think about it, dude. Yeah, so Ethan <laughs> Klein will for sure be in there, and that's kind of what inspired the idea. I would, I I would say you probably Chris- you probably want to change the title of that one from "Worst People in the World" or whatever to like "People You Want to Smack" or something like that. <laughs> that would be yeah. inciting violence, and and that's that's just no point. Hey, that's how Nicholas. All right, that's all right. How Nick so how about just won that lawsuit? Punchable face. People with punchable faces. Go with that one. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, but so anyway, yeah, I I want to put Chris Catan on there, but he's just a yeah, he's but yeah, I don't know. We we've we're probably what Boo's gonna pick like sixteen, narrow it down to sixteen people, and then put them head to head until we get down to two. Uh, classic bracket. I'm curious to see what your bracket looks like. Yeah, I won't give away all the people we're thinking about putting on there, but we got some good ones. I think uh, there's gonna be some aspect to, of voting in the chats or something. Instead yeah, of us picking some polls on no to social too stuff like we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I like uh, I like the uh, we'll have to like. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about it off here. Um, but yeah, what boobs, what you got coming up Monday night? Uh, Monday night. Uh, I am. What am I doing? We got something about a sea dragon. We got some stuff about Photoshop from the 80s. I've got a, a secret weapon that I'm, I can't wait to spring on lavish. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited about this. You're going to um, Photoshop nice. him back in time. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's kind of a cool little Polaroid. Uh, it's a video about Polaroids photo editing computers in 1984. Huh? Yep. But, uh, um, always a great show. Uh, just going to be you and lavish, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. As far as I'm aware. Um, that'll be this Monday night, 10:30 PM, East coast, East coast. Yep. East coast, uh, nine 30 central and seven 30 on the bereft coast. And I'm going to try the bereft coast. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to try and, uh, I'm going to try and use a gif as the show art for this week. We'll see what, what'll happen. I've got nice. high hopes, high hopes. Word. And then Cretchen does, we already discussed your next show's Wednesday, right? 7 PM. 
Uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you do the math for other uh, time zones. OBDM, po- OBDM pod, our big dumb mouth.com. They also work. Um, if you just put OBDM paranormal. into... Uh... No, that's Sorry. not true. If you put OBDM into anything, we 100% are not the first one. They will find oh, weird, anything, well, any other thing they can to get that something else first. Oh, that's weird. It worked on DLive, at least, if you put in OBDM as the first thing. They probably haven't tumbled to it yet. But, uh, yeah, yeah. We, go, we, we do the show live. So we go live uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. DLive, Twitch, no longer live on YouTube because they're YouTube and a bunch of schmucks. Um, we are still on YouTube, but primarily just for clips and things because we want to maintain that visibility. But uh, DLive, Float, and Twitch are primary for uh, um, uh, for live shows. We're trying to get everybody on the Twitch. Uh, it seems to be there's more activity there. So uh, Twitch.tv, search for OBDM. It will not be the first one, but uh, you will find it if you look around there. If you there's want some it. other schmuck. <laughs> well, they they find a way to obscure that search. Um, but I think if you just go to Twitch.tv slash OBDM or OBDM pod, it goes straight there. But yeah. Yes. Uh, and then another workaround. Well, unless they've clamped down on this one too, I've noticed DuckDuckGo's security is getting tighter. Is it's saying with looking for a specific YouTube video, you could just search on DuckDuckGo, Twitch OBDM, and it, I would believe it would be the first thing to come up because there's not any, um, algos burying it. Uh, let me try that. Yes, that does work. Um, nice. Not a guarantee though. Yeah. They, they, uh, DuckDuckGo, if you guys haven't caught up on this one, is starting to play shenanigans with some wokeness and, and hiding certain results to things. So, yeah, it's so much for open private search engines. I'm still halfway yeah, tempted to try out that subscription-based so uh, search engine that Adam brought up. Uh, yeah, what was that called? I, I, I haven't heard about that one in a while. It starts with an M. I don't, uh, don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, well, the first thing they should search for is a better name. Yeah. Well, if anybody out there has tried that, reach out to us and let us know how it is because that does sound worth it. It's I've like been using the month, I've been using the Brave search one, search.brave.com. Um, that seems to be pretty pretty reasonable. I did, I um, yeah. What I like about that one is similar to DuckDuckGo. If you're not because the results aren't great on it compared to you know Google or Bing or something, but you can do the same thing like you can in DuckDuckGo. You can throw in the little uh, hashbang and G or hashbang and Y, and it'll it'll you could you could search for other things through as a proxy to other search engines if you're not getting the right results. So it's easy to, to bring Jesus that one Christ, up. two hours later and we're right back to talking about websites. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Um, <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> so uh, yeah, OBDM pod.com, our big And then of course you got uh, behind the schemes where the E's are threes and schemes.com and bad radio dot live. Love is Go there. Yes. Check it out. Listen. All right. I am going to get some food and sleep after that. So uh, thanks again for hanging, everybody. Uh, peace. Thanks for having us. Thanks, all. Thanks, boobs. Thanks, Critch. Keep watching the skis. That's the wrong show. <laughs> I take it back. Don't Plums. watch the skis. <laughs> Pay no attention to the skis. Plums are peaches, and peaches are peaches, and plums and peaches are both types of peaches. Plums plums are peaches, and peaches are peaches. Plums and peaches are both types of peaches. It's nothing but. Famously, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and that apparently applies to the Mandalay Bay shooting as much as anything else. Within two hours of the Las Vegas massacre, Authorities announced that 64-year-old Stephen Paddock had acted as the lone gunman. 
officially making it the deadliest mass shooting committed by an individual in the history of the United States. But two years later, there are still many questions with no answers. Videos from the event show no muzzle flash from Paddock's window on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Photographs show that Paddock's windows were intact during the shooting. Police inside the room after the shooting said there was no broken window. After the shooting, a man staying at the Mandalay Bay called 911 and reported an explosion and glass falling down from above. 911 emergency, Brown 15968, DME police, fire and medical. Okay, and I just heard a what sounded like a um, explosion above me and then glass coming down around me or, you know, right outside the window. Later that night, BBC television showed one window being broken. By the next morning, there were two broken windows. Several witnesses claimed there were multiple shooters. Sounded like there were a dozen shooters. It sounded like more than one machine gun. The New York, New York Excalibur shooting was right outside. It wasn't inside. It was outside. We saw the muzzle flashes. I'm waiting for somebody to come through that entrance because it sounds like they're on the ground. I knew we were getting gunshots that were closer to us than where they originally started, and that's when we knew we we had to run. We all started running, and they came in. There was a shooter in front of Hollywood right now. Multiple shooters. Multiple shooters. Multiple. It has to be. There was also shooting going on inside of the Mandalay Bay. Claims of multiple shooters can also be heard on security and police comms. There was a shooter at the front desk of New York, and two shots were fired inside casino floor. It sounds like it's confirmed there are at least two shooters with fully automatic weapons. Now I'm getting information of an active shooter at Tropicana. Has advised bomb squad to deal with the issue over there at Luxor. Reference the 445 device. NSC advised now there's an active shooter at the Tropicana. Active shooter at Tropicana. In one video, we see what looks like a weapon firing from a window six floors above Paddock's room in the Four Seasons, which is owned by Bill Gates and Saudi Prince Al-Walid bin Talal. There also appears to be muzzle flashes coming from the sky on both sides of the Mandalay Bay, precisely where flight radar places three helicopters that turned off their transponders minutes before the shooting began while hovering in position overlooking the Route 91 Harvest Festival. He's flying in a helicopter. Do you think he's in a helicopter? Yes, not a doubt in my mind that there was shooting coming from the helicopter. In room 32135, Paddock's hard drive was suspiciously missing from his laptop. There were several pairs of gloves, mobile phones, and multiple hotel room keys used just 30 minutes before the shooting, including smart keys available only to hotel staff. At first, police said they witnessed Paddock kill himself, and then they claimed they found him dead after the breach. And for some unknown reason, his time of death was marked at noon the following day. Mandalay Bay security guard Jesus Campos was supposedly shot in the leg by Paddock 
six minutes before he began his attack. And yet, it took law enforcement 72 minutes to get into Paddock's hotel room. Body cam footage shows a hotel security guard directing police to the 32nd floor. And less than 10 minutes later, directing other officers to the 29th floor. When the police finally get to Paddock's floor, hotel security seems strangely casual. One strolls down the hallway with his back to Paddock's room and points behind him to room 135. And they then stand calmly in the hallway with their attention fixed on the police. Hotel security manager George Umstadt was later found hiding in a hotel room and detained by police. And several key officers were never even questioned. Campos claimed he went to UMC Quick Care for treatment, but the facility stated they had no record of this. He then left the country and returned only to appear on the Ellen DeGeneres show, owned by MGM. MGM was granted a restraining order weeks after the shooting to prevent them from destroying evidence. I, I, I can only think of two possible scenarios here. One, completely implausible, that the Mandalay was a co-conspirator in this, which is nonsense. Or right. number two, there's some kind of hostility or a trust gap developing between law enforcement and the Mandalay. Nothing else makes sense, Tucker. There's no other way to, to square that circle. One theory suggests it was Saudi Arabia. Just three months before the Las Vegas massacre, moderate Mohammed bin Salman, known as MBS, was made the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and was met that same day with President Trump's personal show of support. This created a civil war between MBS and his hardliner cousin, Al-Walid bin Talal, co-owner of the Four Seasons which resides on floors 35 through 39 of the Mandalay Bay Hotel. The theory suggests there was a failed assassination attempt against MBS at the Tropicana Hotel that night, and that the massacre at the Route 91 Harvest Festival was a savage message of warning to President Trump. Stephen Paddock was a pilot, and according to this theory, a gunrunner for Prince Al-Walid bin Talal. This would explain Paddock's wealth and access to the service elevators at the Mandalay Bay. And when the assassination attempt failed, Paddock became Talal's sacrificial lamb rather than his getaway pilot. The prince had Saudi military helicopters in the area at the time. Four weeks after the Las Vegas shooting, MBS had his cousin Prince Al-Walid bin Talal and 10 other princes arrested on corruption and money laundering charges. We don't know if this theory is correct, but a year later, the case was closed. And we are told there is nothing to the story but the 64-year-old lone gunman with no motive, Stephen Paddock. There's no conspiracy between the FBI, between LVMPD and the MGM. Nobody is attempting to hide anything. 
I, someone said that Mary, that, that Steve transferred a hundred thousand dollars. Woo, a hundred thousand dollars. We're wealthy people. A hundred thousand dollars isn't that much money, A, and I'm sorry if that hurts people or something, but a hundred thousand dollars isn't that huge amount of money. He gambled that much through a machine in hours. I mean, we're, once again, you need to understand. That's what people need to understand, the level where some people live. I guess everybody thinks that everybody works at Taco Bell or something. Everybody doesn't work at Taco Bell. You know, he's got the highest level of membership card at, at a lot of these hotels. If these hotels say they don't know Steve, they're lying. But would that transfer indicate some sort of forethought, you think, maybe? Or was that a, did he routinely send her money of the... My uh, mom? Or Marianne? He... The, Mary Lou? I'm sorry. Okay. Steve took care of the people he loved. He helped make me and my family wealthy. I mean, he's the reason I was able to retire. Three years ago when I got really burnt out doing the job I did. I mean, this is the Steve we know, we knew. You know, he was a private person. There's a story about that he's, oh, he kept his windows, his shades closed, and he didn't talk to me for the first three times he saw me walking in the neighborhood. Wow. That makes him really weird, doesn't it? He was a private guy. That's why you can't find out anything about him. That's why there's no pictures. Is, is he such a weirdo because he didn't have a Facebook page and posted 50,000 damn pictures of himself every day? Who's weird? I do believe that there was uh, 100% more than one shooter. Uh, every other person that I've talked to that did get unfortunately hit as well have all said the same things. They know that there was multiple shooters. Sounded like there were a dozen shooters. The New York, New York Excalibur shooting was right outside. It wasn't inside. It was outside. We saw the muzzle flashes. If anybody has any questions as far as what they're saying on TV and what is actually going on, here's the proof. We called the police station and we also called uh, the news to let them know. Like I said, I don't know what happened at the other hotels. All I know is what happened here at the Bellagio. She saw the muzzle flashes from up very up close. And we don't like talking about it. It's not something to take very lightly. A lot of people don't believe that we saw the things that we saw. They think that we were like, like I'm Superman and I was everywhere at one place. And that's not true. Um, I'm just saying that Tropicana shootings we heard and the New York, New York Excalibur. I'm not sure which one it really was, but it came from that direction because it's across the street from the parking structure at Tropicana. And all of a sudden we hear the little whizzing going by us and I, the bullets are just flying by and when something's coming up and down or at least from a different angle, um, they're either going to hit the ground. They're going to, um, a lot of different things are going to happen when someone's shooting from a, from a straight horizontal line, it's just going to keep flying. As soon as we heard a little break in it, we knew we had to keep running. The fact that the police weren't moving on anything tells me that they felt like there were multiple, uh, you know, there were multiple shooters because they were all down behind that masonry wall about 30 yards in front of us where we were towards the strip. They were that, that six foot, five foot masonry wall went, ran down. It was one of the dividers on the entrance to the, to the concert. I'm waiting for somebody to come through that entrance because it sounds like they're on the ground.
crazy. There's a shooter in front of Hollywood right now. And after much debate, I've decided to make this video. Um, the reason why I'm making this video is to uh, give everyone uh, my eyewitness account of what happened down at Planet Hollywood. We heard the gunfires uh, approaching where we were. They just started getting closer and closer and louder and louder. And I, I knew we were getting gunshots that were closer to us than where they originally started. And that's when we knew we, we had to run. All I know is that the burst of shots were very quick and they didn't last long. They were not 15 seconds long like the Mandalay Bay shooter was. They were very short bursts. And it was almost as if they just wanted to get a few shots in and then quickly get out. Now it sounds like it's coming from um, farther away. I hear gunfire over the sound of the casino, which is, you know, a lot of bells and whistles because machines going off or whatever. Um, there was music playing and people talking. So it was, you know, an elevated amount of noise in the casino. And yet I still heard these gun shots. We hear shots coming from like Hooters, MGM area over there. There were shots coming from over there and there were shots going from Mandalay Bay. More gunfire, much closer. I would estimate it had to be within a half block of where I was. And you guys said that there were multiple shots fired. We were like. on the furthest, we were the furthest VIP stages away from Mandalay Bay and they were ricocheting everywhere where we were. So it, it was, they were firing from somewhere high and they were unloading clip after clip after clip after clip. People are seeing their shots at Bellagio. I wasn't there, I can't tell you, but I was at Tropicana and I did hear those shots and we ran out to the day pool area and we hid in the cabanas for 30 minutes. So there's a shooter, you believe? Multiple shooters. Multiple shooters. Multiple, it has to be. The thing that's really shocking to me is that there are hundreds if not thousands of us who know it. There was also shooting going on inside of the Mandalay Bay. So a little bit later, I got on Periscope and started broadcasting. I had a little over 10,000 viewers watching and I was down there only was evacuated and there was nobody uh nobody out there front desk was gone it was totally uh you know like a ghost town and we actually met up with these other guys who were also looking trying to find some information and we met up with these security guards and police officers who was active what we were doing and told us to run away and we heard gunshots from around the corner we were in the, uh, the Delano right next to a walkway that connects the Mandalay Bay at the Delano and we heard gunshots from right out that hallway so we think that uh, the police were dealing with the shooter while we were down there. It sounded like machine guns. It sounded like more than one machine gun and it just didn't stop like 30 minutes. I don't like the fact that it was being reported one way. We were trying to make all kinds of phone calls because when I heard the gunfire and I've never I've never heard anything like that, and I never in my life thought I'd ever be in anything like that. And now they were saying no, that nothing happened at the other hotels. Like I said, I don't know what happened at the other hotels, but I do know what happened at this one, and I know that my husband, right here, jumped on top of me, and I was holding on to another lady because she was scared to death of crying. Because we were kind of in a line of fire running north toward Luxor, and the police officers were saying, go get in this room, and, and then... You know, I felt, I felt like I, there were like these six young, I don't know, they must have been like 20, I don't know, in their early 20s, and they were crying, they were on their knees, and I got to the spot of Orlando, 
you know, being kind of held captive in there. I didn't want to die inside this little room. When people get shot around you, you can hear it. You can hear when the bullets actually make contact with the body. Um, and that is a very, very, very... Uh, it's very hard to hear. You don't want to hear that. Uh, you, you can hear when the bullets don't hit, and you can hear when the bullets do. And I heard more bullets hitting than didn't. They kept coming. That's the thing. They. It wasn't that, okay, let's all leave, and now it's okay. No. We all started running, and they came in. That's why there's no physically human physically humanly possible way that that guy that was the only shooter and it's definitely someone on the ground i'm listening to the chatter on the security guards um, two-way radios okay and i'm listening to the police uh stream that i also downloaded off of youtube so it was the very same one so I'm hearing shots fired here, shots fired there. I'm hearing the chatter that's going on between the security guards. Control 656, I'm still on CTAX channel. Do we have a 458 in New York? It originally came in to say many subjects were down. There's one that came in at 2306 hours, secondhand advice. There was a shooter at the front desk of New York. Right outside, there's nothing else. And there's approximately 150 subjects sheltered in place inside the kitchen area there. And two shots were fired inside casino floor. And there's several subjects down at New York, New York, Zoomanity. Whoever is responding to New York, New York from the patrol side, I need somebody to get into the cameras to verify whether this is a diversion break. We have a security officer also shot in the leg on the 32nd floor. He's standing by by the elevator. It sounds like it's confirmed there are at least two shooters with fully automatic weapons. Control Avery 63, over by the Motel 6 by Tropicana. Okay, now I'm getting information on the active shooter at Tropicana. Has advised Bomb Squad to deal with the issue over there at Luxor, reference the 445 device. And I've got FBI SWAT, Henderson SWAT, and North Las Vegas SWAT en route to our staging area. It is be advised now there's an active shooter at the Tropicana, active shooter at Tropicana. And there were three bursts. Three bursts inside the Tropicana uh, Casino. People who were there inside will tell you that there was that, and that happened, and it was confirmed uh, via those people that were in there. The hotel is on lockdown, um, and I know, like I said, we, I couldn't get close enough to film the front doors with all the glass and everything all over, but uh, I'm sure that's why they're not letting anybody out, because of the bullets that were probably in the lobby and the glass that was all over. So I hope this helped to clear some stuff up for people, just in case you uh, might want to know what's really going on here. And I hope that the news does get it straight. When people are saying that there's no proof that these other shots fired happened, I say BS because I heard panicked people on the phone trying to instruct their loved ones to to just stay cool or run or do whatever and everybody who was talking sincerely knew or thought they knew that their lives were potentially in danger yeah i was just asking if you guys are discounting rooms because none of us could really get there and most of us didn't really sleep because of all the gunfire and all the happenings here last night and she looked right at us and she said there was no gunfire outside the bellagio hotel last night just like that. That it's like the it's scary, isn't it? Like the Twilight Zone. That is chilling. You're gonna have to speak clear. All right, listen. Whatever it is that you're eating, Bill, take it out. Out, out. Take it out. Okay, that's better. Thank you. Uh huh. Hank, it's Bill. 
He says Dale's gone crazy. Huh? I, I, I was at junior college playing some pinball with the boys, and Dale's up in the tower. He's up there with a gun. I'll be right there. Don't call the police unless Dale starts shooting. Okay. I already called the police. Mr. Cripple, we have the tower surrounded. Put down your gun. I have a hostage, a rusty shackleford. Give him what he wants. I can't see the hostage. There is no hostage. Rusty Shackelford is the fake name he orders pizza with. Dale, come down here before somebody gets hurt. Too late. I killed Shackelford. <gasps> no, no, correction. Shackelford wants a pizza. What the hell's going on up there? And I want my mower back with enough gas to get to Canada. Boom hour. If I ever heard anyone reading a script, that was it. Attention, men in police suits. I have decided to trust your Patsy, my good friend Hank Hill. Not yet. I'm coming down. If you're going to shoot me, I want Bobby Hill to take the shot because Bobby will put me down clean. Okay. Yeah, it was totally messed up. It's, it's disgusting how people will just, you know, take something good and just take advantage of a situation. Yeah. There was no time to do anything yeah. except just leave and just hope that you're not hurt. Abs in a six pack! A B S N A six, the number, P A C K dot com. You son of a piece of garbage! I hate you! My listeners hate you! And remember that scumbag forever! Kind of grumpy today, dude. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Just having those dreams again. Mm. You know how it's just me in a castle. I gotta fight like a thousand wizards. The only way to beat them is to punch them as hard as I can in their faces. And then when I'm done, all their little wizard wives came out. Wanted me just to have sex with them. Which is kind of weird. 